we were having such good conversations in the background. Fuck it. Let's just go live, man. Let's yeah, just let's do it. go live. Um, so ladies and gentlemen, one, I'm gonna go, I'm 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 gonna start, I'm just gonna start the show before we get caught up, so caught up in our conversation, uh, like we did last week to where we just kind of forget. So, first off, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not gonna do any backstage today, but I can welcome you to the living split screen, a non-console eccentric platform covering everything going on within the gaming industry. I am one of your hosts, Steel Rain at T is a seven everywhere. Uh, you can find me on the streets of X, otherwise known as Twitter, um, in the Xbox ecosystem, just because it works so well in tandem uh, between the console itself, PC, and all my other devices. Um, we're talking a little bit about Skyrim, and I did want to have an interesting conversation because <laughs> my feelings about game in the year have changed. I've, I've had some time uh, to sit with my thoughts and really think about um, the year in gaming per se. Uh, again, we're getting towards that time. Game Awards is next week. We're definitely spending a little bit of time talking about that today since um, the show will happen before we go live next weekend. So um, you'll get a little preemptive and then also a follow-up. And also we'll be live doing it too. So get, come check us out. But nonetheless, uh, so we can get into these uh, these interesting conversations here, Pong. Who are you? And where... Can the be beautiful people find more about you, man? What's going on? How you feeling? Uh, feeling good. Uh, number one, that I survived this week, which was uh, extra hellish uh, for me uh, in real life. Um, a lot, a lot going on. Um, a ton of stuff going on. Um, so, uh, but I'm here. Uh, <laughs> didn't didn't make it to PM and to PM on Thursday. Uh, did make it last night late to, to Xbox Ultimate. But I'm here with my brother from another Steel Rain for a Saturday morning for Living Split Screen. It's therapy session time uh, because that's what the, these shows do for me. So I'm glad I can make it here. Um, and it's been it's been an odd week, man. I've, I I have gotten a little bit of game playing in, but. Uh, a, you know, also gotten some movie time in, which I was talking to Steel in the background here, nice. real quick. Um, again, tr getting getting making sure my 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 sleep is somewhat normal, uh, because that's vital during these times. Because if you don't got sleep and you're trying to walk through hell, whoo! I've been there, done that, and it's not fun. So I've been trying to keep myself steady, but uh, been having a good time uh, getting some gaming. I actually picked up a couple of games during um, kind of Black Friday and uh, Cyber Monday. Wasn't planning on doing it, but there was a couple things that popped up where I was like, you know what, physical edition, why not? Let's do it. So I got Company Heroes 3, uh, which Mav and I did actually play. I got that actually about a week and a half ago. Um, played some Company Heroes 3, played through some of the campaign of Company Heroes 3. Again, I'm a big World War II uh, historic kind of nut dude uh especially when i was uh, younger i definitely studied a lot of it uh my right. dad was big into it so you know some of that you came into play that, yeah. so i love world war ii so company heroes 3 rts oh yeah give it to me i've been waiting on this one got a good deal on the day one uh xbox uh, version which came with the steel uh steel box and came with uh some extra cosmetics came with a patch came with all this stuff uh so i did pick that up but playing rocking on that really really good i uh, was afraid that they weren't going to update it because part of that team relic uh again uh, most people will know relic um over at sega they got rid of 
laid off about half their staff after Company Heroes 3 came out. It did not hit on PC the way that they thought it would. Company Heroes 3 is huge on PC, or Company Heroes, the franchise, is huge on PC. Fortunately, Company Heroes 3 didn't hit the way they thought it was going to. They laid off almost half the staff, so I was afraid they were going to stop supporting the console version, but I did get word this week, or actually maybe late last week, I was... Uh, looking around and doing some investigating. They're doing a huge patch for the PC um, coming up here, and they are planning on actually doing this update, which includes new additional content as well for the console versions next spring. So I am still happy with that. Um, and again, I would like to purchase no matter what because it's it, it's such a good game. It's such a good RTS. And then as Steel knows, I also picked up Sifu. And Steel, when I first told him in the DMs, laughed and said, yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, Dark Souls right there. If you're going you have fun, have fun, especially when you get to the bosses. Um, and I already knew that I knew what Sifu was, but they had done the update where they had uh, added a student level to the game um, of difficulty. And I told Steel, I'll be taking advantage of that. Yes, I will be um, because I wanted to play the game no matter what. I love the art style. Everything that I saw when I was looking at that game, uh, when it was launching on uh, PlayStation and stuff, mm-hmm. I wanted that game from the get go. I wanted to play I, again. I like those style of brawlers and I really yeah. wanted to try. I, I, you know, so when I heard that they, lo- they did the student level, plus I got a great deal on the steel, uh, the steel box again, um, uh, edition. I had to pick it up. So I, I also picked up Sifu. I was just telling Steel in the background. I beat two or three bosses now in Sifu. Having a fantastic time. The game is what I thought it was going to be. Yes, on student level. Not ashamed to say it. Uh, still dying, in fact, on on uh, the, some of the bosses and the, the, the big boys, Steel. The big fat dudes. I oh, still really? can't get down the... the um, um, what I want to say, uh, when they come at you, when they grab you, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't, I can't get the timing down to, um, not counter, but to, no, I mean, to, to avoid, well, uh, well, there's, there's an avoid and there's also, there's yeah. a way to insta insta take them down too. Um, okay. Um, is that a, one of the, is that one of the skills you have to purchase or no? I don't think so. Okay. Not from what I not from what I remember, but yeah. again, I I didn't play it for long enough to like. Yeah. Hey, I've I I probably yeah. I got to the second boss and I stopped playing. Um, okay. Because it was okay. it was some as as enjoyful as enjoyable as Sifu was for me. Uh, there was still something about it that was missing, and I think it might be what you're running into. Um, yeah. as far as the bosses go, it yeah. just felt disconnected from the normal play. Right. Like sure. you're going through the level or whatever and you get into this flow yeah. state and things are feeling really good. Yeah. And, um, you know, and then you get to the boss and it's like you're trying to use some of the same things like you learned up to that mm-hmm. point, And yeah. it's like. Why is not none of this translating? Like what? Like, why is the timing yeah. weird all of a sudden? Like, I, I don't at least that's the way that I was feeling about it. But again, I also I'll be honest and say. I, I that first level, I didn't play the levels back to back that first level because uh, I was also wary about the whole aging thing. So I was trying to sure. prevent my myself from yeah. aging past a certain point, too. I, I'm putting unnecessary limitations on myself. But um, sure, sure. Yeah. But I was going through the experience 
And I played the first level at least 20 times because I wanted to get a certain experience out of it. Uh, but every time it was like, no matter what, whenever I got to a boss or well, at the end of the level, just yeah. where you fight a boss most of the time, it was also, it was always, especially the second boss, the second and yeah. third boss, I believe, um, it's it just something was off to me about it. Um, but it's, but again, I, I didn't put enough time into it to really be like, okay, I'm, I'm used to what it's trying to do uh, and really get familiar with it. So it's probably, it was probably just a me thing, but. Uh. Yeah. As I, as I get my skills up to, I, I do feel myself getting even better. Right. Some of the skills of course, that of course, I've, of that I've, which is, which is good. I mean, you want a game to do that for you, but uh, yeah, I'm like, I'm like age. What am I like age 25 or something like that. So again, the student level, is definitely a different experience than what you were going through steel for sure. I mean, again, I'm not going to sit here and deny it. Um, it just makes it fun because the combat itself is incredible, especially the weapon oh, yeah, combat. Really yeah, I yeah, yeah. love the weapon. When you've got a staff or you got a metal pipe in your hand and you, you get those finishing blows like impactful, man. I love it. Um, oh, so hold, I'm, hold on, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, oh. I gotta, I gotta address this because they're Yo. fucking going back Yo, to back and what, going what, crazy. Whoa, whoa, in the chat. whoa, whoa! I'm not so even first off, to the pet. So first yeah. off, Dakado dropped the twenty bomb gifted for for the chat. So shout out to Dakado. But before I I denounce all the people that came in with that twenty bomb, Bull Alpha Wolfpack came in and he said, "You know what? I might as well go ahead and join the Splitters." Welcome to the Splitters Bold Alpha Wolfpack. Thank really appreciate you, Bold Alpha. There. Appreciate you, bro. Go ahead yeah. and hit the hit us with those uh, those emotes in chat, the RTS view and ECP that I mainly got in there. I'm gonna work on a, on a few more this weekend. Uh, see what I can get in there. Let me know if you what ideas you guys got. Um, I'm more so. It's easier for me to do word based stuff um, versus like digital art kind of things. Uh, but not saying that I can't do it. But if you guys got some ideas, definitely hit us with that. And then after he joined Pong, you know what else he did? He said, hmm. you know what? Bolt Alpha Wolfpack hit us with another 10 bomb with the Living Split Screen memberships. And it, it didn't stop there. Then Dakado said, you know what, Bolt? You can't <laughs> up me. I got to send in 10 more live and split screen memberships. Like, ladies and gentlemen, why are y'all going crazy this morning? What is happening? Thank you so much, Takato and Bold Alpha Wolfpack. Takato and Bold Alpha Wolfpack starting the bombing run. That's right, everybody. We got the bombing run going this morning. That's right. We got 20 bombs dropping. We got 10 bombs dropping. We got single bombs dropping. That's what we are doing here this morning. We got the sub train rolling for everybody. That's right. You guys are headed on your way to hit that December goal early for yourself right for Christmas. That's right. That's right. Because Christmas, this is a short month, folks. That's this is a short, short month. So wink, wink. Now's the time to keep dropping those bombs. Wink, wink. So that we don't have to have advertising rolling into 2024 on our channel. That's right. It's your goal to keep advertising off Steel and Eyes channel. So thank you for starting the bombing run this morning. That's right. The bombing run has begun. If you want to continue to level the advertisers with the bombs. You go ahead and keep dropping those on in here, everybody. Wink, wink. It's that time of the year to be gifting people. Wink, wink. Because Christmas is here. And we appreciate all of you. Dakato, Bold Alpha Wolfpack, all the splitters, everybody joining us this morning. No matter what you're doing, whether you're lurking or whether you're listening live, or whether you're participating in the chat, all of it is the same to me and Steel. If if you are not going to join the bombing run, the least you could do 
which we appreciate, is go ahead and hit that like button, wink, wink, and share it out, wink, wink. So guess what, folks? It is one hell of a Saturday morning, all. Keep the bombing run going. Keep the sub train on the tracks. Let's do this, folks. Let's go. Living split screen is Oh, live. my God, bro. Yo! What is going on? Bold. Yo, okay. <laughs> this is how we're starting the show today, right? We're, we're starting it off beyond strong. Bold Alpha Wolfpack hit us with a 50 uh, Bone well is out here repping it for the entire splitter game. He's like, you know what? <laughs> Everybody's a splitter. He's out here over uh, in these streets. What is going on? Tim says, you got to keep going now. Paul hit us with yeah. a 50 bomb. What, what do they get for a 50 bomb? What is going on? The 50 bomb. You know what, Bold Alpha Wolf Pack? We're going to have to create a new category just for your bombing run. That's right. Bold Alpha Wolf Pack with the nuke run. That's right. He dropped the nuke on this sub train hey, this morning we that's drop right a whole new category for him he's bold <laughs> alpha wolf pack is creating a whole new realm just for himself when it comes to oh, subs man, that's, that's right love. this sub oh. train is not stopping anytime soon that's right folks the december goal that you guys have to hit for us is now down to five 160 more subs. Let's go, everybody. 560 subs, and we don't have to put advertising in for 2024. Wink, wink. Keep this bombing run going, and if you want to match Bold Alpha Wolfpack, well, by all means, start your nuke. If you want to go ahead and drop a single in here, we appreciate y'all. What what are y'all doing? We are never going to start this. The Cotto is showing it up with another 20 bombs. Listen to this this bombing run. We are leveling all other shows as we speak with this bombing run. You guys are absolutely incredible. The sub train has just gone into Mach 1. They don't make Mach (laughs) 1 trains, but we have got the sub train at Mach 1 this morning, folks. That's right. Wink, wink. You guys are y'all the best. You're all the best. Yeah, we're once we're one step closer to getting our living split screen coffee off the ground, you guys. <laughs> the new year. <laughs> I, I we are gonna be you... flowing in beans, steel. That's what's gonna be happening around <laughs> I wanna, here. I want to let you guys beans, know everybody. that uh hopefully you like a dark roast. I'm a dark roast fan. That's what we went for. It smelled good. Uh so those are the type of beans we're getting in. Hopefully you guys are ready for that coffee when we get it nice and ground up. We're grounding it up. Uh me and Pong. We do it both. I send him beans. They send me beans, and then we just go in our bathrooms and we grind up the beans in there, uh, and then we package them all up. It's kind of like uh, like removing some weight for real. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, got, uh, I got bricks of beans shoot. in my truck right now, man. Let's go. Oh uh, <laughs> my god, you guys are absolutely incredible. Again, it's oh, we we joke and stuff, but all the time, you know. Again, it's it's never expected, but always appreciated. You guys are absolutely unbelievable this morning. Um, you know, thank you all for being here. Again, it's it's just I love this community, man. I love this community. I, I love what Steel and I've built here. It's, you know, it's you know Pong, insane. But before we yeah. get before we get into it, because I did want to talk a bit about uh Skyrim since it's fresh on my mind and the whole yeah. game of the year. I got a couple other things and, to talk about too, Steel. So yeah, okay, okay, cool. So I'll, I'll pass it back yeah. off to you then. Yeah. Um, but just to get a little sappy for for a little bit, because again, we are a live show, right? Um, and like I told you before, like I was telling you guys before, uh, when Yobi dropped his, uh, and again, cause you don't expect for everybody to shout out to Yobi. I I didn't expect any less from him. Um, but we have seen other examples and 
man, I'm pretty sure me and Pong uh, dealing with people as long as we've been dealing uh, dealing with people. Um, and I and I say dealing with people very loosely, uh, but it's just very rare where you see organic and um, actual love and care and care and and people that want to support what you're doing. Right? Again, the whole reason why living split screen is not console centric is because we want y'all to be everybody in chat, everybody who's a, who's a member, everybody who's not a member, any anybody who is in chat. I want you guys to be able to come to a place where you can talk about anything that's going on within the gaming industry and we could pick up those topics, right? We could have that discussion like we always do. And I know, shout out to Nick's, he ends up being one of the main uh, proponents that we kind of pick off of. But and it's, and it's no disrespect to Nick's and, and none of that, but he does, he's offering another side of the conversation that we do tend to see. And I do think that as an example, things like that do add a value to the conversation um, that you mm. wouldn't get in yep. many other places without getting too deep into the, uh, for lack of a better way to put it into the mud of yeah. getting crazy with it, right? Where their, your opinions start getting disrespected, where people tell you, start telling you that you're stupid um, and things like that. Like, this is a place where we would never do that to y'all. Now, we'll be honest and say, no, this is how I feel, and I'm standing on how I feel, but you guys are welcome to do the same. As a matter of fact, if there's anything that you take away from living split screen on a week-to-week basis, and the member, you guys, the, the, member, the gifted memberships is something that is so out of this world for me personally because me and Pong stepped into this with no expectation of getting anything back just yeah. giving the community something especially with us doing a show once a week uh i know it's not a whole lot of content that's why i try to stream every now and then i've been i've been wanting to stream skyrim um but because of all the mods and things that i have on it doesn't perform the greatest hey pong imagine a 10 year old game that yeah. on my current hardware yeah. Makes makes the game drop now to about thirty frames, twenty five <laughs> frames sometimes, in in the open world sometimes. So it's like uh, we I, I want to continue crazy, to bring bro. you guys additional content, yeah. Um, just to bring that value to you all because I do feel you guys deserve that, right? Um, uh, everybody has their own things they're going through. Uh, if you had a rough time this week, as Pong mentioned in the beginning of the show, uh, you know this is kind of therapy for him, and yeah. I I, 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 I do back. agree with that. Yeah. I I just yeah doing this show it puts me in such a when we get done it puts me in so much of this of a kind of like a zen place where it's like all right well now now they're through with it now let's i can get back to dealing with everything behind the scenes um it's kind of like a rejuvenation right it's that it's that yeah. boost i mean i know we play off of that a lot where it's like oh come join us on live a split screen where you get that energy boost for your soul and you know enter the rain and all that good stuff and it's not just those aren't just words like those are things that we feel are of value uh to for what we bring to our show um yeah. again me and pong right. don't go on all these different shows and represent and mm -hmm. go crazy and want to push the boundaries um, maybe and, and maybe we should, but again, real life is what it is. Kind of limits us down to being able to do but so much. But again, I greatly appreciate you all for being here uh, every not every morning uh, on a Saturday, and it's greatly appreciated. And one more thing before I pass this off to Pong, I want to remind you guys for everybody who's live again. Within the next couple of weeks, there will be a Series S giveaway happening. 
Yes, live on screen. This box is not open. We'll be doing a giveaway to somebody lucky in chat. You get to um, give a used a Series S away. <laughs> you, you never know. People, people, you got to gotta let people know, man. Like, I, I'll, I'll show you. I'll show you all the seal. Hey, there's the seal. Just, just. feels like the value on the Series S has gone up because you got my fingerprints all over it. You got my dirty fingerprints all over it. This is great. It's a great UC Series S. It's a great U Series. You just gotta, you gotta make sure you let people know because people do crazy shit. People will do it's giveaways and never send folks. anything out. Um, uh, but yes, it's a brand new Series S. Something that you guys can get for Christmas. Only thing that you got to do for anybody that's watching, or if you're watching afterwards, you got to be sub to Living Split Screen. You have to follow us on Twitter, or otherwise known as X. And and you got to be here live. For when we do the giveaway so those are be the main things because we'll be doing it through chat uh so anybody who's in chat is going to be entered into that giveaway and then we'll be able to go from there so um and this Nixie! is just a big thanks to everybody What's going on brother um, um but paul yeah, yeah man you said you had some additional things to get into what you got man? yeah what's, i got some additional up? things to get into this is a little longer intro because i've been i've been grazing again bit now steel because again i didn't you know back on starfield of course but mm-hmm. again this type of week not the game I want to get wrapped up in until until <laughs> one yeah. o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. So it's like, you know, I've been I've been doing other things as well. And I got to I got to do this first deal because before I forget, because I saw Eastside Vandal. Eastside, you're in the chat. OK, this is this. This is for you, brother. There it is, sir. <laughs> there it is. He didn't sir. believe you. <laughs> there. He asked me last night on Xbox Ultimate to, to show him the bottle. So East Side, here it is, man. Brand new bottle. Oh, okay. Palmer's cocoa butter formula. That's right. Tim Tim brought up a good point. Um, yeah. I don't know if I'll do this. Uh, and it, it'll be kind of dis I, I feel weird about it because I'd want Pong <laughs> yeah. to be able to do it also. Um, yeah, I see. I maybe see, I maybe see. I would just sign it as as living split screen, maybe. I think that would probably be the <laughs> better thing to split do. Screen edition series uh, S. Yeah. No. Uh, because if somebody wants to give it to a family member or a kid or whatever, it's a they want to do series it. <laughs> They're gonna be like, "Where'd you get this from, mommy?" Living split screen. Hey. <laughs> um, I mean, but I mean, but serious. If if that is something that you that you as the yeah, audience you feel win. would be valuable, <laughs> if if I'll, I'll ask the person that wins, right? Yeah, if the yeah. person that wins says <laughs> says, "Yo, I, I want the living split screen oh. autograph," <laughs> I, I'll I'll figure out how to put a living uh, split screen autograph on there for y'all. Maybe we'll, get a, we'll, maybe we'll get, get a it sticker made. Maybe we get a big sticker made. Throw it out. That'd be that'd be kind of cool. I, I would do yeah, that. Yeah, it might yeah, delay yeah. the shipping process a bit, yeah, but yeah, um, that's the whole thing. But yeah, that but is yeah, cool. That is, that is an idea, Tim. That is an idea. I, I, I like that. I like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thank you, Eastside. You are here and you saw it. So there you go. There you go. Uh, gotta stay moisturized. Uh, and uh, Palmer's cocoa butter is one of the moisturizers I do use. So, uh, Eastside Vandal, that was just for you. Um, what else have been playing, Steel? Um, listen, uh, well, there is one game that we can't talk about, Steel, but you guys all yes. need to look forward. Um, it has Wonder guys, Woman in it. It has Wonder Woman in it. Um, it may have some other people in I'm, it. You guys all, you, you I, can, we can say, we can, can say, say that yeah, we yeah. are playing it. Obviously, we're playing Suicide Squad Alpha, uh, the Alpha Test. Um, we can confirm that both Steel and I are playing it. We're playing it on PC. Um, I'm going to try to get uh, with Steel this weekend and hopefully do oh, some yeah, co-op because I, think I do so want to try co-op. Yeah. Uh, but we are playing that. So look forward to our thoughts down the road on that. Um, you know, again, can't say anything about it. It's under heavy, strict NDAs. Uh, but just keep your eyes peeled. 
just keep your eyes peeled. I'll, I'll just say that uh, I've I've played or touched. I played it ever since Thursday. Uh, was it Thursday that came out? Yeah, it was Thursday. Yeah. Right? Um, I've played it a bit uh, each time. Cool. So each day. So if that tells you anything great, it tells you something. Um, but uh, keep your eyes and ears peeled for Suicide Squad uh, and thoughts from Steel and I eventually when it finally does release or we get closer to le- release because, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, also, let me see what else here. Um, Dungeons 4 uh, dropped in the Game Pass a while back. Not going to be a game for everybody. Obviously, if you know what Dungeons is, basically you take on the role of the baddie. Uh, you get to kind of develop your own Dungeons. Dungeons 4 has actual a lot of different modes in it where you can actually kind of uh, have a sandbox and you can just sit there and create your dungeon for hours on end. You can defeat wave after wave of the enemies, but I'm actually playing through the campaign. Uh, I've played other okay. dungeons before. Uh, I love the story behind it. It is written as a uh, tongue in cheek comedy. Uh, okay. They reference other popular uh, movies and such. Uh, it, it's really cool. I love the concept of dungeons. I think it's a fun game. It is a uh, strategy game. I guess you would call it that, but it's, you know, it's, it's, definitely action-based um it's got a little rts to it because you build up your armies of orcs and or evildoers right uh orcs goblins etc you got to collect mm-hmm. gold you got to find you got to dig out your dungeon right so you gotta you gotta you can actually control where they dig where the goblins dig and you can find hidden things and all sorts of stuff dungeons 4 is is amazing i'm through i think X six now I think I'm on uh, Dungeons four so I've been putting time in um, on Dungeons four love it if you guys take a look at it if you've played the Dungeons before it's not going to be anything new to you but the story this time around is amazing I just I'm laughing my ass off all the time so Dungeons four uh, been playing that and then uh, what else I think I've got something else what else came out this week I haven't had a chance to touch Steam World um, yet. I have not done that yet. I do have it downloaded. I'm ready to rock and roll on that. Um, what else came out? Um, something else big come out. Oh, Remnant 2 came out, of course, drop, but I already owned it. Steel, I, and Jasper uh, beat it when it first dropped. We got early access. We got to go back for the DLC to Steel, and I got to do that. I got that redownloaded. But if you have not played Remnant 2, if you've been here for this show, you know when Remnant 2 dropped, Steel and I had a lot to say about that game we talked about it for a couple weeks at least um of shows so it's now available in game pass give it a go i know everybody's got a billion things to play but this is no risk it's in game pass go check out remnant 2 i said it's my dark horse i said it should be in the game of the year conversation not that it should win but it should have been in the conversation. Remnant 2 is simply a fantastic game. They've done work on it. They've patched a lot of stuff. Um, so go check out Remnant 2 now that it's available. And go check out Remnant 1 because that's also now available in Game Pass as well. Yeah. Uh, worth your time to go check out and see if you like. Remnant 2, for me, definitely plays better than Remnant 1, which oh, should be the case. 100%, which yeah. should be the case. But Remnant 1 has its moments it's that are time, really yeah. damn cool. Right, exactly. I wouldn't mind going back with Steel because I never played a co-op. Um, and I got to a point where I couldn't beat one of the bosses and I gave up and just dropped it. But I still had a great time with the game. So, but everybody go check that out. Um, but yeah, Steel, I've been back kind of in grazing mode. It's been a while since I've done where I've had this many games to talk about. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm having a blast. Company Heroes 3, Sifu, Dungeons 4, 
go check it out. Oh, I did play a little bit more Jusant too. Jusant oh, nice. is a okay. really cool, chill game. Again, if you're looking for that palate cleanser, if you're looking at pre-bed relaxation. Although, got to say, some of the rock climbing in Jusant, because that's the whole game itself. Right. You know, it's a it's a platformer at its heart because you're rock climbing. So mm-hmm. some of those jumps and things that you have to do can get a little tense, at least for me, mm-hmm. uh, because the sense of being way up there. I don't know if that happens for other people. Um, I do have a fear of heights. I can handle it. Right. Roller coaster. I've been to the cliffs of Moore in Ireland, hung my feet over the cliffs of Moore, thousand plus foot drop. Right. I've done that. But do I get a tingly feeling? Do I get a little mm-hmm. nervousness, mm-hmm. anxiety? Yes, for sure I do. And I still get that in video games when it's done right, when the yeah. sense of scale and the Probably sense you know of height. Right. Yeah. So with Jusad, I, I still have those moments. <laughs> so it's not completely relaxing, but man, what a chill game. The mood, the atmosphere is completely 100% chill. You're not worried about combat. You're not worried about any of that stuff. You're just worried about the rock climbing and where you're at. So Jusant has been really cool too. Um, I keep rocking on that um, as well, a little bit here and there. So yeah, that's been uh, this weekend uh, gaming for me, Steel. So nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Steel. Well, you got some. Well, I t- I'll tell you this. Um, like Paul mentioned, we can't say anything about Suicide Squad, no. um, give impressions or anything like that. Um, the one thing I will say is the thing that I said last night about it is if there's one form of entertainment that has shown me that I need to care about Suicide Squad, um, it's seemingly going to be in gaming. Um, I will say, yeah. the only other thing that I also will say is that her Rocksteady's previous games, I don't have any reason to doubt, disbelieve, what Rocksteady can do. Yes. Um, not only not only that, but um yeah. I think people would be surprised. I think people would be extremely surprised. Um mm. quality, the effort, the love, the care. Um, and again, I will say from what I have experienced, it would have been, and I said this last night to the guys, it would have been extremely interesting to see what they would have done with Gotham Knights. And the yes. only reason I say that is because you guys saw the trailers. It's still based on a four four person crew. I know uh, Gotham Knights is more like a two man kind of thing. Uh, in most cases, like especially in co op and whatnot, it's still based on four main characters. It would have been really dope to see what they would have been able to do with that. Um, but I would say just uh, buckle up and get ready for yeah for Suicide Squad in February. I, I think I think it'll be. Oh. I think that'll be interesting keep keep an open mind keep an open mind because rocksteady's past is definitely indicative of the future so yeah and, yeah, yeah yeah some a lot of the things like there's uh you know we yeah. mentioned on previous shows uh again uh as I'm, I'm i'm trying to definitely avoid because i want to respect the nda um avoid saying anything but i have clips yeah. and whatnot um that can't share out or whatever uh yeah. but these clips i do feel like are the perfect representation of what the game provides mm-hmm. to you um it has a good lot of, a lot of good vibes in it but anyway uh to get off of that just so and again I, I will say again i will i wanted to reiterate this is this is definitely the best form of suicide squad that we have gotten to date mm-hmm. i'll say that's that's all i'll say and i'll leave it there um yeah. 
And as somebody who doesn't care about uh, superhero games, as you guys all know, I don't. I'm not big into superheroes. I care, so let's just do um, it that way. Dicado, to be honest with you, he says this <laughs> sounds like the delay was extremely fruitful. I I don't I don't think I don't think that the delay has done anything. I don't. I, there's no way that they changed anything, other than maybe polish it some more. Yeah, because you could tell. I could out. It's it it seems that way. Um, but from what I just, we're good. I have a good, I have a good feeling about it. I have a good feeling. That's all I'll say. Um, but I do want to talk a bit about Skyrim, um, because I started my first like official playthrough, um, of Skyrim this week. Um, Skyrim has been a game that I've been going back and forth with, uh, for quite some time because of my history with Elder Scrolls online. It really kind of started my. Uh, Elder Scrolls Online started my interest in Bethesda games, I should say. Just that experience. I know Paul, me and Paul were talking about it in the background. He was like, man, I've been seeing clips of you playing Skyrim, man. That's not the original Skyrim experience, man. That, that it was like, and, I, and I definitely get it. Um, as, as someone who came from ESO, I think that's as traditional of a Bethesda experience mm-hmm. that I needed uh, at the sure. time for what it, what was available. Um but I've started. I've I've tried to play Skyrim several different times. Um, the first time I tried to play it organically, uh, just however the game is shipped, maybe with some visual mods and stuff like that. Uh, but outside of that, and a lot of the mods I have now are more visual than anything. But um, they also add a bunch of different armors and things like that that you could find. It just it makes it more, they've made it more adventurous. Now the point that I kind of wanted to bring up here is playing through Skyrim has made me look at Starfield a little bit differently, right? Um, now, I want to use, I want to go in this conversation with the context of this. Skyrim is a game that's been out for 10 plus years. I am playing with over 2,000 mods. So you're, t- you're talking about 10 years worth of mods in one game, right? So on one hand, I want to I want to be upfront and tell you that what I'm doing is I'm going to be comparing something that is going to be difficult to compare to because Starfield does not have 10 years of experience. But, um, oh, it doesn't have 10 years of being out to the public and mods that you can drop in. Um, Anyway, what I'm going to be doing is just trying to draw kind of comparisons to what people may have been saying about Starfield up to this point and why I may or may not disagree with some of those things. So one of the number one things um, that Skyrim has kind of taught me is that is the sense of exploration. I get what people mean when they say that they don't feel the sense of exploration that the way they did in Skyrim. I get it. The world definitely does feel like it's giving more to you up front than Starfield did. Starfield, you kind of got to find it. Um, or unless you're like Pong, you're a deviant, and you got a lot of action going on all the time, right? Um, now, again, that wasn't my playthrough. I didn't have bounties on my head when I played Starfield. Um, I had a very organic playthrough for Starfield, right? Um, I did things that the way that I felt was best. Um, I kind of handled different scenarios the way that I feel was best. And so far, I will also say, because of that sense of exploration, it is it is more it is definitely more fun. But I feel like that's a bit 
it's a bit candor to say mainly because the gameplay elements that I have added to Skyrim are also not what the original game had. This I, the, the version of Skyrim that I'm playing has some Souls elements in it, um, mainly, uh, again, with the third-person lock-on, um, some of the movement mechanics, the combat mechanics, adding extra uh, dodge mechanics and things like that to try to, to get the game to feel more modern because that's what I was looking out of uh, that's what I was trying to get out of Skyrim initially. I play I when it gets comes to games like this, I need the option to play third person because first person adventure style games, choose your own, that doesn't appeal to me. Now it does in third person because I'm constantly looking at my character. It just gives me kind of something to work towards. It's a it's a internal thing for me. It's 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 a 100% me thing and not not anything else. I do prefer third person games most times if I have the choice. I played Starfield, entirety of Starfield in third person. Um best one of the best shooters uh first person well, one of the best single player shooters, third person shooters that came out this year at least in my opinion. But one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to kind of bring this to the table outside of kind of compare, comparing, comparing them to each other. And the main thing that I'm actually comparing is because you see a lot of people to say that, oh, well, Starfield doesn't compare uh, in, uh, in the comparison to Skyrim. Yo, you could play Skyrim right now and have a better experience in Starfield. And yes, that, that may be true. But um, you're talking about going, asking people to go back and play a game that has 10 years of support with it starfield just came out this year in the in what i want to bring to the table palm is what skyrim has done has made me think about and i want to say and i don't really typically regret my playthroughs and i don't nec- i don't regret it per se but what i do regret and it's the thing that i always talk about in all single player games is Starfield is going to be a completely different game 10 years from now. Now, am I saying that, oh, I should have waited 10 years to play? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. I I will say that I'm glad that I waited to play Skyrim because otherwise, I obviously wasn't enjoying it at its base level, because gaming has changed since 2010, right? Your expectations have changed since 2010, um, at least for me. And those style of games have to do something for me that I'm interested in um, while still holding its baseline of what the Skyrim experience is. I do feel as though I'm still getting the Skyrim experience as far as like the randomness in the world, right? Um, I was give you guys an example and people who've played Skyrim, maybe this is something that happens for everybody. I felt like it was completely random. Um, and maybe that's just the way that it's supposed to feel. Uh, but I was just journeying and got done doing a mission or whatever. And was about to go somewhere else. Cause I needed to make some edits to my character. I was like, ah, you know, uh, Cause in this, with the mods and everything, you're able to see your character naked. And I was like, damn, I, I really threw off one of my, uh, one of my meters for my character's figure. Um, Cause of course I modded her, I modeled her after my wife. Um, but I, I threw off some things. So I wanted to change some things. So I went on this adventure, got that done and I was on my way back. And 
I had got all the, I have all this stuff in my inventory. So I was like, oh man, I'm weighted down. I got a follower with me, which again, I'm using them the same way I did in Starfield, which is they're, they're my mule, man. Not, but she's a worthy mule. She came out of nowhere too. The first follower that I got died. We went into battle and she, and she just died. I, I, I she got beat the hell up and, and never came back. Uh, so I got another follower uh, that walked up on me. Well, actually I walked up on her and I persuaded her to join me. Uh, and she was, so I got her rocking with me now. And she's been a dope person to play play with. But I, w I went to the general store, um, and I was selling my stuff, uh, just getting my inventory back right. And I had this dude run up on me, and he was like, "Yo, I've been looking for you. You're a hard person to find." I was like, "What are you? What are you, what are you looking for me for?" He was like. I heard you. You're the Dragonborn, and uh, you know you defeated the dragon. This another thing. We got a dragon problem. Was like another dragon. We're like what? Where? Like, and we get into this whole dialogue. Lo and behold, I end up meeting up with this dude. He's like, "Yo, I'll pay you ten thousand gold if you come help me fight this dragon." And I'm in the game. I'm in the game up to this point. I'm like, man, ten thousand gold sounds really nice right now. I'm only getting like two hundred. 57, you know, like I'm getting these weird, like weird off-brandish numbers. And when I sell stuff, yeah, I'm getting some money, but it's like, uh, like 10 grand sounds perfect. So he was like, all right, well, go meet me here. We're going to get on this boat. And we're going to go over here um, and we're going to go fight this dragon. I went on this whole other random journey that I wasn't expecting to go on with this whole other cast of characters that ended up dying anyway towards the end. When I started to feel something for them, uh, <laughs> they end up dying at the end of it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well, I guess you guys weren't strong enough. So I looted their bodies and went, on, went about my business. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I kept out of it. The dude was like, man, I didn't think you would actually survive and all that good stuff. But it was just... Those random experiences is, some, is something that I also experienced experience in the Starfield. And I don't really, you don't really experience things like that that just feel organic and natural to the world. Um, and again, it could have been something that was very, um, very scripted to happen, right? It definitely could have been. But my point with all of saying all of this is Bethesda obviously has a talent that most other devs don't. Bethesda obviously makes games that most other devs don't. The fact that this game, Skyrim, as an example, has been out as long as it has, and the people have been able to essentially remake the game without Bethesda putting out a remake is a, a such a beautiful thing because people like me who maybe can't get into the vanilla experience can kind of tailor their own experience and say, hey, people say that Skyrim's so great, what makes the game great? And just because I have all these mods in the game, shout out to Novus for anybody that's interested in, because that's what really got me in, is an auto-installer, one kind of a one-click kind of scenario. You get Nexus Premium, boom, it's downloaded. Um, of course, you still have to have some baseline knowledge of how mods work uh, in case you want to tune some things and get in there and adjust um, to graphical elements. But the root of the game is still here. And again, it has helped me understand what Bethesda brings to the table. But the reason I say that it's made me look at Starfield a bit differently is it's kind of made me go back and think about the games that I've played this year. You know, that sense of adventure. Uh, when you go, when I think about Hogwarts Legacy, um, 
when I think about Fate uh, that I'm that I've been playing here recently, when I think about um, Armor Core Six, when I think about um, Atlas Fallen, there's these slew of games that I've played. Uh, you know, Elden Ring as part was was part of that into going into this year. Also, I was still playing that, um, but over 300 hours in Elden Ring um, in my first playthrough. Uh, at, just to give a kind of an example, and because of how impressed that I was, I by by Skyrim, I started feeling not as impressed by Starfield. Though I have to be honest and say I cannot compare the two, and it's, but I also have to in that same vein say it's hard for me not to think about it because ten years removed, going into your next game, yes, Starfield is it is ambitious, and they are doing new things. But if your community, and this is the thing that I think Baldur's Gate did so well, and I understand that Bethesda makes games differently, um, and not everybody's going to make games like like Larian did. What if Bethesda had an opportunity or chose to, for an example, make Elder Scrolls Six with three years of community development with it? What kind of game that could be created from that? What if Starfield? had three years of when they delayed the game what if they took that year two years to get creator or get the get some input from the community on other things that they maybe they could bring in um adjustments mods what, whatever the case may be and these things are going to come anyway but it just made me think about how much better that the starfield experience probably could have been and why maybe people who are bethesda fans we're a bit more critical on it. Uh, I do want to come and say to me now, because of the way that my recent gaming experiences have been, Starfield was definitely my game of the year. Uh, but the more that I sit with it, and we'll get probably get into our game of the awards, uh, game, of the, game of the year and stuff like that uh, later on. Uh, but I definitely think looking at it, Armor Core 6 is definitely top of the line for me across the board. Um, as far as every category goes, as far as my game of the year, uh, was mostly definitely was more, most anticipated game this year for a game that you talk about. You, you talk about that the changes. You talk about the um, putting the years of development in and really seeing you take those leaps and bounds. I feel like Armor Core did more than Starfield did in comparison to Skyrim, as an example. And again. I have, a, I have a very skewed experience and I'm and that's why I'm prefacing this with hey this just this is me taking it as man if if the community was able to do this with 10 years I see what you guys were doing with Starfield but what could you have done to maybe enhance what Skyrim did right that sense of adventure for people and that's a lot of that stuff is still in Starfield but I'm not the typical Bethesda fan either. So it's like, I, I, I know I'm coming from a very outside and skewed perspective, um, but, this is a, but this is also something that I hit on as far as just development goes overall and how we evolve things, the attention to detail type of things. Um, and again, Starfield is still very high up on that list. I would say it's probably, it's definitely number two for me for the year. 
uh, when I sit back and look on look on it honestly. But yeah, I mean, I just I kind of wanted to bring that to the table to you, Paul, as somebody who is that Bethesda guy. Um, you talk about your how much you've enjoyed Starfield, and I'm right there with you. Um, but again, I, I wanted to bring a honest kind of perspective for me now, looking at Skyrim and saying, hey, Skyrim did offer a lot, seemingly. Um, at least on a on a root level, even without the mods, um, for that sense of adventure, the way that the girl the world is handled for you, um, the way that it's presented to you. But again, I, hopefully you're hearing what I'm saying. And I I know in some ways it it comes across it is it's going to be a bit skewed since I'm playing with mods and stuff now. Yeah. But do you get where I'm kind of coming from as far as that like community being involved and seeing what they were able to incorporate into the game versus what we possibly could get out of Starfield. If, if anything, for me, what gets me the most excited is just seeing the potential that Starfield has, right? And I think that gives it more credit to you saying that it's a game of the generation because yeah. as good as I felt about Starfield after I finished it, it's the way that I would feel nine years from now it, it it would be over the moon, right? So, but that's. <clears throat> I mean, this is a tough discussion because I'm a purist at heart. So right? No, I get I, it. I get it. I get yeah, it. Yeah. No. 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 What I'm saying is, I don't have i I don't have a problem with mods. I think mods are cool. Uh, again, as somebody who I mean, just recently got a PC, right? They welcome. That's part of their their culture. That's a part of of who they are as a company they, they've embraced the modding community they hire people from the modding community to join their team full-time all that kind of stuff I, I think that it's an interesting conversation to have because again as i said steel like i'm so happy that you have the mods to the point where you can enjoy skyrim quote unquote even though it's not really skyrim and its Which original vision mm -hmm. it, it, it's fine I, again i don't have a problem with it like i said there's just two sides to me because still we can have this we, we have had this conversation so many times about what it means nowadays for gamers especially the single player gamer mm -hmm. in some of these games if you wait how much better of an experience are you going to get at the end right how much better of an experience are you going to have you know two years from the date of release does that nullify the experience that you have up front again that's going to be personal that's always going to be something that you have to decide for yourself steel and i have preached that if you can get if it's a game that you don't have extreme fomo for and again i say it i got over my fomo a long time ago there's still games that i need to play day one cyberpunk starfield Cyberpunk's another interesting right right now, Steel. Cyberpunk's another interesting That's one. True. I don't know if you saw yesterday. They're coming out two point one. They're yeah. coming out with two point one Steel. This is CD Project Project uh, Red themselves doing it. This isn't modders. This is right. CD Project Red finally developing the game as promised. Even though I, Steel and I both played yeah. it day one without patches. I played it for three hundred hours. Steel played it for 60, 70 hours. Whatever. Yeah. It was. Right. Right now. Okay, I played it for 300 hours in one playthrough. Okay, sure, I got a couple patches in there, right, along the way, but nothing major. I played the game when everybody, or not everybody, but a majority of people were hating on the game. Okay. It was bad. Yeah. Okay. 
I love the game so much so that I said it was one of my goats. Top five, top 10, depending on the day. One of my goats, okay? Love CD Projekt Red for what they do. Thought Cyberpunk was their best game. Again, I couldn't get into Witcher 3 like everybody else could. Yeah, I couldn't. I, I saw the quality. I know what CD Projekt Red can do. I had zero problems talking about it that from that that perspective, even though I didn't beat the Witcher 3 or, or you know, I put a lot of hours in Witcher 3, but I never beat it just because I it didn't grab me the same way. Cyberpunk grabbed me from get-go, from jump. This is, right. again, one of my goats. But the question is, Steel, where now all of a sudden with 2.1, if nobody noticed, this is part of the news, but they announced 2.1. So they just did this huge 2.0 patch, right? Changed right. the game entirely. Yeah, right. Completely different. A cha- completely different game than what Steel and I played. Yeah. Now all of a sudden people are loving it. Now all of a sudden game awards are saying it's an ongoing game. No, now they not. come out and announce two point one, where they're adding in the metro system, Steel, which was supposed yeah, to be I there, the train that. system, mm-hmm. which was originally advertised for the teasers for the game. Nine years ago now, 10 years ago now, when they have first announced the game and started talking about it, they were supposed to have a metro system in there. That was one of the big things that people complained about is CD Projekt Red cut that. Now they're adding that finally in. Now motorcycles are viable even more so. They're adjusting the motorcycle riding, right? They're giving you tricks for the motorcycles. They're introducing permanent racing events within Cyberpunk which was uh, something else that they had talked about early on as well. I'm still not getting my multiplayer because they cut oh, that. That would have been dope. I, yeah. I I'm, not, I'm still not getting the multiple free DLCs that they promised us. Right. They cut that. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen Man. again. Doesn't take away from my standing that this is a goat game of all time. But now right. when I go back to cyberpunk again, steel, what am I, am I going to have to have two listings for cyberpunk in my greatest all time list pre 2.0 is still greatest of all time game. And now post 2.0 is going to be a whole different game for me. Oh, so it's going it to be another great, like, yeah. it, but this is the discussion where I think level. we're having here with Skyrim and the modding community because cyber CD project red is doing it themselves. They're fixing and going That's back my point. Yeah. and updating the game over. Bethesda is going to continue to do that with Starfield. Right. They did that with Skyrim. They continued to update the game, add things to the game. They added fishing steel. That wasn't a mod. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was Bethesda. They added fishing 10 years later, eight years later, whatever the hell it was wound up being. They added fishing to Skyrim. So Bethesda is going to continue to work on, on Starfield, but they're also going to have the benefit of the modding community working alongside them and making things different as we go. So 10 years from now, when I play Starfield and it's completely different, does that change? you know, how I feel about my original playthrough for me, it doesn't again, as a purist, as experiencing what the game is, I don't think that it changes my opinion. Just like cyberpunk isn't going to be changed for me from my first playthrough, the emotional impact that cyberpunk cyberpunk had on me from the get go from the, Oh, it's no comparison. That, that stays now I've heard, steel and I haven't played it yet, but with phantom Liberty, they changed some things with the main story. Could I go into Phantom Liberty and I've heard some people complain about it? Could I hate what they've done to some things? For yeah. for the worse? For the worse. They change the story in Phantom Liberty. And they change your relationships deal with some certain people. So if that's the true, and that's what that's what I've heard. Again, I don't shy away from spoilers. I don't care. But it, maybe that changes how I feel about it. I don't know. Mm. Overall, to that's your points about 
what Skyrim has done and how it's made you look at Starfield. Here's here's the here's here's the device the divisive kind of aspect of Starfield because of the scope of Starfield. The way you adventure in Starfield is different from a Skyrim. hundred percent. Hundred percent. Is different from a Fallout. Skyrim is literally one. There, they've yes. said it themselves. It's one planet. It would be yes. the size of one planet. So for me, Steel, if that, I didn't have a problem because I, once I got into the game and realized what they had done and how they were doing it, mm-hmm. I, my brain flipped. Okay, it flipped. I started thinking of the universe as one landmass. Okay, the universe is one landmass. And again, loading schemes don't bother me. It doesn't break immersion. I could give two shits about all that kind of stuff. If that's a problem for it, some people, fine. That's a problem for you. It doesn't bother me in Skyrim. It doesn't either, bother right? me. So uh. for me, all I think about is the universe is one. I have to go further and I have to do more to discover things than in one landmass like a Skyrim or like a Fallout or like Oblivion. It's more compact. It's more readily available. Like you said, Steel, as you're traveling, you're coming across more things on a regular basis that right. seem more random because it's all contained within one right. place. I, For me, I didn't have a problem having my brain switch and say, okay, well, I just got to go further. I got to go put different places to discover that same thing. It doesn't affect how I feel about the adventuring. It doesn't affect how I feel about the exploration. It didn't do any of that for me. I can understand why people can't make that switch. I can understand why people appreciate the fact that it's a much more contained area that you're playing in within Skyrim, that the handcrafted content versus the procedural generated content is probably feels more balanced because you're coming across so many things in a shorter period of time than you do in a Starfield where you're traveling to different planets and all that kind of stuff. But to me, Starfield added more because I enjoy exploring the randomness of the planets, whereas some people don't enjoy that. I enjoy scanning plants and animals and seeing new things in life Real quick, on Pong. those planets of Starfield. Yeah. And I don't, I don't mean to interrupt you, but Cottonite Joe, I think he said, as a purist, What's that, fella? You mean you like gaming just like the rest of us? Get over yourself, mate to Pong. Whoa, whoa. So just clarify what you mean by when you say you're a purist, because you're you're talking about a certain kind of game right now. I'm talking about Um, the original. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. This is easy. This is easy. Really strange to take this as an ego it could be confused. No, no, I no, guess, no, no, no. But... I, I really don't think it can be confused. Oh, and I think ahead, it's a little on. bit of projection. I think this is a little bit of, this, no, I don't come from that standpoint. If you've listened to our shows, maybe you haven't listened to our show. So let me make, nah, make this very clear. Yeah, let me, let me make this very clear. I'm no different than anybody else. When I say I'm, I, I'm a, a purist at heart, I like to experience the games as originally designed, bugs and all, when it comes to certain games that that's all that means we were talking about a fully modded game like steel is playing in skyrim 
mm-hmm. which is a totally different experience than what it I is. had when I played Skyrim 11 years I would ago. Never, on a, I would on never a tell body when it, it would drop to 10 frames at certain yeah, points. Yeah. Right. It's a totally different experience. What steel's having right now in Skyrim. Yeah, no, this isn't some type of ego trip. I'm saying some people like steel steel is a perfect example. Steel doesn't like to go back and replay games that are single player games. Okay. No, he's I, just, yeah, he's no, that guy. So once for I him, beat them, yeah, nah. Right. And that's what he was talking about here. He already beat Starfield and experienced it as it stands now. And to his point, this is the first time he's I mean, he's ever tried Skyrim before, but this is the first time he's gotten into Skyrim and he's playing it with a totally different experience than those of us that played it originally. Right. A completely new experience. That's what I said. So for me, I like to experience the games as they originally are. That's what I like. But then I will go back to them later on when they've been updated. I'm going to go back to Cyberpunk 2077. And Cyberpunk's do a, a bit different, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm considering it. But Right, exactly. There's and a few I don't have a problem with mods. But I'm that dude that will go back and replay single-player games again, right? And will update the changes. But again, no, no ego trip here. No thinking that I play. Again, I'm the guy who doesn't beat games. You might be the person that says you can't talk about games or you can't experience games unless you beat games i'm not that dude i don't beat a lot of games i graze a lot i play a lot of games i don't beat a lot of games right so it's just different experiences for different people so uh yeah no definitely not what i was going for there cotton i just talking about playing the game originally as the developers put it out bugs all the problems everything involved sure are there other games that i will wait on that i don't have fomo for at all Absolutely, I will wait on for them. I'll eventually be trying Jedi Survivor once it shows up in Game Pass through EA Play. I'll be trying Jedi Survivor. I didn't play it with all the original performance problems. I'll be playing it post-patch where a lot of those problems have been fixed. So, yeah, it goes both ways. I'm just saying certain games... I like to experience like the big open world games from my some of my favorite developers like Bethesda, CD Projekt Red. I like to experience them that old that that old fashioned way. I, I do like to experience them with everything. Sometimes there's problems. Sometimes there's not. Again, I didn't mind Cyberpunk pre patch at all. I love Cyberpunk pre patch. I right. didn't have the issues that a lot of people had. So didn't ignore that other people were having issues. We spoke out about them. Talked about how it was wrong what they did. Um, how they approach the launch, but yeah, no, that's that's what I mean by purist. I like to see the games in their original form without all the mods sometimes, right? Again, don't have a problem with the mods, love the modding community. Now that I do have a PC, planning on jumping in and trying some mods out. When Steel's playing Skyrim, I'm looking at it, I'm going, pretty damn cool. I might have to try Skyrim in this version just try to see what it's like because I've experienced it already pre all of that. So that's all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it is interesting these days, um, Steel, because it's so much has changed. Like, what is the right time and place to, especially with single player games, to play that game? Again, it's going to be individual basis. How, what you've got to determine what kind of experience you want to have. We pretty much get told right away with so many people playing games these days, if there are massive problems with a single player game, if there are issues, not necessarily from the reviewers, because we know some reviewers just ignore certain things, but you will hear about it. If there are problems with a game, you got to decide for yourself, whether or not that's it. Starfield is going to be a different game 
two years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, it's going to be a different game. They are going to add things themselves. Bethesda's already got DLC lined up. They said they still, I think, Word came out. They've still got two or 300 people working on Starfield right now. They're patching things constantly. They are fixing things within Starfield. They're going to add things. There's potential that we're going to get a hardcore version of Starfield, a hardcore mode where you do have to worry about keeping yourself alive in space, right? Or on planets that don't have oxygen. Yeah. It's going to, you know, you're going to have to. Um, you're going to have to account for your fuel capacity in your starships. They've talked about re-adding that in because they had it originally in the game, but they took it out saying that it right. probably wouldn't be too fun for but the like average player. Too much. Yeah. So yes, we're going to have a totally different Starfield. Does for me, it does not wipe out the original experience that I will, that I'm having right now with Starfield. It will not wipe out that experience. Just well, like I won't ever experience NG plus like some people have done. Yeah. I'm Shout not. out to Nico. Who's done it 33 plus times now and discovered himself. In yeah, one and of that's the new random. Game. That's random. You can do it. That can happen. Yeah. In your first new game plus it can happen anytime. I may never see that. In my playthrough, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely. I may never one. get to that point, right? Because I'm, I don't know when I'm going to complete this game. I haven't even started the mainline quest yet. I, I don't know when I'm going to be done with Starfield. I could potentially be playing on the same playthrough when they start putting new things in. Like that's certainly possible right now with me. So it's just going to be an individual basis. But I don't, I don't. Um, again, Steel, what you're experiencing and what you saw now that you've played Skyrim more and that you've gotten into skyrim even with all the mods that baseline exploration that baseline adventure that you're talking about mm -hmm. is going to be kind of the same experience because you're still doing it in that same world that compact world mm -hmm. i hear you and that's why i've never told people that they're crazy for thinking that starfield didn't hit the same way for them that that's fine if starfield doesn't hit that same way exploration adventure wise because it is more spread out because you have to go seek it more than you did in a, a, a skyrim i get that i trust me i get that i understood it when my mind flipped i'm like oh yeah this is different it's a different type of bethesda game it's still a sandbox it's now, still what they do best but it's just different how you experience it that's the one thing i will say too that is also very different is starfield Starfield blatantly puts its factions in front of your face. I haven't had that experience in Skyrim yet. Uh, I know there's a, a couple factions, maybe. I know there's races, but I don't know if necessarily if there are factions though, right? Uh, so it's like, I don't know if there's like a faction quest that I need to go on where Skyrim made that much more obvious, but you do that. That's also 10 years after that's a gaming kind of experience kind of thing that obviously Bethesda learned and said, Hey, we want to make sure that people understand that there are a branching path that you can kind of go down. You can, you go this way, you go that way. Whereas with Skyrim, it is much more open and to your point Pong, which is why um, I'm not trying to say necessarily compare them uh, one for one because I it would be disingenuous for me to do that. But just as yeah. far as the ex exploration side of it, it I again I can understand why people said that there's more to be desired because it mm. does feel very samey when you go to planet to planet. You want to do the exploration kind of thing, and there's this oh well, there's a base here that you can go do. There's a caves here that you can go do, and it, and it makes it feel at least it makes it feel very samey in comparison to something like Skyrim. But the point, I made this point when the when the game came out for Starfield, and I'm gonna make this point now, is because 
now that I have ex more, more experience with Skyrim, Starfield was never going to give you that same experience because Starfield is not a contained experience where Skyrim is. Starfield is dealing, and then again, I think that does bring very, um, some interesting things to the to the forward of the conversation on did Bethesda did Bethesda need to focus in more on certain aspects of their game versus others, right? Versus the exploration side of it. Because I am someone that does believe, at least narratively, Starfield's main story is weaker than anything else in the game. As at to me. The faction quest, the side quest, all that stuff is stronger than the main story of the game where Skyrim is kind of giving me something different. But again, this is me coming from a modded experience, right? So mm -hmm. um, just, throwing, just throwing that in there, I, just, I always love to see devs throw in all that they can into their games. And I'm not trying, I'm not taking anything away from Starfield, but it is giving me more of a baseline experience of, okay, this is what Bethesda was, what brought to the table before. This is what people have kind of dropped into this experience since that um, OG Skyrim. And what did they give us with Starfield day one? Okay, how what what is going to change in ten years that gets me excited? Because I'm not downplaying Starfield again. Just because I say, I, just because I'm saying it's not my game of the year anymore, because of other games surrounding it, it just it's helped me put things more into perspective of anything. So I just wanted to bring that to the forefront, bring that to the table, see how people were kind of feeling about that. Um, I have been just been thinking about that this week as somebody who did enjoy this, the Starfield experience. I didn't feel it was boring. I didn't um, think that I had to go too far out of my way. But again, I only put, and I say only, but I, I think it's a good amount to put in. I put over a hundred hours into Starfield, right? Um, yeah. And, and I felt like I experienced everything that I needed need, needed to experience with the game, and I enjoyed it. Now, but that's why I'm bringing that sense of exploration up, but also prefacing it, or at least including in the conversation that um, the exploration sense is very different, and I can get why people may feel that way. Um, but you got to be also honest with yourself, and I think people should be honest at least in what Bethesda was trying to accomplish versus what they did in Skyrim, right? It's it's two different ends of the spectrum. I'm not saying that they did it 100% right, which is why I'm bringing this up in conversation. I do feel like Bethesda could have done more as far as, even with the procedural generation, there should have been some, another level there of something to give some of those exploration things that Skyrim maybe gave uh, the people that were looking for that. That's that's all that I'm saying. But and I'm pretty sure that they're open to critique and willing to hear that and whatnot. But uh, again, not not taking away from either game. Uh, but I just thought I thought that would be an interesting conversation to have. So yeah, no, absolutely, still. I'm glad you brought and it I, up and I, again. And I will say to Dakato's point because yeah. he talks about the shipbuilding. Yeah. I, I will say Starfield has ruined Starfield has ruined me. Any other game that doesn't have 
custom ship building <laughs> is like going to make now. me steel needs custom ships now i i need custom ships now like i i can't just like I, I i can't play i can't play everspace now ever again because i can't make a custom ship i just i'm looking hey, at they, certain space games and need a custom does it tried a lot of new stuff here um because of the scope because of the scale like you said steel uh it was a different goal this time with starfield than with a skyrim or a fallout it's a it's it's a different goal that they had in mind with the world um and the world building and how they were going to do this. Real I've quick, said it before. Palm yeah, before, you jo- before you jump into it, because yeah. I think this is going to, I think yeah. this point may add yeah. on to what you're going to get into. Because Nino yeah. says, why does Starfield have to be compared to Skyrim? It's a new IP. It, it doesn't because well, let's let's put it this way. Todd in interviews did say it was Skyrim in space. So let's let's be real. He was. And again, I understand why he made that comparison because at its core, it's still a Bethesda game, right? At its oh, core, yeah, it's still through. there. Even they with all, just yeah. went a yeah. different way with it. And I think that, Nino, you know, why people do this is because Skyrim is considered a goat by so many, right? Skyrim is some people's favorite game all time. Bro, right? this game doesn't have 2,500 mods for no, over uh, packages right. of mods for no reason. Right. So I think that people naturally just do that because they that whatever their favorite Bethesda game, whether it was Fallout or whether it was Oblivion or whether it was Skyrim, whatever the favorite, whatever your favorite Bethesda game was, people naturally thought they were just getting a new IP, but that same exact experience, not realizing when they started talking about the universe, how it was going to be broken up differently, how it was going to be um, a different experience going to find some of that adventure, find some of that exploration. I agree with you, Nino. Again, it, it, it is kind of now that I've played this much of Starfield and Starfield has become my favorite game of all time. Um, it is different. It is 100% a different type of not at its core. Again, it's Bethesda at its core. It's still sandbox, still all of that plus some, but it is a different perspective on their type of game. It really is just because I think because of the scope, because of how many planets there are, because of how the universe is set up. I said from the beginning, Steele, that sure, mm-hmm. if if I was sitting in a room with Todd and those guys when they were reviewing this game, when they were going through the game, I would have said, can we add more variety? Uh, yeah. I, can we I add think more variety to the planets? Can, could, is there some way the procedural generation, can we add more places? Can we add so that the randomness becomes greater? I, of, of course I would have. Now I've also said that now that I've played this much of it and I don't know how many bases I've been to on planets, how many caves I've been to. Right. Whenever I get to those situations, again, I had a brain flip. And I just looked at it the same way, running dungeons in a Diablo, right? Running the same nightmare dungeons over and over again. When I come across one of those bases, I go into them like, hey, hopefully we can find some good loot. I'm going to get some EXP out of this thing. Let's see what pops up in here now. Right. That's that's the way that I look at them. And, and again, that's a me thing. And it's not coping. It's not any of that. It's just that I'm like, okay, well, this is how... They're doing it in Starfield, a brand new IP, different type of world. Again, worlds, plural. It's just a different style for that portion of it. So for me, I just did a brain flip and I was like, okay, cool. This is how I'm going to look at these places. 
And it hasn't failed me yet. I haven't got bored with going to those places. I haven't stopped exploring planets at all just because I don't have a land vehicle and I got a jetpack everywhere. I take it as a challenge. I take it as who the hell knows like what kind it, of yeah. screen, who, who knows what kind of photo opportunity I'm going to get because I'll be randomly going across the planet as time's passing by. And all of a sudden, you know, either sunrise, sunset, or the middle of the night, all of a sudden I come across this area and I'm like, holy shit, I need a photo op this. This is beautiful, right? And I'm taking photos, right? So for me, I haven't lost that excitement for finding new worlds. Others, as Steele brought up, he can see why, and I can always see why. Maybe for others, it just doesn't hold the attention that long. It doesn't hold that magic as long for some people because they know going to each planet's procedural generated. They know going to each planet, they have a really good chance of running across something as far as a base goes or some, some location that they've already seen elsewhere. For me, it's what, what's new wildlife am I going to see? What does plants look like? What does the sky look like? For me, the other stuff fades into the background. It's just an additional point that I kind of hit on along my way while I'm exploring that planet for however long I'm exploring that planet. I've explored planets for, you know, 30 minutes and been done with them. I've explored planets for, you know, four or five hours, six hours and not gotten bored of doing it. So it's just, it, it is a different, it is a different game from what they've done now, in the past. Um, Bold Alpha Wolfpack was saying in chat that, hey, if you follow the main quest in Skyrim, it'll lead you to the factions too. Oh, and I, I didn't, I didn't, I haven't felt that yet. Yes. I'll yes. be honest to say that I have been doing some exploring too. Like I'll go do, I'll be on a main mission and all of a sudden I'll pick up a mission from somebody else. And then I'm like, I got caught up in, in fighting some enemies because I've been playing around with the combat mechanics and yes. seeing what the mods have brought in and why, how can I, what, what can I do? What can't I do? Bro, I can change stances in this yeah. game yeah which is like which okay. which is which is crazy for me to think about it's like i got different stances that make my ability like make my um my weapons do different things so like i'm playing around with that now so it's like there's just there's so much variety that's in here but what i um so I, that, that's good to know bulk maybe i do need to screen, stream some skyrim um throughout the week because i i mean I'm, I'm gonna play it to completion but there it, things like that bold is things that are really dope to me because there are people who have played the game traditionally because yeah. say, hey, still check out this way because I was in the fucking bar the other night and I got like, we've talked about vampires here and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's been something that I've been trying to like actively just kind of be on the lookout for. Yeah. Um, But I was in the bar the other day and some rant. No, I wasn't, it wasn't a bar. I was getting the dude out of jail um, because he got put in there for some weird reason. Um, sure. He did something. But um, I had to go talk to... No, I needed to talk to this dude because he knew where something was at. Um, yeah. This item or whatever. And uh, so I had to go to the jail to talk to him. And I went in there. And I was walking through. And the guard yeah. was like... Uh, he had some random... Comment. He was like, oh, you're, you're in a jail, this, that, and other thing. And then... So I was like, okay, so what else you got to say? Because sometimes you get interested um, and just want to see what else the NPCs got to say. Uh, and so I just talked to him one time and he was like, Oh, do, do you know, uh, about the vampire hunters? I was like, yes. vampire hunters. Yeah. I was like, he's like, yeah, if you, if there, if there are, I heard they were based out of Riften. Maybe you should go out there and check them out and see if you can. I always wanted to be part of the part of them. I was like, I guess I'm going to go check that out. 
Oh, like I yeah. want to be a fucking vampire hunter. I want to be a vampire overall. Like I think that because yep. the ability, because I know the mods and stuff had also added in additional abilities uh, for vampires that are supposed to make them feel like really nice. So I mean, I just and I like I just like the concept of that. You can also be a druid in Skyrim. I'm changing different animals and stuff like that, which I, I didn't choose to do that. Um, yeah. I think that's interesting that's because the druid, uh, <laughs> one of the mods for the druid allows them to turn into a dragon. Also, yeah, uh, no, and, and I dumb. thought that was interesting as hell too. It's its own dragon. It's like it's like it's not even a dragon. It's in the game. Like it's its own dragon. Sure. Has its own abilities and stuff. Like, and it's really cool. I'm not gonna do that because I feel like that's yeah. kind of like that's kind of too yeah. far uh, for me. <laughs> but you know, whatever. But even uh, that, like thinking the thing of the things like that, like wow, now I may end up becoming a vampire. Maybe, yeah. maybe I go hunt some, and because that's the other thing too, where it's just like. I'm just it's seeking out those experiences, right? Um, Bo was saying, yeah, talk to any bartender about a rumor in any Bethesda game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so there you go. Um, so yeah, again, God, you see, see those yeah. things are there. Go ahead, my fault. No, no, no. I was just going to say, God, God Emperor Sofa King says, he, he, he says it just makes me think that Bethesda can't deviate from their formula because if they do, uh, especially in a new IP, people are comparing it to their past banger games and saying, what are you doing? And that that is a part of the discussion. Yeah, the right there to is do a, that, there, though. I mean, there, sure, sure. But there is a part of that where you've got a group of people that just want Bethesda to continue to do what they're doing. But then you've also got the other group that is now claiming that Bethesda games are archaic and that they, they yeah, no longer that. have that. Again, going, from Scar, big... going from Scar, going from Skyrim to Starfield, there's obviously yeah. even with the mods, there's obviously advancements that have happened. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's blatantly yeah. obvious. Yeah, but but what I'm saying is that I think we're also running into that group of people still that have now come to the determination that they love for a back uh, for lack of a better term the PlayStation game right they like the third person narrative driven game as their experience of choice in gaming and i think we do have a large contingent of people because of the playstation 4 generation that now do believe or again i'm not taking away from the it's probably their truth that they think that is the best gaming experience so when they go back even if they did like bethesda games previously when they play a Bethesda sandbox now, Steel, they don't enjoy that experience the same way that they used to, because it's not controlled, because it's not tight knit. Well, there, I, I, and it, I get that. I definitely yeah. get that. And I, and I think that that's part of this. That that's kind of something that has changed over the past generation. A group of gamers that have determined that that they want the movie experience versus having an open sandbox we've heard so many people handheld. complain about yeah. ubisoft games we've heard so many people well, you know complain about all that kind of stuff whole different extreme <laughs> right it, well it is to a certain degree but i'm saying kind of the same you know go anywhere do what you want kind of experience right. some people have drifted away from that and no longer enjoy that even though because that was a fresh experience like in in the 360 generation steel that was a fresh experience right oh yeah oh yeah because yeah, yeah, yeah. that was the first time that console players really got to experience kind of what pc players had been experiencing is this 
new realm of open world, go do what you want, yes. go explore, all that kind of stuff. That was the first time a lot of console players ever got a chance. That's why Oblivion changed the game when it was exclusive to Xbox 360 because people that weren't on PC that hadn't or hadn't tried Morrowind on, on the original Xbox were like, oh my God, what is this? I can go do this. Holy shit. I got all this freedom. I can make choices. I can kill people as I randomly want to. Like, what, what is going on here? And that was kind of new and fresh. And now we've gotten to the point where, well, no, I'm, I'm not too much into that anymore. And now this, you know, Bethesda needs to change what they're doing. This is too no, archaic. They don't. Right, there, there's one no. thing that this has proven yeah. to me. They don't need to yeah. change anything. I mean, I do think that they need to continue to work on improving um, yeah. the baselines of their games. But outside of that, like the types of games that they make are very unique. Another thing that I also will say is there's no way that you that you talk about Starfield and then yeah. say, oh, Starfield's a step back from Skyrim. You're smoking crack. I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna tell you straight up. Even with yeah. mods, even at a base with mods especially, if you're telling me that your baseline Skyrim ex experience was better than Starfield, you're smoking crack. Mm -hmm. I, I and I you have to be completely disingenuous. Outside of my point of the world feeling more tight knit and feeling like there's more yeah. going on. Mm -hmm. If you're going to directly compare Skyrim to Starfield, like people have been, you're disingenuous. Starfield is leagues better than Skyrim was. And it should be when there's a 10 year difference. The only thing that I'm bringing up because I am new to Bethesda games. I am not the Bethesda dude is the, what the modders have brought into the game and what potentially could have been done to make mm -hmm. Starfield a better experience overall. Sure. It doesn't mean that Starfield is all of a sudden not an eight out of 10 for me, because it still is. Um, <laughs> damn, why I gotta be cracked? Because that's what it is. You have to be smoking crack to be disingenuous to <laughs> not see the blatant obvious changes that a game that is 12 years old, 13 years old has made. Yeah. The, there's a reason why I have there's a re, there's a reason why I have 2500 mods in this damn game. There's a reason why I can't play the previous times where I tried to play the baseline Skyrim experience why I couldn't where I couldn't work. And like for you like for your saying for him Skyrim is Skyrim. Anybody that's comparing the two and saying, "Oh, but that didn't make any changes. Oh, this this way that you're playing is old." No, it's not cuz who else is doing it? Nobody else is giving you the same experience outside of you trying to make. And I, and the only reason I'm bringing this up is because people have again had this conversation with, uh, with Starfield throughout this week over the last couple of weeks, honestly talking about how much of it was a miss this year, how contentious of a title that it is because Destin shot to you, Destin. Cause he also brought that up again this week. Oh, uh, people are already up in arms cause it's Starfield. Oh, it is. Oh, but let's be honest. Starfield is a contentious title. No, it's not. What's contentious about it? The only thing that's contentious is that people are comparing it to a game that came out 13 years ago. Well, sorry, 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the game that came out 12 years ago is not even comparable to the game that they released today on a graphics level, on a storytelling level, on an overall exploration, what the game is giving you. I just, I don't see the, the the genuine comparisons. Now, if you want to compare a game that has 2,500 mods in it to a game like Starfield, sure, there's more of a, um, 
There's more of a general uh, consensus that you could make. But listen to what I'm saying. 2,500 mods for you to even draw a, a level comparison to, to Starfield? Yeah. And that's, that's why I started the conversation with that, right? Like, listen to what I am the casual Bethesda fan coming to you with this conversation. And I appreciate everybody that, uh, that felt like this conversation yeah. was cool. That was cool to have. Yeah. It was interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's not for him. It's, it's not the same, but because it's made by Bethesda, because it was made by Todd, because Todd Howard was at the top when they were creating this, they're going to compare, be compared to each other. Yeah, which is part of the reason why I kept trying to get back into Skyrim so I can understand why these comparisons are being made, how I feel about the game, because I beat Starfield, right? I, I wanted to understand where people were coming from um, as I was uh, in taking these experiences and especially as I have played more single player games now, especially I just guys like reference. I, I got, just played Mass Effect for the first time last year. So it's yeah. like. And you play that I'm, in the best light too. <laughs> and, I, and I played that in its best light also. So yep, it's like yep. it's it just gives a different perspective on what I'm saying. And bold alpha wolfpack with the ten dollar dono. He says uh the Nova's Ascension Ascension mod uh, Ascension combat mod is eye opening to what combat could look like right. But I don't yep. want Bethesda to change how they're building the sandbox experience because that's yep. what they do in exact that's all and that's all that I'm saying. Attention! I'm talking about the detail within the actual game itself, not the baseline of the game, right? Steel, I've got the answer to all Go of this. Go ahead. I got I got the answer to all of this, right? You just gotta let Bethesda be Rockstar, take <laughs> ten plus years to create a game, five hundred million dollar plus budget. I think that's where we should go. I think everybody should wait another ten years for the next Elder Scrolls Six. Then it'll be in its best form. Then another 10 years after that for Fallout 5. I I think that's what we should allow Bethesda to do at this point is just take 10 years like Rockstar does plus to create their next game. Let's go. Rockstar is also Rockstar is also different. Uh, there was an interview I can't remember the dude's name, uh, but he's under Rockstar and he was talking about why GTA Six has kind of taken so long to come out. Uh, and he is a was a black dude. Um, I can't remember his fucking name, bro. But he's he's integral to the studio. Um, but anyway, uh, I think he he might be a voice actor. Whatever. Um, but he he was like, do you guys you guys want to know why GTA Six has taken so long to come out? And he was like, because you guys supported GTA five. That's why. Right. But that makes zero sense because we he's supported like, games back in the past. That's bullshit. He's, but he, but he said, we, what, but he was the reason that he business said business wise. Yes. Business that, wise. That's yes. exact. That that's exact. He's because, because of GTA, what right. GTA online did. Correct. That is why they've taken as long as they have. But we've also right. hear rumors that, the GTA Six has a five hundred million to a billion dollar budget. No, Which again with it, marketing, and that could be true. I mean, it it, and be. it could be. Mar- I could see the possibilities in that because GTA Six is going to have online also, and yeah. you have to enhance the experience. Again, it's going to be like going from Skyrim to Starfield. You have to give people enough of a change. <laughs> and from what I've seen from GTA Six, there will be, yeah. Um, in the in the baseline experience yeah. right so yep exactly what, uh, again tim the sorcerer i mean again <clears throat> yeah the the people that try to compare this to star citizen what, what 
Star it's Citizen's not. budget's already over five hundred million. Yeah, it has crazy. already been in production for what ten years plus now for Star Citizen, and it's not it's the most not even close. Game. It's not the most optimal. But again, that's what I'm talking about. Like that is like the ultimate answer. Like, yeah, that's basically what we're talking about here, Steel. And that's basically the point right. that you are making is that sure you are playing Skyrim, and it's freaking incredible now with all right. the mods for you, right? For me, because yeah, for, me. The, the, for you, for your, for what you needed out of Skyrim, right? What I was looking, but for. it's taken this long. So yeah, if we want to start talking about extending the dev time, absolutely. What Bethesda does is Bethesda creates the palette right yeah. bethesda creates the sandbox the base and again i didn't even talk about all the stuff again that i brought up before that when people try to just focus on the adventure and the exploration and, and the procedural generated stuff right i think they need to be given credit again for never ever doing space flight space battles they right? did a never hell doing of a job never doing a, a space battles think about what Skyrim and Oblivion horse riding was like, folks, it was god awful. Okay, it was to the point where why even have a horse outside of having looks? Okay, and here you, you were better feels... off traveling. Right, you were better off traversing. They created a system with the jetpack system, with the mm -hmm. ship building, Felt really good and the ship, the ship battles. Right, top notch. The ship mm -hmm. battles in in Starfield are probably better. The, the, the controls and how the ships feel are probably better than 75 to 80 percent of all space games. I wish there, there was more of it, honestly. And, I, right. I wish there was a right. lot more going on in space. for sure. I wish there was, too. I hope they expand the battles out. I want to see giant fleet battles. I want to go yeah. up against capital style ships. Right. That's how I good want it felt. I wanted that. more. That's how good a it felt. More. That is their first time ever doing that. They obviously put a ton of time and effort into that. Oh, they yeah. took gunplay to a new level for Bethesda games. I'm not saying this is like COD level type shooting. I'm not going to say, but what I am saying is that Bethesda went back to the drawing board and refined a low point for fallout without the VAT system. Most people did not enjoy the gun combat. They said it was poor. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, it without was. the VAT, that yeah, saved fallout in a lot 100%. of ways. So the fact that they've gone back and refined it so that it actually feels good in Starfield to handle guns and oh, yeah. it feels steals nice. favorite mode. Third person in Bethesda games has always been a throw in. It's been available, right? But it's always been a throw in. People used to complain about it, like, "Oh my god, I tried to play. In I want really want to play in third person, but it kind of sucks." And it did it because good, it was yeah. a throw in. They went back and said, "You know what? We've heard you," and they refined the third person so that now me, as an OG Bethesda guy who does like first person, who doesn't need to play games in third person, mm -hmm. I actually use the third person a lot a lot outside of close quarters combat in ships. When I'm pirating ships, I do first person, right? Close quarter bases. I like the first person view when you're in tight corridors versus third yeah. person, but out in the open worlds, I'm playing in third person. It's freaking amazing, right? So they did so much work in so many other areas. Again, to Steele's point, to try to say that you don't see any improvements or that this, this is a step back for them in some people's cases or whatever. They yeah, did so many other things in this game, right? The shipbuilding alone for me, maybe not for you, but for me, because I do spend a ton of time in space outside of, you know, what people try to say, well, you can't fly anywhere. I get that. That's fine. Again, I brought up that concern when we first started seeing it. 
I wish I could fly planet to planet, but that's not the experience that they wanted to give us. But right. because I do so much pirating, because I get into so much nonsense in space, the shipbuilding alone is a whole game unto itself. I could sit in shipbuilding for hours. I have oh, I did. sat in shipbuilding yeah, for I have, hours. Yeah. I absolutely enjoyed the hell out of it and seeing my customized ship on the landing pad to see it taking off. And oh, there's going no better feeling. Space, there's no better there feeling. There's no better feeling of how that 100%. is handled and how it's represented. Absolutely love what they did there. So again, Bethesda obviously created this game from the ground up. This is the first IP where they built the lore from the ground up. They've built yep. everything from the ground up. All the other ones, Fallout man. and Elder Scrolls already had a lot of that lore built in for years because yeah. those were previous games, right? Todd took them and expanded them, but that was there. A lot of the main stuff, they built this game from the ground up. So can you say that everything was in there? No, not everything was in there. Could you say that they could have done more in certain areas? Absolutely. Of course, they could have done more with the procedural generated content. Absolutely. They could have done more, but they spent so many time, so much time because their games have so many systems and they added in even more systems with Starfield that I still look at this and go, this is a hell of an achievement. They took mm -hmm. their bar and pushed it further. To some people, they didn't. Cool. For me, they pushed their bar even further as to what I can experience in a role-playing game. I love this game. I'm role-playing as a legit space pirate psychopath killer, and I'm loving every minute of it. And I've got the freedom to do that. That's what real role-playing games are about, is taking your own experience, creating your own story within the world, having whatever class or whatever you want to call it and making it your own Starfield lets you do that to the nth degree for me. So that's where I'm at. No, a thousand percent. I mean, uh, with that, I think that leads into a perfect little angle here. Uh, we'll get into our upcoming games later. Uh, actually, <laughs> I think that'll be perfect. And then we'll probably follow up with this day in gaming afterwards. Also, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like that would just be well, since we're leading in with some some great convos here. Uh, but I do think that translates or transfers over pretty well um, into the. Uh, the Game Awards kind of conversation, right? Because uh, Starfield is in the RPG category uh, for the Game Awards. And uh, it's kind of crazy. It didn't really get anywhere else. But again, in comparison to the other games, I, I guess it is what it is. But um, so the Game Awards is happening next week, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and I'm going to be pulling this article from Digital Trends here. Uh, DigitalTrends.com. Shout out to them. Uh, they go into and begin to say, uh, let me see if I can. Why is my headphone dying? That's interesting. I'm going to swap it up here in a second, <laughs> but uh, all right. Hopefully you guys can see that here, uh, but it says 10 years ago, Geoff Keighley, the Game Awards began and it once uh, and it's once again returning this December to award the hard work of developers in one of the best years of quality video games uh, ever and reveal some games that are coming out soon. Now, I don't know if it's uh awarding the hard work of developers that that's kind of debatable that's what we've been discussing over the last couple two weeks since some things are left out and it's still kind of shady how these awards are approached but uh you know nonetheless uh we know all the category nominees now so you might wonder where and when you'll be uh, you'll need to tune in to get the full game awards 23 experience we rounded up all that information right here uh 
to so you can aside set aside time to tune in now we will uh from what mav uh put out there we will be live thursday with the game awards uh for their normal pm in the pm slot i think it's right around six o'clock central seven central i think he was going an hour early so it might be a little bit earlier than that uh so be on the lookout for that for everybody that's interested um for the fun fun speculation family uh award show kind of event going on um where you can watch it anywhere i mean again if you got access to digital servers you'll be able to get access to it youtube uh, i think they said it's going to be on yeah, so YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, wherever, TikTok, stuff like that, Instagram also. And what can we expect? Well, it's going to mix in a lot of game reveals and trailers between all the awards, although uh, Keeley said there wasn't going to be any world premieres. And then I, I heard you mention you mentioned this yesterday, Paul, and then he mentioned that there is going to be world premieres, so there's that. Um, you know, he, he still doesn't know what he's getting out of it. I, I just, yeah, some, I feel like he'd just be saying shit to say shit sometimes. He does. He does. He tries. He tries to be super. He, he, yeah, he tries to be super smart. He tries to act like he's doing things differently to enhance the, the game awards experience. And so he throws these things out there like, ah, we don't need world premieres. What is a world premiere at this point? Anyways, yeah, it's not what, necessary. What are you talking about, Jeff? And, and then a day later, it's, hey, what kind of world premieres do you think you were going to see at the, 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 uh, the game awards? OK, what 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 Keely? <laughs> He literally did that this week. Like, literally, I saw, I was like, what? Didn't you just get done saying there's no world premieres? And what is a world premiere, anyways? Really? We got a lot of great announcements. Any, and then you come the next day and post on X. What world premieres do you think you're going to see? What are you doing, Keely? What, sometimes I just don't understand the guy at all. Anyways. Um, and real quick, Donnie Skill says if Starfield released on PlayStation, we would not be having any of these conversations. Mm. But because they got criticized by PlayStation gamers in the media, we have to constantly keep explaining about it. I disagree. I think Bethesda would have got the criticism regardless because they get criticism like this on every game that they release. Um, the base isn't happy. And I, I do think it not releasing on PlayStation PlayStation did amplify some things. Oh, yeah. um, and allowed the media higher. to also amplify things further. But I, I think the game was going to be highly critiqued regardless um, because of it's, it's Bethesda. They're the only, again, when you're the only studio that makes a certain type of game in a certain way and you really can't compare it to anybody else, you, you're going to get compared to yourself. It's the same thing that Halo has always gotten, right? Halo gets an overwhelming uh, amount of critique because the only thing you can compare it to is itself, most cases. Now, more recent years, you can compare it to like other games, but other games have also started taking in what Halo did originally, and so you're starting to see that kind of that blend now. But yeah, it's just it, I mean, it is it is unfortunate. Uh, Donnie says not to this degree. Trust me. Uh, I only say that because from the outside looking in, from what I've heard people talk about Skyrim, it hasn't been consistent from person to person as far as like the overall experience for sure but when you, when you go from skyrim to elder scrolls to uh fallout all the three different ips ex for just using those as an example they've always been compared to each other in very inconsistent ways and the way that they talk although they share a lot of similarities with each other uh outside of like story and stuff uh, story and whatnot mm -hmm. uh people still find a way to break them down say oh they this doesn't that's why they were kind of in competition with each other back in the day 
because it was like, well, New Vegas does things that these other Fallout games didn't do. So it's like, like this game is so much better than, and it's like, I feel like those are better conversations to have. Um, and I think that the, that would have been there regardless. Um, but I, I can definitely hear that uh, because it's not on a particular platform and it's been made blatantly obvious um, that people obviously feel a certain type of way it's been said even before the game released that they were going to feel that way before um when the game came out so it's unfortunate but again but that's where that whole tax conversation come in that's what old bias conversation came in um but again it's it, it, but it's also bethesda i've 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 heard so much up and down convo about bethesda for for years so um but the modern community loves loves them so and that's and that's what matters um but what to expect from the Game Awards 2023? As is typically the case with this show, the Game Awards 23 will mix in a lot of game reveals and trailers between all of their awards. Shout out to Digital Trends who said there's going to be game reveals there. Um, they just put this out yesterday. <laughs> but when it comes to Game of the Year, if you're if you're wondering, you got Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Marvel's Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, uh, have the opportunity to win as for the announcements happening at the show below is a list of every game confirmed to be at the game awards 23 will continue to update more as titles are released uh and they have warframes whispers in the walls expansion which i believe with this expansion um they're actually going to introduce cross save uh that is something that's going to get me able to get back reintroduced into it mainly because i'll be honest Having a PC does make things more accessible to me on kind of in my busy kind of time frame, right? I can, instead of just turning the Xbox on, it's mainly hooked up to the TV. Uh, I don't have to unplug anything. I can just, I don't have to go through no setup. I can just boot up a game and say, oh man, I'm on the PC already. I was doing work. I was doing this, whatever I may be doing. Boom, I just boot up Steam, boot up, pull up a game and go from there. I pull up Xbox app, boom, go from there. And I got the game running. And also, typically, games do run better on PC. And I have been spoiled in that, but I've also traditionally, I've been in PC since 2001, guys. Like, I've grown up, I've, grown up, I've been with PC uh, in the PC experience since Windows 95. Um, I was three years old playing, playing with this technology, right? So it's like, I also have a very skewed perspective, although um, I love, I still love my console experience. But bringing Warframe to the PC is something that's beneficial to me because there is going to be benefits at least on on a performance level uh on a loading level that really still bother me on even on the series x uh i can notice that the game isn't always 60 frames all the time i can notice that there's just inconsistencies that i know won't be there and i know it's going to play better um on when i when i play it on pc so um that's I'm, I'm extremely excited for that um just the the versatility the capability that's going to be there uh, and then the Xbox Series X and Series S ports of Baldur's Gate 3. Now, kind of reason why I wanted to transition into this. Uh, one is what do you what are some of your expectations, Pong, as far as what do you think is going to be at the Game Awards? Again, we're literally uh, a week out now from it. It's happening this coming up week on Thursday. Um, and then also with Baldur's Gate coming in uh, to Xbox. Yeah. Do you, I also want to get your opinion on, do you think that Baldur's Gate is going to come to P, uh, to Game Pass? Because I personally don't think it will. Uh, it being the better sold game this year, uh, I think there is a baseline 
for you to say when it when a game like Baldur's Gate 3 performs as well as it has, I think it's going to do enough because of that. I think it's going to do enough for people to to invest into the game. Um but I do think there's a benefit for it to come into Game Pass because uh, I, I I think I hit send on this when I um, in the DMs, uh, but I made the comment that hey, if Baldur's Gate three does drop into Game Pass um, around this announcement or before the end of the year, I would love to jump into a multiplayer playthrough with you guys uh, just to see how that would be, how much fun we could have with that, and how interesting that could be. Because again, us being in a party going through that experience, I think would be. I think that would be the D and D experience that I'd never gotten that I could actually have on a virtual level. So uh, what do you kind of think about those things between um, Starfield being snubbed, the game awards mm. being next week? Um, what, what some, what's up, what can you kind of anticipate? And then also um, how you maybe feel about Baldur's Gate three, it's potential to maybe have a game pass announcement or any other special announcements. Well, I guess I'll start at the top here. Steel uh, talked about this a lot with Starfield. I was on the train that it wasn't going to make it. So it is what it is. Um, again, I'm not the way it reviewed. It's those are the people that vote for the game awards, as we know. Um, so the way it reviewed, I said flat out, I didn't think it was going to make the cut. Uh, they, I thought there was a chance that some of them could have gone and continued to play through and really discovered Starfield because there was a lot of people who continued their playthroughs that seem seemingly changed their tune um, when they were posting about it um, as they got further into the game, as they discovered more and more about Starfield. But overall, I didn't think there was going to be enough people to change their tune that it would, would make the cut this year. Um, so again, do I think it's a snub? Of course, personally, I think it's a snub because mm -hmm. it's my game of the generation. It's my game of the year. It's my favorite game of all time. Of course, I'm going to say it should be there, right? Um, just from taking a step back away from my personal feelings and who votes on and looking at who votes on this and knowing the history. No, I, I just, you know, whatever. Um, I hope it can win the best RPG. But again, these categories are so screwed up. The game awards are so ridiculous overall as to how they handle things that, why would Starfield? Why would Baldur's Gate three get Game of the Year, but lose out in the best RPG category? That makes zero sense, right? So, but could it happen? Could they throw Starfield a bone? Yes. Do I hope it happens? Of course I do. I hope it happens. I hope they throw Starfield a bone and they give it best RPG, um, you know, of the year. I, I certainly hope that happens. Um, overall, next week. I get excited for these, no matter what I think about the, the game awards, uh, no matter what I think about any of these shows, these types of shows, I still get excited for them for obviously this year. I want to see Baldur's Gate three sweep. If since Starfield's not going to be there, I want to see Baldur's Gate three sweep uh, easily. Another game of the generation changed people's minds about turn-based tactical strategy games and yeah. what they could be and the potential that they have. Um, I hope that Baldur's Gate 3 sweeps. I hope that it forces its way into the conversation in boardrooms with publishers and devs. Not to say that everybody's going to get this type of budget or this type of time frame to create another Baldur's Gate 3, but I would love to see more investment in these types of games. I would love to see some devs given a chance to take chances. Um, given a chance to take chances. Given a chance to, to work towards something like Baldur's Gate 3 with a turn-based tactical style RPG, I'd 
I'd love to see that because I'm a big fan. I, I love these games. I want to see them. They're making a comeback. I want to see more. I want to see that narrative that, oh, this is a niche genre. CRPGs died out a long time ago. Nobody plays these games anymore. Bullshit. You put time and effort and make a great game. People are going to come play your great, great, great game, right? I want to see that chance happen. So I, I want to see Boulder's Gate 3 sweep. So I'm interested in that as far as the awards go. Um, I obviously am there as well to see new announcements, right? Or updates to previous games, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think this year has the potential, Steel. We talked about this last night on Xbox Ultimate. In my view, no matter what you think of the Game Awards, because of the gaming year that we have had, and most people will tell you that this is one of the GOAT years of all time, if not the GOAT year, year of all time, for video games. Because of that type of year and the interest level in the awards this year for all the positive and the negative energy that's out there about the video game awards, this is going to be Keeley gets bigger and bigger audiences every year. He grows yep. every year. I think he will have his biggest growth percentage-wise this year. More people are going to tune in. Yeah, I'm not going out on a limb here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying because of all that, the devs, the publishers, the advertising, they all know that potential, that there's going to be more eyes on this game awards than ever before, right, by a long shot. This could be huge. I think they're going to put a lot of money into this game awards when it comes to showing off future stuff or updates to things that have already been announced. So I'm excited from that standpoint. I will always get excited for these shows. I always get hyped for these shows. Some people say, don't get your hype up. Again, I control myself. Okay. I don't, I don't blame anybody but myself. Right. If the hype oh, yeah. doesn't live up to my expectations, it'll be on me, but I get excited. I'm a kid at Christmas during these times. Cause I want to see this new stuff. I want to see what people got coming down the pipeline. We know 2024 is already lining up to be another ridiculous year for gaming the way it stands right now. And we don't know anything about next year, or I should say we only know a small percentage of next year. So I am really looking forward to see what they're showing here um, as well. I think this is going to be a, a, a good year. If you're just showing up to watch the game awards for the announcements, I think you're going to have a good time this year. We've been hearing more and more people say, yeah, you probably going to want to tune in. This is going to be a good year. Right. Um, so I'm excited for that part. Um, and then what was your last question, Steel? Uh, Starfield the, I, snob, overall feelings, and then what? Uh, the the last one was concerning uh, what do you expect out of the Game Awards overall? I, I that's what or I just if there's got any, into. If I there's going to be any more. like reveals or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I believe. Th I think there was one more in there. Steel, that's that you had too. I, I'm trying to. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think there was one more in there too. Um. I think that we do get, uh, I think we do actually get hardware here, Steel, in some form or fashion. Um, I think for sure, I think it's potential that Xbox shows off the re, uh, the slim, the Xbox Series X slim, which was leaked, the, the, the um, cylinder looking one, uh, the all okay. digital one. I think we do have the potential that be showing off. I think that there's possible that Sony teases the PS5 Pro here. Um, they now have the PS portal out in the wild that's going next up is the pro that we've been hearing about. Could they hold it? Yes, they could hold it. Um, but I think that they entice people right now. Um, I think they tease it and I think they have a big spring, early summer showcase event. 
Um, not a state of play, but an actual honest to goodness showcase where they deep dive the PS five pro and then launch it next fall, uh, winter. So I think that that could be starting here as well. So I think we get some of that. I think Xbox shows up big here. I think we have multiple announcements from Xbox at this show. Um, I think there could be some really cool stuff. You know, Sarah Bond teased out some Xbox 360 because she put up the logo for with no context whatsoever. Didn't explain it. Just put up the 360 logo. Could we be seeing portions of the back catalog from Activision Blizzard coming maybe January or before the end of the year, even though they said nothing in 2023? Maybe they got some ready. Maybe some they can push out for the end of the year or or maybe they do a big 360 drop of backwards compatibility, uh, backwards uh, compatible titles um, early January. So when are you going to tease it? You tease it now at the Game Awards, right? Get people excited for a nice big drop into Game Pass. I think Xbox shows up big. I think Sony's here. If they've got any games to show off, I think you got to do it, Sony. You haven't shown your fan base your core fan base enough. You have really no roadmap outside of, you know, Helldivers 2, Stellar Blade, hopefully cross fingers. We don't have a date on that. Um, you know, obviously Final Fantasy 7 Part 2 um, is coming. So you've got those, but you don't have anything else. MLB The Show is MLB The Show. It's a big seller, but come on. Um, you got to get people excited. You don't have anything for the end of next year. Wolverines. I don't think any way it makes next year. So, so if you got anything else, if you got anything else, if you got something to tease, this is the time to do it. Sony for sure. I think they're going to be there. Um, I don't know, Steel. I I thought you mentioned this. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I thought you mentioned this uh, when you were talking about Baldur's Gate yeah. in the beginning. Um, yeah. But Jasper was saying that the that the, the the last question was Baldur's Gate going into Game Pass. Oh, Game Pass! Thank you. Yeah, no, I did not talk about that. That was the final one. Thank you, Jasper. God, good to have a young mind out there, Jasper. Thank you. Yeah, I was just um, regular cup. <laughs> Baldur's Gate three coming into Game Pass. Um, I say no. Is there always a potential that they drop the bag, that they cut a deal, that they got it done, that they want that big game in Game Pass for the holidays when it when it shows up on Xbox? Absolutely. Of course there is. That potential is always there. But I've been consistent on this. Baller's Gate 3 is is gotten so much popularity, so much attention, is about to potentially sweep these awards that for Larian, why would they take the bag at this point? Why not take the sales at this point? Now, you can argue both sides. You can argue both sides. I have zero problem with it. Again, I believe that there's a shot, a chip in a chair, that it shows up in Game Pass right away. But I think overall, I think it would behoove Larian, as the studio goes, because they are still independent studio, that they take as much sales as they can, that they ride this award ceremony to sales on Xbox Xbox as a platform, much more receptive to a game like Baldur's Gate 3 than PlayStation. I agree. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of games like Baldur's Gate 3 that show up in Xbox and do well. So why not ride that wave, see how many sales you can get, and then cut the deal for the bag next year for Xbox to drop it in around this time frame on game pass or maybe game pass during the summertime when there's a lull a little bit and you go, yeah, we're going to throw in Baldur's gate three Xbox uses that to throw it in there to generate some excitement for game pass during a, maybe a slower time in between a couple of their big launches next year. Right. 
I think that that's certainly a possibility, and that's more what I'm leaning at. I say next year we could see it, but I think this year they're going to ride this wave of popularity steel to sales. And I, but would it shock the hell out of me if if that's the announcement at the Game Awards? No, it wouldn't shock the hell out of me. So. Okay, well, I mean, kind of, kind of surprising for sure that it's not necessarily going to shock you. Uh, I, I think that yeah. would be quite shocking to see it drop in the Game Pass, uh, just because of how Nothing well the game is sold this year. I mean, with Remnant coming in, I wasn't expecting that. Um, I, I should have expected it because of just type of game that it is, and I know it sold more than their previous game did. But to get even more engagement. Again, if it comes into Game Pass, I think we're we're gonna have a, a be able to have a great experience with it there. Again, it's going yeah. to open me up to be. Yeah. If it happens, ladies and gentlemen, I'll just say this: if we can, if we are able to make some time for it, I would like to stream an entire kind of multiplayer playthrough of Baldur's Gate Three. Us making all individual choices, you know, and us just having a fun time with it, right? Just taking it for what it is um, and see where we can go from there. I, I think it'll be interesting at least. We may all die in the process, but I don't know. I think it'll be fun. Uh, kind of bring those D&D kind of things back. But It would be interesting um, to see how that plays out. Again, yeah, I never thought again. of playing Baldur's Gate 3 co-op, even though it's always been there, or Baldur's right. Gate itself. I've never those are single player RPGs to me. So it would be interesting to get some of us in there to try to play it and see what happens. Just to so. get us into bullshit and talking, see what kind of commentary we get out of. I think yeah. it would be a funny, I think it would be a funny, funny kind of thing. to Yeah, do. it could be. We'll it see. could be for sure. We'll see. Uh, let's alpha. see if it drops into K-Pads. $5. Bold Alpha with the five. Ooh. What's going on, Bold Alpha Wolfpack? I'd like to see Wonder Woman, Wolverine, and Shadow of the Urge DLC. I Elden agree. Ring uh, DLC is uh, Shadow of the Earth Tree DLC has been getting some steam lately uh, mm-hmm. that potentially it is teased here. Steel, I know you you saw it and, and you you thrown it in the DMs. It sounded like this is going to be a giant expansion DLC. It has, it has, this it has to be at this point. So so and they said it's 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 going to be a little well, bit longer. So, hmm. but could they I tease just... it here? Absolutely. Yeah, because sure. the game I, I thought I thought the game was older uh, came out. The year before damn um the game came out in 2022 so i guess it makes it does kind of make sense uh and fromsoft is pretty consistent on taking their time especially when it comes to dlc they don't just release this isn't like uh and i'm not gonna compare it to anything um but they do take their time to build out their dlc or whatever so um it is going to be an actual enhancement to the core experience. They'll probably also bring in some additional changes to the core experience, especially with what they've changed with PVP, making it very streamlined and easy to access and, and other things like that. Um, but the biggest reason to say that is because, I mean, I, again, I just imagine when you take a full year to release your DLC or the expansion to the game, and that's just rumored. I don't like, it seemingly may even take longer than that, but we'll see. Um, the game came out in February of 2022. So it wouldn't make sense if they were able to release the DLC in February of 2024. But then that that would be my point with that was so that's what two years of DLC work that you're doing, two years of expansion work that you're doing. At this point, it's probably going to be another 40 hour experience or, or add on to the game to a game that was already a 
an easy 100 hour experience of just you exploring right that already gives you a lot of versatility on how you approach the world i think this is going to add on just a whole another level uh level to that and that's just crazy to think about uh with the amount of time that they put it i was expecting for this to come out six months to exact year later um and it's almost two years later so it's kind of crazy um, yeah, I, I don't. I, it's going to be interesting to see how uh, they handle it because it's open world game, their first open world game, right? So yeah. it's going to be interesting to see how they expand uh, what they do if they add new land or if they just add content within the land itself. If they add new, like a new, you know, who knows? They've already got an underground section, right? So who, yeah. I, I, you know, where could they go with it? It's going to be cool to see what from and how they handle it. And obviously it's going to be a big moment because there's still people playing Elden Ring to this day. This Elden Ring yeah. is an experience that many of us jumped into, uh, you know, so I think that this, this is going to be cool. Uh, and also to his point, Wonder Woman, I absolutely would love to get some information on Wonder Woman. I am again, I a as non-superhero guy. I want to see gameplay. I, I game think it's got a ton of potential. The nemesis system being confirmed to be in there. The confirmation from WB that this is remaining a single player um, experience, not games as a service. They're not you know, going that route with it. I want to see what they do with Wonder Woman and the nemesis system. It's got so much potential. We talked about it still just last week, I think, uh, when we kind of, thought about who could uh who could some of her nemesis be what you know bosses wise what what are her um villains uh looking like we looked them up on uh wikipedia and stuff so i i want to see wonder Woman. i want to see what uh monolith can do with them uh with her and uh is it monolith no it's not monolith is it yeah it's monolith right uh yeah it's mon it's, it's monolith yeah the monolith yeah so i want to see what they do i want to see the nemesis system come back uh it's been a while since we've had it so uh yeah uh i'm looking forward to wonder woman as well yeah, no, Wonder Woman gets me is is definitely hype for me, mainly because of the Nemesis system. Uh, the other thing, too, that I will say, talking about, we were talking about Suicide Squad earlier, I think their depiction of Wonder, Wonder Woman is is A1. Nice. Um, and, my per, and, I, I, and I hope it's something similar. I think Wonder, Wonder Woman and Suicide Squad is an example, um, especially from the trailers. I think she's a good example of <laughs> you can have a, a good looking character, a strong feeling character and not be over sexualized per se. Um, I think that they did a good example of that with, with her still being uh, pretty attractive and whatnot. So that, I think that's really dope. And hopefully uh, Monolith is able to carry that over um, with their version of Wonder Woman, giving you um, different outfits that you can wear. Again, I, I have to give them, nothing but the benefit of the doubt just because of what they've done with the uh shadow of mordor and shadow of war games uh what they've done with the lord of the rings ip i'd imagine that they're going to do with wonder woman and if i can get two games out of wonder woman that are about a character that i have that i didn't really care about before to be honest like especially when you saw the justice league back in the day like wonder woman was like she was cool because she was the, the like the main chick of the group but you weren't watching that because of her. You were watching because of Batman. You were watching it because of uh, a Superman, of uh, Martian Manhunter, of uh, the Flash, of the you know all the Green Lantern. There was all these other key integral characters, and they did introduce a lot of people later. And I'm not saying that Wonder Woman was completely irrelevant. It's just not. She's not one of those that you could typically think about first when you think about DC and whatnot. And hopefully, they bring it to the forefront. So for sure, my generation who grew up on linda carter as wonder woman oh yeah yeah i love he thinks of wonder woman yes okay i grew okay. up on wonder woman linda carter 
The show was freaking amazing. I remember watching it as a kid, man. See, that's that's the difference. And then we had I, uh, I grew up in Justice League, we, so yeah, I wouldn't know. Yeah, but then we also had the early we we had the early cartoon, right, with Wonder Woman as well and the invisible jet and all that kind of stuff. So we did we did have a lot of Wonder Woman back in the day okay. for those of us that are old like me. So Wonder Woman has always been out of okay. the DC characters up so there, know. right? Yeah, for sure. So no, that's, yeah. that's pretty dope. Yeah, that's I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, I, I like I, I came in that Justice League era, so it's like I didn't yeah. really see her outside of she was around somebody else, typically Superman and Batman. Um, I do think I do think of her as like the main part of the crew i don't think of her like, like somebody weak or anything like that i've seen her plenty of times hold their own so it's like it's it's just really interesting she's very combat focused also which gets mm -hmm. me excited i mean if like out of all the characters of course she is if there's somebody like comparable to batman that i would like to play with that is also but has like that strength of superman because she's went toe-to-toe -to -toe with superman before uh i think wonder woman does definitely represent that pretty well so girl power it's gonna be pretty cool to see um Absolutely. Lydian Master, member for one month. Shout out to Lydia. Appreciate you coming through. LSS with Stealing Pong is the best. Keep it up, Jets. Appreciate you for being a member. Uh and uh, we, we try we try our best. As long as we can keep that live, raw, and uncut energy for you. I think we're I think we're definitely good to go. Um, but yeah, man. So Game Awards is definitely gonna be an exciting time. I'm excited. Um yeah. outside of all the other stuff behind the scene, until we get somebody else uh that does a show that does represent us in a better light i do again i want to reiterate i do feel like keely out of everybody else in our community uh in the communities i should say is at least bringing the attention that we're kind of looking for now again you still got to sift through some of that attention uh because it does bring in some of the negative stuff but yeah. hate watching love watching whatever you whatever you're doing there is going to be more eyes which causes more conversation, which causes, uh, you know, better things to happen and more open conversation to be had throughout the community. So I think that's that's going to be a good time. And, and we should also mention late last night too. Steel came out that Sega sent out teases for the Game Awards. Yeah, true. Sega sent out teases to certain influencers and people uh, within the media that uh, they sent them a card uh, in an envelope uh, that said new era, new energy. Make sure to tune into the Game Awards December 7th. So Sega's bringing something and they're I, I, when you said out something like that, like I joked last night, whatever, it was just a new energy drink from Sega. <laughs> like you better come with it, Sega. Like you've got me intrigued as to what this is going to be. Is this going to be their super game initiative that they're finally going to tease something? Is this, I mean, are they going to come back to the hardware sector? Are they going to have something new era new energy like i don't know steel i'm excited again i'm all i will always be a sega head so i mean there is there's definitely is something to be said i um, mean sonic frontiers um seemingly did pretty well um i think that was pretty successful for them um at least the way that sega has kind of made it come across um yeah. was it one of their better selling sonic games it did much better than superstars did apparently uh that's not getting any love so and from what i'm seeing here Apparently, there's supposedly a Sonic announcement expected for next year. So maybe they go for a Sonic Frontiers 2. Oh, um, Sonic go Adventure. put that announcement. Please. I, I hope they do a Sonic Adventure. I honestly hope that they apply so what they did in Sonic Adventure into Sonic Frontiers. Because right. Sonic right. Frontiers does have some of that 
yes, there. Absolutely. But if you, you need to bring you need to bring in more. Bring in the child garden. Bring in more grinding. Yeah. Bring in uh you know more of the, the RPG. The fun side, like the, be fun, the adventure man. side of it for for yeah. sure. Uh yeah, for just sure. to make it be cool as hell. Fit, make it feel like we're exploring that world more so not necessarily yeah. make everything so stage based maybe have some more things in the open world that m- make it feel like you're in a stage but uh, you could kind of divert from it at any point and not to get it wrong i still need to finish uh going through sonic frontiers only ever beat the first like big boss that you run into um and it's had so many updates since so i need to jump in there's probably gonna be the next one on my list that i that i definitely go through or get in uh and finish because uh I, I'm, I'm a sonic kid so uh, but thinking about a Sonic, a new Sonic game being re- announced le- next yeah. year, Sonic 3 is also announced to come out uh, next year, um, if I'm not mistaken, during the holidays, new during Christmas. New era, Steel. New era. Like, they've I mean, already started the-, the new Sonic era, right? But they've started the new Sonic era. Yeah, but so they've it's already- a new era. But but that's what I'm saying. I'm thinking this is bigger, bro. Think new it's bigger? era, new energy. Like yeah, I mean personas I coming to Game Passes could be the new era. That's Atlas. No, but that's Atlas. Atlas does their own. Like Sega, Sega. This is Sega, Sega branded whole. I well, yes, of course it is. It, they're underneath the Sega umbrella, of course. But it's the way that they're promoting this. This is like Sega themselves, man. This is like, are they rebranding? Are they? Are they again? Are they gonna bring out some surprise like the handheld or something to go up against the like? It just seems big, but I don't want to get overhyped for this one because I know it could be something dumb as well, right? It could be something low-key, but I'm excited because, again, Sega's showing up and actually sending out some pre-game awards, uh, you know, invites, pressers saying, hey, be there. That kind of gets me. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of excited for this one, Steel. So, so real quick, I mean, I, I didn't expect for it to to get deep like this, but yeah. I did find an article that says, uh, and this is from techradar.com, uh, that says Sega provides details for its mysterious super game project, which is on track yeah. for a 2026 release. I mean, it doesn't do nothing for 2024, but no, um, no. this, this article saying. was done in the beginning of November of this mm-hmm. year. So mm-hmm. uh, they're going to say that Sega's Curious Super Game Project, originally announced back in 2021, has finally received a brief update from co-chief operator uh, operating officer Suji Otsumi. While we're still not really sure what the project will end up being, we know that it won't be a single upcoming game, but several. With it's Otsumi initially stating that the Super Game Project will involve numerous AAA titles that cross over Sega's comprehensive range of technologies, adding that they'll go beyond the traditional framework of games via VGC. Now, in a recently published annual report, Usumi was able to provide an update for the first title within Sega Super Game Project. It's still not clear as to what this will be, but Usumi stated the company is making steady headway in development of the Super Game that we are seeking to create in the medium to long term, he added. As the name implies, a Super Game involves the concept of a game that stands head and shoulders above normal games. Now... The number one style of game that kind of speaks to me when you think of something that stands head and shoulders uh, above other games is maybe something MMO based, something that's online. What's like what Sega could be doing something with that. Um, finally, uh, Usumi says that Sega plans to create a game that builds a whole world view involving the entire gaming ecosystem, including not only players, but also streamers who stream the game and their viewers. Hmm. 
it's kind of leading down the MMO route for me a little bit right there. I have especially with that announced that statement. While Sega president Yuki Tsujino mentions that Super Game Project won't be a bear fruit until fiscal year ending in March 2026, we can make some educated guesses as to what shape it will take. Utsumi's mention of an ecosystem that involves streamers and viewers brings to mind some form of online oriented experience, potentially one that revolves around a live service model. Again. It's. I feel like it's just loading. It's loading into that, right? Uh, Wizzy says, "I honestly, I would love it to be Final uh, Fantasy Star Online remake because New Genesis was not. It uh, was not that. It was hot ass. I, I, I feel you. I, as someone who didn't get to play that uh, original Final uh, Fantasy Star Online uh, experience, I think that could be could be quite interesting if they ended up doing that. Um, that may not strike you as an immediately great news of it being live service, considering considering Sega recently called canceled extraction shooter Hyenas, which was reportedly its biggest budgeted game ever. We also don't know if the game will leverage existing Sega IP, Sonic the Hedgehog, Like a Dragon, Fantasy Star, etc., or be something all its own. We're still a good bit away from March 2026. Excuse me, so there'll be plenty of time to speculate further as details uh, as details come out and are hopefully released in the near, near future. So, I mean, with that said, I mean, at least with those details, it does give me a little bit more of an idea, like I was mentioning to you guys, of it possibly being a massive multiplayer online game. Um, that just makes the most sense. Uh, every, I do, I do feel like every publisher should have their form of live service game that works for them. Use your IPs to the biggest advantage, um, but make sure that you create a game that has a good cycle within it right you have to get if you're trying to pull in an audience especially if you're going to use an existing ip that's why i mentioned sonic first because sonic is honestly the easiest um ip to use although again with sonic superstars even they said that oh well due to a particular ip releasing at the same time our game released that's why our game didn't do that well and again like the saying goes you release great games people are going to flock Obviously, the game didn't didn't do what it needed to, even in comparison, even in comparison to Mario. And regardless, Sega, Mario's always going to be there and be your direct competitor. For you, you need to start understanding how to use your IP more advantageously, uh, more smart, and definitely and definitely in a smarter manner, so that you can bring, start bringing these to the forefront again. Um, but it does get me excited to see what they could what they could do. I've 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 been a Sega fan since, since I played on the original since I played on the Game Gear. So it's like Sonic is Sonic is my heart. So it's like I'm I'm interested to see what they do, and hopefully it's just it's of quality. So for sure. What what do you, what do you think, Pong? Apparently, uh, there's a mm-hmm. chance that that Sega's new Mega Game is probably going to be. Uh, revolved around a live service model. I was when I think of that, I immediately go to an MMO type of game uh, that Sega could be releasing. Uh, Wizzy mentioned in chat that it could be like a Fantasy Star Online two, uh, kind of like the second iteration of that original Xbox game, I believe it was, um, uh, of the older game, not like the new Genesis kind of thing, uh, but something more um, in that original vein. I mean, I mean, what do you think? They had originally announced that they were looking at crazy taxi and jet set radio and titles like that to bring back underneath this, that this supposedly wasn't going to be just one game that it was an initiative. Uh, this was all when they 
sign the deal with Xbox to help them with like the cloud infrastructure and all that kind of stuff for these types of games. So that was the original. Now, could plans have changed? Of course, plans could have definitely changed internally. It could be one big game. It could be something along the lines of a, of a fantasy star, um, a new you know version of that. Or they could be looking to kind of create this whole, you know, again, crazy tacky as a game as a service. Kind of see how that would work, but I don't know. Uh, Jet Set Radio is obviously a big one. Yeah, coming back. Um, I don't know, Steel. I don't know because it's such a weird way that they announced this whole thing originally and what they were talking about. Like, again, the super giant game initiative or what the hell they called it is it's just such a generic way of of saying that you're trying to think about making a new games as a service or a bigger um you know uh lineup of games as a service right. going forward it's just it's just such a strange thing but this is sega right so i want to see sega come back however it wants to come back and if it, if it means that they're bringing back some of their old ip in different versions again i don't have problems with games as a service so i'll be there to check out something if they come up with some new way to do crazy taxi or jet set radio i'll be there because i want to check out what they're going to do um that's why i'm curious maybe that that's what this is going to be that they're going to tease something at the game awards for this initiative if that if that's the case that could be it um but i you know like you were saying steel that you know sega i i wish they could find i don't know why even though Sonic's extremely popular still, obviously the movies prove that it's, it's beyond, you know, Oh, Sonic's been played out. Sonic's the old generation. Nobody cares about Sonic anymore. That's not, that's been treated. Well. That, that's, all. that's not true. But games wise, why, why when Sega does what Nintendo does and does a classic style Sonic, it doesn't seem to carry the same type of critical acclaim that their Mario's do because quality wise steel, I would say that there has been some high quality, not all of them, but there has Mm -hmm. been some high quality Sonic games, 2d Sonic games that have come out that have leaned into the nostalgia, much like what Nintendo does with Mario and some of their games. I don't understand why that doesn't translate the same way. Um, You know, I just don't, I don't get it, but it doesn't seem like they've ever been able to break through. Then they try to do something different, right? With Sonic and they just can't seem to find the exact formula that they need to pull it off. Like Nintendo did with Mario and all the different iterations that we've gotten with Mario. So it's just like Sega's missing just one thing, like one ingredient seems to be missing from sonic and what they can do with it and i'd love to see him try that's why i say do a sonic adventure call it sonic adventure take everything that you've learned now from all these different iterations that you try with sonic and go back and look at what sonic adventure did well and bring it out as a new sonic adventure like i would love to see that i i would mm-hmm. lo- i think i think that there's a chance there whether or not it hits i don't know but sega's trying that's the thing that I got to say. Sega is trying. Sega has a lot of good things going for it elsewhere. And they are trying to come forward into 2023. They're trying to figure out what they need to put together to be very successful. 
um, in this market now and partnering with Xbox obviously was a big moment for them to help them with that infrastructure, to help them with the cloud stuff. So I'm excited. I, I get hyped. Again, I'll always be a Sega head. So whatever they're going to do, I want to see it. Um, and I want to see what they can... Maybe they bring something brand new, Steel. Maybe they come up with a brand new IP and really blow people's minds with it. Because I think the talent's there, Steel. I think that they've got enough developers in-house. Atlas is thriving at what they do. Um, you know, I, I'd i love to see them try something brand spanking new and to see if they can't find some magic. So we'll see. We'll see, Steel. Um, <laughs> so uh, Oates asked what game is on screen and Ray and <laughs> o answered Jesse B said Elden Ring. Uh, <laughs> no, it's it's not Elden Ring. It's it's Skyrim. It is definitely uh, Skyrim. <laughs> it is still yeah, it heavily modded Skyrim version is what this is. Because <laughs> yes. uh, I wanted to make sure I said something because Oates was like, oh, LOL, I must have forgot what it looked like. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, El no. You, you remember what Elden Ring looks like. No, uh, you're seeing a whole different version of Skyrim here. <laughs> but you, I yeah, don't this recognize is, this game. And still, like, well, I did. There, there are certain things that are still very Skyrim-esque, right? There are certain things that they can't take away that are very Skyrim. But overall, if I just quickly looked at the screen and didn't know what Steel was playing, I would, I would probably scratch my head a little bit too. It's crazy. Yeah, man, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm loving it. It's, it's. I'm, I go to back and look at all the gameplay because some people are doing like some vanilla playthroughs. And I'm looking at what they're playing, and then I look at my game. Well, I look at some older gameplay because uh, there's some things that I got like really stuck on. Yeah. Um, and I'd look at some gameplay just to see how people used to play it, and it was just like, yeah, wow, this is kind of wild. Um, I think the next thing that I want to jump off of, uh, just because it, we got more now news about it this week, or just we're shown more about it this week, um, is Dragon's Dogma Two. Yes, Dragon's yes, Dogma Two, ladies and gentlemen. I'm, I'm going to play some my gameplay for you all in the background here. Dragon's Speaking Dogma 2 um, is ex is extremely high up on the radar currently um, and is actually looking quite phenomenal, if I have to say say at the very least. Um, RE Engine is definitely putting it to work. Ooh. It is actually extremely impressive for what it is. Um, it is definitely, definitely looks leagues and bound better than the first game does. Um, and this is definitely, I do think that Dragon's Dogma is like their version of a Bethesda game, right? Um, that sense of exploration, the sense of wonder, the sense of uh, kind of creating your own uh, story per se, except more anime-esque, right? More giving you more of that Eastern flavor uh, that me and Paul talk about all the time. And it's, some, and it's something that I do tend to favor more so. Um, and as somebody that did, recently get into dragon's dogma i haven't beat it or whatever and after seeing this gameplay i don't think i'm going to go back through and try to play it uh because dragon's dogma 2 just looks like a, a leaps and bound uh transformative game from their first one and looks like it's just going to be extremely impressive i'm excited to play it um the biggest thing that i am kind of let down about hopefully maybe we can get it in a mod or uh something in an update down the line I would love to see some form of co-op come to the game just because exploring that world 
with a buddy when it goes, especially when it gets pitch black and you you and your buddy could be out there darkest night trying to figure stuff out. Y'all both freaking out and run across some big goblin that you guys got to fight. You're climbing all over everything. And I think that would have been really dope to add on to the experience. But it's just as far as a single player game. Um, there's just there's there's a lot that's going on for it. Capcom obviously understands the direction that they're going. It's just what's crazy to me, Paul. I think what's more impressive than anything, and I know a lot of people were impressed about the Shadow of Colossus, and I bring that up very lightly and loosely because I never played Shadow of the Colossus. Maybe that's another game I need to try out. Also, um, I don't know. You got let chat let me know. Shadow of the Colossus is something I should look into. Um, but a lot of people got excited about that kind of thing. Monster Hunter had, has done that same kind of thing too, um, especially Monster Hunter World, uh, where you get this big monster that you get to climb and whatnot, and it gives you that sense of scale per se. And the way that Dragon's Dogma is approaching it, giving you those Monster Hunter feels, being able to climb uh, onto things and just be as adventurous as possible, really take those fantasy elements um, to the next level and get you enthralled in, uh, in what they're trying to present to you. Uh, has me extremely excited. It's a day one play for me. Uh, well, I mean, how did you? How do you feel about Dragons? The Dragons Dogma Two trailer that released this week and some of the additional information that we got from it, Paul. I uh, can't be any more excited for a new RPG um, coming out next year. I think this is this is probably. I'm trying to think. Star Wars Outlaws, Dragon's Dogma 2, um, what else next year? Hellblade 2, Avowed. Mm-hmm. Dragon's Dogma 2 is one or two, I think, for me at this point. It's got to be. Like this, again, I'm going to go back. I'm going to replay Dragon's Dogma again. Um, I'm going to make a full run this time before Dragon's Dogma 2 comes out. I've already got it redownloaded again. I was thinking about picking it up on PC and playing on PC, but... We'll see. We'll see. I might do it there. But Dragon's Dogma 2, every time they show it off, Steel, is just that RE engine is taking. They did a phenomenal job with the old engine uh, back in the day. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even know they didn't use RE engine yeah, before. And if they yeah. weren't using RE engine before and they got this game looking like this with RE, RE is extremely flexible. Yes. Yes. Extremely RE is. Flexible. Yes. Absolutely. That's why we've heard that, you know, we talked about this too, Steel, that there was. Um, some movement that maybe Capcom is looking to start licensing out RE engine um, down the road because RE engine is one of the best performing engines on current gen consoles right now. I like the style uh, that they have. It, love the it. style that they have. I love what they can do with the RE engine, but yeah, though no, this game is looking more and more just phenomenal. Again, not reinventing the wheel steel again, no. taking mm-hmm. what made Dra- dragon's dogma special, which was ahead of its time back when it came out the pawn system never seeing anything like that as a companion system goes an ai controlled companion system the pawn system is still the the original one is still some of the best ai you will ever find as far as companions go it is phenomenal the fact that they're not reinventing wheel the fact that they are just taking and making it bigger and better in Dragon's Dogma 2 with the RE engine, with updating the pawn system, with adding new classes, that trickster class steal looks yeah, dope. Look dope. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Again, for people who don't know, they have what's called vocations, which are classes, right. okay? Classes, but they're, yeah, they call them vocations here. Um, the pawns aren't the only, the only, the, I was disappointed that they said that this was a 
your character could only be a trickster, not the pawns. I was like, oh wow, yo, man. to have that type of support class with a pawn, that I was like, yeah. I was like, yo, because this trickster class is a full support class. They said if you want to take a backseat role during combat, let your pawns go do the heavy lifting on the combat, and all you are is a support class. Trickster class is going to let you do this. It looks freaking so cool, man. Um, you got a smoke sensor. For anybody who doesn't know, you've probably seen um, in some Orthodox churches where they walk down and they have the incense burning. That's mm -hmm. the best way to describe it. That's exactly what this thing is. You're carrying this sensor around with burning smoke and whatever smoke you use will enhance the abilities for your pawns during the play during battle and stuff. So it looks super freaking cool. Plus, you can cast illusions um, and that kind of stuff. That's the type of support role you are. Um I just think that they understand the mission here still with Dragon's Dogma 2. And I think this is an early contender. I'm going to say it right now, early contender for game of the year next year. I think this is going to be up for awards. Uh, barring some catastrophic performance issues, barring some game-breaking bugs, um, barring something that we can't see right now, you know, just absolutely breaking the game in some way as far as it just doesn't work well. I don't see any way you're going to keep Dragon's Dogma 2 away from Game of the Year next year as far as a nomination goes. Uh, this team has set out to raise their own bar. We talked about that with uh, Bethesda and Starfield. They're mm -hmm. raising their bar. And I think that, that now that the fan base is big enough for Dragon's Dogma after all these years. That, that, yeah. This is going to be a big hit next year, bro. This is going to be uh, yeah. one of those games that people are talking about that gets other people who maybe never even experienced the first Dragon's Dogma, There's... but has heard about it. They're mm -hmm. going to have FOMO. They're going to want to jump in. They're going to want to check out what's going on. This is going to be one of those games that could be an experience that a lot of extra gamers outside of the main fan base needs to experience next year. Um, and March 22nd, this was a release date. They finally gave yes, us a release date. Which was crazy. March 22nd. Yeah. First great. half, first quarter of the year. Coming at, we're coming in strong still coming in strong, right. man. Um, so yeah, everybody get ready for dragon's dogma. I will be pre-ordering this one. I will be day oh, one yeah. for dragon's dogma. Oh too. yeah. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Um, still, I just, I can't wait, man. I can't wait. Combat looks fantastic. Man. It looks the special effects on the spells looks ridiculous. Like everything is just looking so good here. I ooh, man. Can't yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm extremely, crazy. I'm extremely excited about they it for Smash sure. Travel system. They got they they already had talked about the cart system, right? Still, where you could right. use the cart. You could travel by cart, you could fast travel, or you could take the long route by using the cart. Um, and you could have things happen to you along the way while you're riding in this cart scenario right now they also talked about you're going to have some type of uh stone fast travel system where you can um you know you can set these stones or you can find these stones and you can fast travel between those points as well by casting um so they're setting this up to play how you want to play uh experience how you want to experience this game that's the way the first dragon's dogma was you could wind up in some bad areas in dragon's dogma like they didn't cap like level cap like they didn't tell you no like, you're yeah, walking into a dangerous the area yeah, don't have numbers just, on their heads. <laughs> no, you could just walk into a very bad area and get put into a very bad spot if you wanted to, right? Yeah. So this is another one of those games where saves coming is probably going to be come back up in conversation because that's yes. it's it is literally a tradition. It is an RPG and definitely RPG yeah. RPG in that way. That's one thing that Skyrim is teaching me also. Um yes. that hey, you better save your fucking game. Because if you don't, 
um, you're going to yep. lose whatever progression that you just thought that you had. Uh, that happened to me one time. I lost about 20 minutes of progression. I was Ooh, like, yeah. and I thought of, when I died and I thought about it, I was like, yeah. bro, I'm, I'm about to, I'm about to go all the way back. Aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. So now I'm, I'm quick save. I'm, I'm, I'm quick save. Um, quick save and, and, and doing a regular save just to make sure nothing breaks. Uh, but yeah, um, definitely excited for Dragon's Dogma 2, uh, was way out of, was way, uh, exceeded my expectations in many ways. So, um, in the pawn system, yeah, uh, I, who was it? Nom says, uh, so the pawns are about that smoke. That that's exactly yeah. what it is. And oh, you can adjust their playstyles and everything too. Uh, so that's something else to consider. Another thing that too that does kind of add to the co-op element of it is that the pawns you can be based off of people on your friends list, right? Um, so you do who have they created that. as a pawn? Yes, you hire right. those pawns. You can hire pawns from other people. Right. And the people that you hire those pawns from get get gold and stuff from you using those pawns so there is a little bit of that too where you want to level up your pawns and get them to a point where people are wanting to play with your pawns like that there's a whole other game within that game but yes the pawns whether you have them as your main combatants or you have a mix of combatants and you know let's say you mix them with tanks and you have healers on your your pawns the again the ai is so good that they're beyond useful. Like I said, the pawns in the first Dragon's Dogma, I have a high-level healer pawn with me at all times. They will just be healing you even when you don't need heals. Like, that's how, mm -hmm. like, they are, like, on top of it. Like, mid-battle, they see you down halfway on your health. You better best believe if they're, if their cooldown's over with, they're healing you. Like, they're going, you're going to get a lot of benefit from these pawns. It is the closest thing to having actual people co-oping with you. Um, yeah. as far as I've seen yet, like this is the best example. And they said that they've improved it even further. And from what we saw when they were showing off the trickster, uh, vocation steel, the way those did. pawns were coordinating attacks on the enemies while you were standing back, casting illusions and casting support spells for your, it looked like you were playing with real people. Like it was that good. I can't wait, man. It's gonna be so damn fun. God. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna be a really good time. Um. All right. The next thing we can kind of get into here. Um, wait, wait. Still, before we move oh, on, real quick, got, I gotta, got, I gotta bring this article. I just hell happened to see this article about Dragon's Dogma Two from oh, okay. uh, Rock Paper Shotgun. They're pretty good. They're pretty good. <sighs> They can. This is from Edwin Evans Thurwell. He's the oh, what are you saying? Editor. Oh, you sound concerned. Oh, God. What Published happened? November 30th. Okay, so this is a oh, recent God. article. A couple days ago, so, okay. So the title is, Capcom wants you to buy Dragon's Dogma 2 for $70. We didn't mention that, by the way. This will be their first It is a $70, $70 game. It is a $70 game. And yeah, I probably wouldn't. What? Why? Yeah. Okay. Let that? me read this real quick. Well, let me let me. Uh, you got the link. Uh, send me yeah, a link yeah, real quick me, so I can pull it yeah, up. Yeah, send your link. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me let me do that for real you. Real quick, real quick. Just so the people yeah. can see it too. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. Like, why are you trying to convince me? Well, convince this is not? where we this is where we get into that discussion, Steel, about you know obviously value will always be in the eye of the beholder, but I want to. I, I mean, I make this point all the time. Don't yeah. don't get in. Don't have try to have an argument with me whether a, a single yeah. player game should be worth seventy dollars or not. I, I, I'm gonna tell you every time. But no, it's not because it doesn't have multiplayer yeah. connected. But I'm very sure. jaded in that too. So, but but um, yeah, you're gonna yeah. turn around and buy Dragon's Dogma too, day one, right? Yeah, exactly. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I do enjoy my <laughs> right. I, I enjoy my single player game. 
know what I mean? Yeah, and I think I open world games are again. This discussion had come up recently too, but whether because uh, our boy over at Take Two, you know, brought up um, Strauss brought up yep. the fact that there was a conversation that again, context being everything, it wasn't exactly like this, but you could take his words to mean that he thought you should play based upon the amount of hours. Yeah. I thought that was game. dumb as hell. Uh, I, I, I got what he was saying, dumb. but yeah. no, that was the dumbest shit I ever heard in my life. You right. want me, a, if I put a hundred hours into the game, I should be charged yeah. for the literally the right. hour. No, you should just make a good product right. because you're making leaps and bounds. The type, the type of money that you're making anyway, if you weren't, if you weren't as overly critical about selling your game at a certain price, and I think this is just the problem with the industry overall, if they weren't so concerned about selling their games at a certain price and instead yeah. more so focused on the value that they're providing you, Correct. and then you provide me additional content that I could invest into, like yeah. cosmetics is the easiest. I don't think yeah. cosmetics should be $20, but... Oh cosmetics is the easiest whereas it's like hey if that looks good of course if, if you bring me cosmetics even in a single player game like dragon's dogma and the cosmetics look good i mean no i still want the game the base game to have good cosmetics like call of duty is a good example call of duty should have good military based cosmetics all the characters should have uh, spec ops all the characters should look kind of cool military wise but I don't see what would be the problem outside of the base game. You bringing in characters like Lilith, like Narius, like um, <laughs> freaking uh, Skeletor. I don't see that problem because, again, you're just adding on to the experience. They're not part of the core game, and they're more so for multiplayer, if anything. And it just gives you an additional thing to invest into, right? And you just... And it's your choice to invest back into that game. That shouldn't be part of the base game because Skeletor isn't from the military, right? He didn't have guns back when he was created. It's just as an example, but my, my, my fault, go ahead. No, 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 no. I think that this definitely lends to the, the conversation that we've obviously had. Again, I feel, I don't, if I want to play a game, if game looks good to me, right? I will, even if it's a short game, I won't have a problem paying the asking price, right? If it's a game that I'm interested in. Um, open world games, I will say inherently in my head, open world games that I know I could potentially put 40, 60, 80, 100 hours into plus, does that have a perceived value to me? Absolutely, especially if it's a game that I want to play. Am I more likely to look at a $70 price point? for a dragon's dogma too and say, yeah, I'm going to get my money's worth out of it. Absolutely. Does that mean a shorter game, a more focused game? Like let's say the outer worlds, right? Would I feel like I got less value? No, not necessarily, but there is some of that mind. There is some of that psychology behind it, right? There is some of that and it's going to be different for everybody. So let me read this. This article is relatively short here, but there's a couple interesting points here. So, uh, it goes on to say Capcom's fantasy action RPG Dragon's Dogma 2 will sell for $69.99, $70. If you disregard the usual deduct one cent fool silly left to the right readers into thinking it's significantly cheaper gambit. I hate when people write like this, but anyways, it doesn't matter. That's just it's style preference. Uh, when it releases in March, 2024, if you're in the UK, that figure currently is uh, $53 and 98 cents uh, euro on steam it is the first time Capcom 
or I should say pounds, excuse me, they're back on pounds again, is the first time Capcom have sold the base edition of a game for $70 in the U.S. of A and follows comments this September from a Capcom executive that video games are priced too low these days based on how much games cost to make. That's $70 for the base game again. There's also a deluxe edition of Dragon's Dogma 2 which, with cosmetics and a gallery of music and sound assets that will sell for $80 or £65.98 uh, pounds on Steam. See uh, all that for yourself on the store page. Uh, it's far from the first game to break the $70 barrier. That's first thing that caught my eye about this. Why are we focused on Dragon's Dogma 2 when $70 games have been around since pretty much the beginning of the generation? Certain publishers decided to move to $70. Like, I don't know why this is all of a sudden a thing again, but anyways, um, Sony's God of War Ragnarok and Warner's uh, Gotham Knights went for similar sums, and it sounds like Capcom have been weighing the benefits of making the jump for a while. Like, he he wrote this paragraph right here. It's far from the first game to break the $70 barrier. Sony's God of War Ragnarok and Warner Brothers Gotham Knights went for similar sums. There's been 100 games plus now this generation that are $70. Again, there was a lot of publishers, but he's acting like Dragon's Dogma 2 is a, is a handful. It's a way that this is written. It's really weird. Is a, is a handful of $70 games. No, this has become the norm. COD, all the 2K games, Madden's. Almost all the games. Go down, yeah. All the games have become $70 like at this point, but he's, act, he's writing this as if this is... I, I just don't understand. Anyways. Um, Wake her up. Um, development quote development costs are about a hundred times higher than they were during the Famicom era, but software prices have not gone up that much. Capcom president, uh, Harua, uh, Sujimoto asserted during this year's Tokyo game show is reported by Nike and passed on by Kotaku quote. There is also a need to raise wages considering the fact that wages are rising in the industry as a whole. I think raising unit prices is a healthy option for the business elsewhere in the TGS presentation. Sujimoto uh, suggested that the publishers can get away with raising prices even during economic, rough economic times because people need their creature comforts. Quote, just because there's a recession doesn't mean you won't go to a movie theater or go to your favorite artist concert, he noted. High quality games will continue to sell, end quote. Is Dragon's Dogma 2 a high quality game? I enjoyed what I played, uh, played of it a month or two back but I also found it extremely familiar, whether in terms of aesthetics, the RPG classes, or the core loop of starting unwinnable fights with griffins and letting your hapless AI pawn accomplices take the fall. The diehard fan deference to, of the game's familiarity is that Dragon's Dogma should have been the one that director Hideki Atsuno wanted to create before he had to scale back his pitch to ally skepticism from Capcom executives. Speaking as somebody who loved the original Dragon's Dogma, its Dark Arisen Expanded Edition is still one of my Switch's, Switch regulars. I'm less convinced yeah. by this argument. I'd rather play something that feels like a sequel to the wonderful game Itsuno did work on than its overdue redemption arc. I certainly wouldn't pay 50 pounds for Dragon's Dogma 2 based on what I've seen to date. Here, this, this is the part that caught me, Steel. Okay. So this is a guy that once again, I don't know what's going on with certain gamers. I feel that there is an ex there is a certain group of gamers that have been that have become extremely jaded towards this hobby. Oh, by the way, the map's four times the size of the original correct. Game. 
correct steel like this information and this was november 30th article so all the information that we you and i know that everybody else knows that's been following dragon's bunch he knows this Mm -hmm. it feels like there's a very jaded section of this community towards the hobby in general Mm -hmm. where was this article i went back and checked his other articles he didn't write this article about spider-man 2 Hmm. okay i could say those yeah those exact same those exact same things apply right actually more quite literally than (laughs) the comparison he's making here i i don't understand this let's pick and choose games to start coming down on for being more of what the original was which is exactly what i want in my sequels but there seems to be this core group the point core group of of this community that seemingly think that the wheel does need to be reinvented otherwise we're going to come down on it Like, I don't understand if you were a fan of the first one and you're getting more of the first one in the second one with obviously upgraded. Yeah, better combat, better better, graphics. Better mechanics, better better graphics, better all of this stuff. Literally. Why would you say if, why would you say you aren't even willing to spend 50 pounds plus for this? On this game specifically. I don't understand that. It goes on it goes on to say that's a judgment about one game, of course, rather than commentary on the broader point, uh, broader point about pricing versus production costs, which where to start. Game developer published a feature in, on the subject in December last year, arguing that the key problem is diminishing returns from exorbitantly costs costly new graphics techniques one way of making savings could be to cut some of the executive okay. salaries according to january 2022 report i i let me yeah. stop you right there real yeah. quick it's, it's it's the end of the article anyways Go ahead. well like arguing that the key problem is diminishing returns from exorbitantly costly new graphics techniques you guys do not box ship games to store the way that you did it a decade ago. So what in the entire hell are you talking about? Well, and there's a bigger base of fans now that play video games. There's there's so there's microtransactions. There's there's deluxe editions. There's all this stuff that we didn't have back then games that we talked about. Steel never yeah. adjusted for us yeah. going di- more digitally. Matter right. of fact, we're over seventy five percent digital in well, game in the gaming entertainment. Well, well they did on PC, Steel. They did on PC. Oh yeah, that's kind of permanent. That's that's kind of like right. That's what I'm saying. Game, on PC, we can get games cheap, right? Oh yeah, oh we yeah, can oh, get yeah, games yeah. cheap. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We have sales on consoles, oh, but yeah. nowhere's near what we have over on PC. No, on PC, the games make sense. Like you getting a game yeah. again. I think forty nine ninety nine for a game is reasonable. I think that makes for what we do not get anymore. I think that makes sense. Now I'm not in business. I don't make games. I'm not here to tell anybody what they feel like it should be worth or whatever the case. But if we're going to, again, get into this conversation about, Oh, well graphics and it takes more and all these different things, but then also ignore the technology advancements that we have gained. Also ignore the things that we have lost. Also ignore that you literally do not have a game case in most cases that you're pulling that game out of. 
along with you're not getting a uh, the uh, the guidebook anymore inside that case. You're not getting any extra goodies inside that case. All the things that we used to be look forward to that really enhanced our gaming experience because it was like a thing. It's like you just got a brand new book. That's the that's what I used to compare gaming to. It's like you 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 bought a brand new book except the contents of the book is a CD that you can put into a, a system or a, some other device. And now you're playing the book, right? Like that's how I perceived it. The fact that you took away the book from me and just now I, it is kind of unfortunate, but now instead of having to go buy the book and it's hardcover or whatever the case, now I'm just getting the contents. I'm just getting the pages from the book and that could be inconvenient for some people because I'm getting, you're now getting the contents on a tablet, on your computer, on your hardware, some form of hardware. Where, when are we going to account for the things that we lost? And then you, and then we constantly get told about, Oh, well, it costs more to make games. Oh, you want good graphics. It costs more to do that. I, I, I hear you. I get that. But we never talked about the difference and what changed and and that's never and I, at least i haven't at least seen it i've never seen a genuine conversation about how that has impacted the gaming industry and what kind of goes into that and how if that frees up money if it doesn't free up money it's just kind of crazy to think that oh you spent all this uh you used to spend all this money marketing and putting your games um on the shelf and now that money, just all the money that you used to spend on that is spent on the games that you make now, although you take longer to make games and you have more technology at your disposal to make part of the cost games. And you, you guys have decided to, in a lot of ways, blow oh. games. You guys have decided to, um, again, we talked about this. I think there's, there is going to be a reckoning point where publishers cut back on the amount of money for AAA budgets especially mm -hmm. that they do pull back and say you've got they to should. do more with less you've got to figure out yeah. De devs back in the day again they used a lot of tricks and they found a lot of magic because they had to dig deep to get their vision together in in limited uh, more limited budgets in more limited time like they had to work extra hard and of course a part of that was crunch which again has you know Again, yeah, Whatever side you fall on, sure, it's become a, it's, it's become a massive point. But again, eventually, I think there's going to be a reckoning. But at the same time, Steel, as you've been bringing up, as we've talked about, a lot has changed in the industry since back then, since the Famicom days. Like, yeah, you guys have a much, much bigger audience than you had back in the Famicom days. You guys have a lot more ways that you make money off of games nowadays than you ever did before. Like there, there is the cost to produce the game itself because as Steel just brought up physically has mm -hmm. been reduced dramatically since it's mostly digital sales now, 70% plus in most areas. Mm -hmm. That has all changed. But you guys never bring any of that up. And again, the buying power of the pound and dollar versus back then is completely different as well. So there's all these factors that never get brought up in these conversations. I just think overall, I just hear a lot of these writers in the media that are just super jaded individuals when it comes to this hobby like Takato said in the chat entitlement is another big thing that Steele and I've talked about in the past on here as well that people nowadays 
come off as if they don't enjoy this at all. Like that yeah, this is yeah. like, and I understand it's your job and that does, t- but you chose this job. I understand that maybe you never thought you were going to be in games journalism. I've spoken about that. There's a bunch of new generation journalists that never ever in their life thought they would be in games journalism, hate that they're in games journalism because they think lesser of the community. They think lesser of the entertainment form. And you can tell by the way that they write, that is mm-hmm. completely 100% obvious, but there's an older faction of journalists now and of old older faction of gamers too that have been playing for like as long as I have been that just don't seem to like this hobby. There is, we criticize, we talk about things that we think that games could have done differently. We do that all the time, but it feels like that there's just some overall, like again, with this article specifically, why it caught me off guard steel was okay, fine. I'm, I'm all for you to say you don't want to spend $70 on this game, that, that you sure. don't believe that it's worth your time. I talk about that all the time. Again, plenty of games that I will wait for sales that I wouldn't pay full price for. That's fine. You can say that. But for your complaints to be that this felt familiar to a game that you claim is a favorite, again, this is this is the, the argument it's that actually I heard slept around. on, by the way. Yeah, I just, I, I like... <laughs> So you love the first game and you're getting more of the first game that you supposedly loved, but for some reason that's now a negative. To me, it just sounds like you're just not excited by gaming anymore. You're just not excited. Maybe that's completely false, but I just don't see how those two match up together. If you are a fan of something and somebody is bringing more of that, but also making it better as you can visibly see, and an experience from everything they've shown us that they are just making all of what you thought was good, even better, but that's not worth it to you. Like I have a hard time, you know, again, value is going to be in the eye of the consumer. It's always going to be individual. It's going to be taste, but I don't know how you kind of get those two together. That that seems like oil and water to me. Um, I just don't agree with this at all, but again, it is what it is. It's his opinion. I no, saw that I mean, conversation. again, he brought the economics yeah. up into it from Capcom's point of view. Listen, whatever. Again, okay. the article, the paragraph was written weird where he's acting like Capcom is now one of a handful of devs and publishers doing this, that there's only been a few yeah. examples of games that hit 70. We're, we jumped that shark a long time ago, folks. Like $70 is the new norm. When we get a game that's 50 or $60, we go, oh, oh, it's not even full price anymore. We consider 70 full price at this point. That's I mean, yeah. how many games this generation have come out and how many publishers and de- hundreds of games have come out. This generation is $70. The way he wrote this article, he was like, oh, Capcom's joining the $70 club. I can't believe Capcom didn't join the $70 club before now. Holy shit. Like, that's crazy. Like, because everybody else has been doing it. So, yeah. It's a strange article. I mean, again, it's, 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 the, it's the new standard. I, I mean, I definitely think it's an interesting article. And anybody is welcome to um, their own critiques and criticism. Yeah. That's how he feels. That's yeah. how he feels. That's yeah. cool. Um, but we're come, but we definitely want coming from the perspective of like I I don't get where you're coming from, though, as far as that goes. Yeah. And if you're not, again, it's it for me. <laughs> I got to somebody in the community about that this week too. Uh just just giving them how I felt about what what was going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it's about the consistency of it, man. Like, if you're going to say one, if you're going to do this thing, then let's be consistent about other things that um, that you could apply that same type of ideal to, right? Um, 
you also have to be extremely honest with yourself. And if you are a fan of the game and, t- and say that, hey, well, Dragon's Dogma was also extremely niche and literally nobody knew of this game. Like, or, v- or very few people, I, at least at me, felt like, especially f- knew about this game. I think when I looked at the sales for Dar- Dragon's Dogma, there were like oh, right over a million. Mm-hmm. 1.5 or something like that. So it's it like totally for you- different from Capcom. It was totally oh, different yeah, from it's, Capcom. It's, and nobody knew what to expect. Like I said, it right. didn't catch on until later. Dark Arisen really pumped it up. Once the Dark Arisen version came out, then people started actually investing in it and going, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was not expecting this. Like it is, it it mm-hmm. was incredibly ahead of its time and it was lost because that was during the time when there was oblivion, you know, hitting its stride fall. We had all these big games come out, these big RPGs, and this didn't fit the mold either way. Steel again, as had I to described it, it's a Western RPG made with that Eastern flair and it was different man it was just different it's got similarities to a lot of different games but people didn't realize how good the pawn system was either until they played it and then they realized like it was just it was unique and i feel like i feel like it's a it's a blend of dark of uh souls games and in some skyrim Correct. correct correct And because some exploration's sure. there, but then you got the hardcore, you got the night, which oh, is yeah, really night play. in that game, which most games never pull off. It's again, if you don't have a lantern, if you don't have a light spell, you get caught out in the dark, you ain't seeing shit. No, it's it, not it's, like it's oh, kind of annoying, but <laughs> it, well, it can be annoying, but it's a yeah. it's a mechanic within the yep. game that they did purposely that works, that adds to that atmosphere that absolutely does give you a sense of dread if you are caught out in the dark, not only because you know you're going to be lost unless you can find some type of landmark. You're like, oh, or you can see because yeah, there's no map torches. either. That was the other. Th- no, well, there's a map, but it doesn't tell you where map. you're at. No, or you can see some torches from a town gate off in the distance and you're like, okay, I know it can head that way, but then you can fall off a freaking cliff. So, you know what? It is it is a mechanic yeah, sure. that maybe not everybody appreciated at the time, but now you got to appreciate it. So, it, it is crazy. Yeah. It is crazy. I'm I'm inter- I'm I'm definitely I'm definitely yeah. interested yeah. in it, man. Shout out, shout out to Dragon's Dogma and everything that they showed this week. Um and again, you know, people's opinions, we'll see how it releases. I think it's going to be uh, the best prime opportunity for them uh to really to hit it off big, so. Yeah. Um I think another uh small thing that we can get into here um is Sony Interactive Entertainment PlayStation announcing it signed a strategic global business partnership with Korean MMO giant NCSoft. Now, uh, I mean, Pong, like, how do Wait, you first feel, of all, it wasn't Nexon. It, was, it wasn't Nexon Steel, as as IGN was reporting. Uh, no, it's not. It's not. It's not oh. Nexon. By the way, um, oh, just another, yeah. just a, just NCSoft. Nexon is not the same thing. Just, just another mistake. Just another mistake. It's, it's, it's not. They're they overworked make, over there, man. They, they don't, they don't make mistakes over there, man. <laughs> They're overworked, man. They're understaffed, man. Happens. Ah, uh, anyways, yeah. NCSoft, huh? Yes, 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 yes. Yes, but NCSoft getting getting brought in with Sony. Uh, a lot of people have been kind of discussing this back and forth, uh, trying to decide what the implications are on this. And I'm going to be pulling this article from SonyInteractive.com. So Sony themselves. Um, to start with so let me get in here and put this up for you guys jim ryan was looking good in the white t-shirt man god man 
I tell you we had what, a Jim Ryan sighting, man. We had a you Jim can Ryan tell that sighting. he's re- that he is on his way out of the door, bro. Uh, you can definitely. <laughs> bro, he literally, like I said last night, it looks like he rolled out of bed. They made the phone call and said, "Jim, we're doing a deal with NCSoft. You're still the you're still the face. You're still the head. You got to be there. You got to sign the docs." And he rolled out of his hotel bed and put on the first thing that was clean, bro. And it was a white t-shirt and he just rolls in there to show up. The NC soft guys all dressed up. There's Jim Ryan in a white t-shirt. Fucking yep. crazy, man. Fucking Fucking crazy. Insanity. Honestly. <laughs> um, but so um, this is coming from Sony Interactive.com. So Sony themselves. Uh, NCSoft, the global premier developer and publisher today, announced that it has signed a strategic global business partnership with Sony Interactive Entertainment. The two companies' CEOs, Taijin Ty, Kim of NCSoft and Jim Ryan of SIE, have met and jointly signed the partnership. Under the partnership, NCSoft and SIE will collaborate in various global business fields, including mobile. Make sure to put that on the Sony's official site as well, by the way. Um, The two companies are evaluating a range of potential opportunities with an aim to foster strategic synergy, leveraging NCSoft's technical prowess and SIE's global leadership in the entertainment field. This partnership with SIE is the beginning of our efforts to build various synergies together, utilizing both companies' core competencies, technology capabilities, and expertise, said Taikan Jim. Taikan Jin Kim, excuse me, say his whole name, president and CEO uh, at NCSoft. He added, we will never, we will deliver a new and enjoyable experience to our audience across and beyond genres and regions. Partnering with NCSoft advances our strategy to expand beyond console and broaden PlayStation's reach to a wider audience. I wonder why we didn't use this in our conversations this week, huh? For those people out there that really love the uh, the console war conversations, huh? Partnering with NCSoft advances our strategy to expand beyond console and broaden PlayStation's reach to a wider audience. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Not like Jim. It's not like Jim hasn't said that before, Stu. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. It's not like he hasn't said that before. Uh, he says, like SIE, NCSoft shares a similar vision in creating high quality, impactful, entertaining uh, entertainment experience for players everywhere. And together, we are excited to collaborate to push the boundaries of gaming further. Um, so real quick about NCSoft, this is a good breakdown because it goes over the games that they're most recognized for. I was going to do that just to bring it up so people know. Uh, what they're whether where they're coming from <laughs> ncsoft headquartered in pongil korea again this is an area that we've been talking about xbox getting into um is jumping into korea so there's more people uh, again that's there's a lot of talent coming from there um but is the world's premier publisher and developer of massively multiplayer online games including including the critically acclaimed lineage aeon blade and soul get uh guild wars franchises as well as the numerous casual games with approximately five thousand employees worldwide ncsoft aims to provide fun for everyone everywhere in the world yeah let me tell you about ncsoft outside of guild wars uh guild wars 2 at least from what i know um and i haven't played guild wars 2 so i can only come guild wars 2 is probably their their best game out of all the games that they have all the other games, I mean, and even Guild Wars 2, uh, I believe, has a lot has some of this in it. Not as bad as their, and it, it egregious as their other games. Another big one that they have coming is Throne in Liberty, um, which isn't announced here, which Sony is kind of, that being one of their biggest games, I, I'd imagine you'd want to put that 
on your main website when you're talking about NCSoft. But anyway, um, that's just a personal gripe for me. But um, they have traditionally been known to scalp the shit out of people. Literally create games that are paid to win. Um, for me, that's another conversation that has happened uh, this week is uh, the whole pay to win aspect. I saw uh, Asma Gold talking about that. And this is it's really interesting to see Sony cut this deal with NCSoft, especially with the type of history that they have. Um, sure, they can make MMOs, and that's great, and you do need that as far as your service games go. Maybe they will be the ones to help you figure out what you need to do with factions. I, I, I don't know. Uh, maybe you need Bungie and NCSoft to tell you, hey, these are the things that you need to do to make sure that your service games are going to be successful. But to me, and from what I've seen from the communities for NCSoft, the community is not really excited about NCSoft in most cases because of that kind of pay-to-win methodology. Um, pay-to-win is a very concerning thing for me. Um, pe different people have different aspects of it. Um, real quick, pay-to-win for me is simply paying for power. If you're paying for power, mostly it applies in when you have PvP. Uh, although I can understand it being an issue in PVE games because you want it to be as balanced as possible. You want people to understand that they can get to a certain level um, through just playing the game versus, oh, you have to spend $100 to be competitive. I don't like the idea of that. That's pay to win, right? You shouldn't be able to pay to be at the top of the line in any game. That makes absolutely no fucking sense to me. A game is supposed to be about you playing the game. There's another one too, I'm looking at the list here, is Project Triple L, which is a game that I am extremely excited about because of the gameplay style that it is. It's more of like a, has some extraction elements in there, has some, uh, definitely some MMO elements in there, has some battle royale elements in there. Project Triple L, let me see if I can get that up on screen for you guys, just in case you haven't seen it. It's a really dope looking game. Is This is definitely something that I would be right up sony's alley so i understand i just hope that playstation is able to see what ncsoft has done on the mmo level and say hey maybe we won't be as aggressive or hey we need to make sure that these games don't come across pay to win because we don't want to foster ecosystem uh, when we look over to xbox that people look at us like oh we already have this pay to play kind of thing or um, Sony for the payers kind of thing going on in the background. If we did this, it would add on to that for the payers kind of mantra, which we don't necessarily want. So hopefully for NCSoft, this is an opportunity for them to do something um, that's not as aggressive um, as far as like charging people to pay for power and things like that. So that's the biggest concern, uh, but it is interesting as um, for them reaching further into the live service elements and making sure that they kind of put people within their warehouse um, that can support that future. I mean, so, I mean, what are you thinking about this deal with NCSoft? What have you heard, Pong? How do you feel? Um, and do you agree with me that this, obviously they're moving further. And again, I just reiterated it twice also that this is a play for the future. Of course. But I, I, how are you feeling? About, how are you feeling about this deal? 
it's it's a good move for Sony's part. I mean, again, you know, you look at the numbers. I, Guild Wars Two is one of those games that nobody talks. I played Guild Wars back in the day. I actually played the first. Did Lou? Nobody talks away. about it. Literally. Nobody talks yeah. about it. But they've got like eight, like between fifteen and eighteen million players. There's like four hundred thousand yeah. people play every it's month. Just, like it's it's stupid. Like it's dumb. It's one of those games. But anyways, NC Soft. Give credit where credits due. Again, this is nothing surprising to us. I'm again you know what energy you're going to get playstation's doing what they need to do to look down the road they are behind in a lot of ways to xbox because xbox is preparing for this because they moved in a different direction and started trailblazing towards the digital future towards the mobile future towards the cloud future long before playstation well i mean playstation had thought about it they bought things like gaikai and all that kind of stuff but they never did anything to start really investing in that area because they were resting on their laurels we talked about this so Mm -hmm. the energy i'm going to give is that this is a good move this is a move steal that into an area again in Korea that we have been pounding the table for steel saying yeah. that the talent in Korea is the next hotspot for video games. If Xbox isn't making moves in Korea, they are making a giant mistake. I understand that they still want Japan. They want to make moves there. It, We've talked yeah. about it. I get it. That's the fatherland. That's the homeland. Like that's, that's an important place still for video games, but, Xbox has to know, and I believe they do. Again, Sarah Bond and Phil have made so many trips over there. They have to continue to make moves. And what Sony's doing is leveraging their popularity in their their region that they're obviously very powerful in still. Obviously, Nintendo is too as well. But they're making moves and partnerships into Korea because Korea is the next big talent pool to be tapped into. We've already seen it. It's not like it's hidden. It's not like it's under the radar. If you follow gaming and you know gaming, you know that the talent pool in Korea is blowing up. Right. And China is next. Now, China is a different beast because of the political situation, all that. South Korea is more aligned with the West. Okay, South Korea, obviously. So, again, that's an easier market to move into. Xbox needs to be making moves. So hats off to Sony for doing something that Steel and I've been pounding the table for. Start making those relationships, start solidifying those partnerships over there because it's only going to help you. And with NCSoft. PlayStation is making that play. That's why they highlighted it in the article. That's why they highlighted it when they talk about it, Steel, on their own blog. The mobile sector. NCSoft is going to help them expand PlayStation into the mobile sector. What do we know Microsoft and Xbox are doing? Getting into the mobile. They are going to war with Google and Apple. That just got talked about this week again. That is the next big play. Phil talked about in his interview. They are getting ready, gearing up with their partners to make a move into the mobile store space. We've known about this for a long time. We knew that was a priority number one for them with the ABK deal. Yes, there was a whole lot else in there, but they said it from the get-go. Number one priority, mobile. They needed to get King. They needed to get Call of Duty mobile. They needed to get freaking Diablo Immortal, which is still as much as hate as it got, still rocking and rolling huge numbers. They needed that expertise to go toe-to-toe with Google and Apple. Whether it succeeds or not, we won't know until a couple years, three, five years from now, we'll find out where this all shakes out. But PlayStation isn't dumb either. PlayStation, again, they may have rested on their laurels. They may have fell behind the competition in certain areas when it comes to getting ready for the new future of gaming. But at the same time, they're not dumb. They knew this. Jim came out two years ago, three years ago in that interview 
with gamesindustry.biz and talked about how the console market was capped, how they had to start moving into other markets, that the AAA gaming console space was not sustainable for what they try to do with their games, that they need more revenue coming in from other places. We saw the move to PC. It's been slower than I expected. I thought this to be picking up here, but obviously we've heard that they're trying to work on their own storefront for, for PC. Mm-hmm. But of course, the next big step, the step that everybody talks about that Phil has pointed out, how much money, how many people play on mobile worldwide? We can poo-poo it over here all we want to. We can say, oh, we're mobile, whatever. I'm never playing on my phone. Worldwide, it don't matter. Worldwide, mobile is king. Worldwide, mobile's money is astronomically more than the console and PC space. Okay? So, that, of course, you're going to make these moves. NCSoft brings experience. They bring expertise in that field. That's the one thing we've seen Sony do. Again, mixed results so far. They went and bought overpaid for Bungie to get their expertise. We've talked about that enough. We, we kind of know how that's shaking out right now. So, but they're going to try to gain advantages or try to catch up in those areas by reaching out to partners that they can rely on to try to help them make moves in those areas. NCSoft is a good move, right? It is, it's just a partnership. It's not like they acquired them, it's a partnership, but it is going to help Sony get into that space a little bit more as they move forward. And so I, th- I got to give them the same credit. I would give Xbox if Xbox announced some type of partnership with one of these companies over that and that side of the world, I'd give Xbox all the credit too. I've given them the credit when they have the partnership with Sega was a great move by Xbox. They already had a great relationship with Sega, but that partnership that everybody said, Oh, that doesn't mean anything. They're just helping them with cloud and Azure. Next thing you know, Atlas games are showing up over on Xbox. Okay. I'm just saying there was more benefits to that. PlayStation is going to see benefits from this. Even yeah. if we look at NCSoft's games and go lineage, Guild Wars 2. Okay. Bro, there's still games that are being played a lot. And NCSoft obviously has had much success in that area. NCSoft is still growing and expanding and doing things in this game space because those games that we don't necessarily talk about are still having money spent on them by in a lot of ways. And PlayStation says, hey, we'd like to know how you're doing that. Let's partner up. How can you help us bring some of our games to that mobile sector? Good move. It's a good move on Sony's part. Yeah. I definitely agree. I think it's a good move for them also. Uh, again, I just hope that it definitely does benefit uh, NCSoft in a way that will make their games a bit better for the communities overall uh, so people don't feel so down on it. Yeah. But um, I'd be remiss to say if I'm not, I am extremely excited for Project Triple L. Um, whenever that releases, whenever that yeah. comes out, it looks, great. Uh, looks to be invigorating it looks to be something that's right up my alley again i like people in suits so there you go it's already it's already doing its <laughs> thing um shout to bold alpha Wolfpack with the ten dollar donation he says i think bandai namco is the strongest route to penetrate the east that'll submit xbox in the east mm-hmm. and phil has to shout shout show up at blizzard and say okay who's making starcraft 3 yep. open the gap on playstation and mm-hmm. honestly We'll talk about that with Phil's interview here in a minute, for sure. Yeah, uh, I think yeah. that actually that's a good segue. Let's let's go ahead and dive it because I don't have anything first. Additional. First, hold on. Let's let's uh, Dakota ask questions. Oh, okay. Say, opinion. Do you think they will pull an Epic Store profit split in mobile? We 
already got a glimpse, uh, and I'm assuming you're talking about Xbox, right? Going toe to toe mm. with Google and Apple. We already got a glimpse of what the plans were. I don't know if you guys remember this. This is going back two and a half, three years ago when they first started talking about this. Microsoft came out, Satya talked about this, uh, I believe in an investor call. I want to say, I haven't looked it up. You just brought up the cut. So forgive me if I'm misinterpreting where it was, but I believe it was an investor call where Satya was first talked about them breaking into mobile and also expanding their PC presence, Steel. Steel, I think you'll remember this. If you remember correctly, he talked about slashing their fees across the board on all their stores, Xbox, Windows Store, everything, including a mobile store, if they were going to go that route. He was talking about having some of the lowest fees going, and that's how they were going to go to battle. That kind of went quiet because obviously ABK deal came around. They've been trying to grow Game Pass, all that kind of stuff. I think we're going to hear about that more again, Dakato. I think that Xbox, or not Xbox, Microsoft, if they're going to go toe-to-toe with Apple and Google, they are going to flex that bank account yet again. They are going to offer developers and publishers some of the best percentages going out there on all their storefronts to entice people to use those storefronts and to start to gain a foothold in that way because Microsoft doesn't need to take the big percentages that these other places do. Apple doesn't need to take the percentage they do. They could certainly slash their prices, but they, again, they've got a duopoly with Google. So why would they? Them and Google charge exorbitant fees to use their stores, to have your content in their stores. They don't have any competition to worry about. If Microsoft comes in and says, we want to make a splash, they will go to that strategy that Satya laid out. And I think they will offer some of the lowest fees that we've ever seen in this industry for content. And I think that will entice a lot of people to jump on board. I think that actually we heard that now through the court documents that recently came out that Activision Blizzard were planning on teaming up with Epic. I think you could see a Microsoft Epic team up towards the storefront as well, a partnership where Epic, because again, the Fortnite problems that we know about that they've had with Apple, you team up with Epic to go all toe to toe. You got a big, you got a big game right there in the Fortnite space, obviously to promote your store along with call of duty mobile, along with your Diablos, along with your candy crushes. You're talking about a lot of content coming your way to your storefront that isn't elsewhere. Right. Will be interesting to watch, but I think though that potential is there to kind of for sure. Yeah, for sure. I I I pretty much agree with those points. So excellent. Um, Tim the Sorcerer, it's lagging for you. What's going on? Don't, I haven't, don't start I haven't seen any lag. Nah, I haven't seen any lag like, on uh, my side. Everything is everything's clear on our side. Um, but you were talking about getting into the Phil Spencer interview, so let's go ahead and let's go ahead and jump into that. Um, and we want to do it from uh directly from windows central here shout out to jess gordon getting that chance to get in there nice and man. deep like with phil spencer himself paul man the hate that jez gets bro like i was looking at some of the comments Fuck. that playstation clown show circus hates jez to no stop like they they were like oh he's lying about all this I'm like it was a freaking interview with phil spencer how is jez lying about this they were literally claiming that Jez made this up. Oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe, yeah, he did. Of course he did. Why wouldn't he? <laughs> he had an official interview with Phil. 
How is he making any of this up? It's unbelievable. Anyway, sorry. I didn't mean to get sidetracked. I mean, I, it was what, crazy what, when I went. The nicknames what, that they have for him, I was like, yo, you guys, what, whatever, you guys talk. Whatever people need to tell themselves to be happy yeah. in life, right? Yeah. No, it's all jokes, man. It's all jokes. None of you guys I'm take just, this I'm seriously, just joking. and yet you just get joking. really personal with people. Really personal with people. That's not how you make them. Uh, it's not jokes, man. how you tell jokes. No, it's just not, it's not funny. Uh, I, it's not at least not how I grew up, but no, uh, you no. can you can be funny without you being personally attacking somebody. Um, now, if I want to talk about your your smile being crooked and uh, say you look like uh, whatever, it's different. You know, just being picking if, fun, if we're if, if we know each other, sure. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, that's that's different. Yeah, us just being us just being funny and whatnot. Now, this interview um, that Jess Corden did with Phil Spencer is quite a lengthy one, uh, to be quite frank. So I don't know if there's like particular parts that you would like to pick out, Pong. Uh, I know there's a, a few places that I was going to pick sure. out from. Just you don't um, have to read so, the entire article. Just hit the hit the questions where Jez hits the question that interests you, Steele, and then uh, the response. I mean, that's all you. Yeah, go right ahead. Go right ahead because the entire interview was fantastic. So, uh, let me see. And I don't I don't know where the hell this section just went. There it goes. So the the part of the article that I wanted to kind of get into uh, was him discussing uh, gay pass and uh, third, the whole third party conversation that people were having this week, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Xbox shutting down shop. I know we play about that here, uh, but people f- took what uh, Tim Stewart. Am I am I, am I correct? That is correct. Yep. Okay. Thank CFO. you. CFO. Uh, yes. Doing it completely. I was doing trying to do it completely off of memory. So Tim Stewart, CFO for uh for for Microsoft uh, for Xbox gaming. Microsoft. For Xbox. Well, is it for Microsoft? Is it? Um, or is it? I think, is it, I think it's Xbox. I think um, it what's it called? Is, is the is the one for Microsoft? Amy Hood. Um, Amy Hood. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. she's the one for Microsoft, and Tim Stewart's the one for for Xbox. I could be wrong on that. Yes, she is the CFO, uh, executive vice president, CFO of Microsoft. So he's so he should be the one for Xbox. Stewart, Tim Stewart is the Whatever. Xbox CFO. Yes, that's correct. So you have you two different CF, you have two different CFOs, and um, Phil is actually at the top of one of them who talks directly to Amy Hood. So one, I, I just I, I want to clear this up for anybody that's confused. Phil has the end all, be all say. Tim Stewart answers to him. And Phil answers to Amy Hood or Satya Nadal. Those, those, that's how that works. There's nobody else above Phil. So for the, for the people that were like, oh, well, Tim Stewart was the businessman. And who better to know this, that, and the other thing. If anything sounded contradictory to you guys, just listen to what Phil, what Phil is saying. And he reiterates in here. So um, Jez goes into... Um, and shout out to Windows Central. This is coming directly from his article. Again, shout out to Jess Corden. Please follow him if you can and support WindowsCentral.com. But he goes in to say, we also discussed Activision Blizzard and the future of the games therein. I reminded Phil Spencer about some of the previous teases we heard during the press tours and regulatory comments. Mentions of things like Guitar Hero, Skylanders, Starcraft, which we may not get into this today, I think Creative Assembly is making StarCraft. If they're not making StarCraft 3, um, then they're making Halo Wars 3. It's one of the three. It's 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 one of the other three. I, I It has to be. 
we'll, if they weren't we'll going to be successful. We'll talk about that with the other question. Yeah, we'll talk about that with the Yeah, but, but I just, I just want to throw that out there because yeah. since it was mentioned here with StarCraft. I, yeah, just, I correct. was thinking about that, and if they're going to go back to what they know instead of hyenas uh, because that got shut down, I, mm-hmm. that just makes the most sense to me. Uh, and I, I don't see why not since they have the experience already, especially with Total Warhammer. That translates into StarCraft. I'm not going to say one for one, but you with Total Warhammer, I, I, I would imagine that you would have a better understanding of what it would take to make a StarCraft game um, than most people. But anyway, that's that's we'll get into that later if, if need be. Um, so. Uh, Guitar Hero Skylanders of StarCraft and other classic adventure Blizzard franchises that have become dormant. Were those just teases just exactly that? Or is there a real possibility some of this stuff could return? If so, what are the logistics of that? And why is Xbox able to revive some of those more niche games like Age of Empires, Killer Instinct, and potentially StarCraft? I wouldn't say StarCraft is niche per se, uh, especially StarCraft 2 and its global recognition. I mean, RTSs, though, more so have definitely become more niche, while Activision Blizzard seemed unwilling to do so. I mean, easiest question answer to that is they didn't have any leeway or funds to be able to do that or think about that. Uh, But what makes Xbox's strategy different here? And here's what Phil had to say. Real quick, before I get too deep in what Phil had to say, show the bold alpha whoop pack for the $20 Man, much love, man. I appreciate you for support. He says, Xbox is going to have to build up Sega. Bandai uh, has been on the money for years now. Tekken, the new DBZ, the rights to publish the Elden Ring sequel alone are worth it over Sega. Sega is always going to be there, but Bandai might not. I see where I can see where you're coming from. I would still say Sega more so IP wise because Bandai, the position that they're in right now, um, they can literally continue to do what they do, continue to cut those partnership deals, and their games need to be need to go everywhere anyway uh, to continue to get that support that they need. So yeah, there's that. But all right, so what makes Xbox's strategy so different? Here's what Phil had to say. He says, I probably can't do the compare and contrast that well since I wasn't in the rooms at Activision when they were making some of the decisions about what to focus on. I mean, but to be blatantly obvious, obviously they had to focus on making Call of Duty. There were, there was no way to expand that out outside of what they already had in existence, like Diablo, for an example. And you saw how long it took them to come from Diablo three to Diablo four. And they still had the underlying issues um, that they had on release. So just as an example, uh, I can speak to us. It goes back to some of our language on game pass in the very beginning. We have a service that is financially viable. Hey, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me rewind that real quick. We have a service that is financially viable. Which means? Oh. It makes money. No. In Game Pass. Steel, liar. Liar. Phil lies yet again, Steel. We have seen the macroeconomics. It doesn't work, Steel. There is no way Game Pass makes money. They've got a bunch of people at the dollar per month price point game pass loses money steal stop it Just stop it i've been told uh, this by the yeah somebody so, so so either i'm lying so or somebody else is lying so i will well, i guess we'll find out <laughs> <laughs> so, so real quickly again just in case anybody missed it and you want to listen back to this record it send it out we've put a lot of money into the market 
Oh, excuse me. That's that's the next one. We have a service that is financially viable, meaning it makes money. In Game Pass, we've put a lot of money into the market, over a billion dollars a year, supporting third-party games coming into Game Pass. What we see in the Game Pass, uh, what we see in Game Pass, is a service that supports all kinds of games, from the biggest games, the unknown indie game that you didn't know you would love until you played it. Um, if you're an individual publisher, you really have to think about it. How do you get everybody playing my game? There's actually a developer that went out over the last couple of weeks that has also been in the discussion um, that is mad that nobody reviewed his game because he didn't pay for anybody to review his game. So it got overshadowed by all the other games that came out. Um, I believe it was that Spirit T game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that dev came out and was he was kind of frustrated because nobody reviewed his game or people yeah, weren't reviewing Mike his Rose, game. Mike Rose, Mike Rose. Um, yeah, he's been a big supporter of Game Pass, huge okay. supporter. Uh, but yeah, no, nobody was so nobody reviewed his game, and it's just like, bro, I mean, you released around a bunch of high, big named games. Like, what what do you expect? Um, and if you're not paying for it, that's just the reality of business. If you want people to pull away from whatever is coming out, I mean. And he came out and corrected himself. He apologized and said he he came he didn't didn't read it. He didn't he didn't express himself the right way that he understood why people were upset with him. So I mean, again, Mike Rose has been a huge supporter of Game Pass. He's one of the indie devs that have been out here just trumpeting Game Pass. All of his games going to Game Pass. He loves Game Pass. So it's just like he just came off wrong when he talked about content creators and not getting any of the big content creators to review it because they wouldn't because he wouldn't pay him right so he just he read the room wrong and he owned up to it he took his out uh, but he says um viable yes not the best in the world so stop the old strategy of selling games wasn't the best in the world either it's not sustainable jim ryan said that so do you want something that's viable or not sustainable right because what right. what phil is directly saying here is that it's sustainable at least that's yeah, what viable it's is. It's sustainable. And Xbox can, has a mix. It's not like yes. they only have one way of their making money now. Yeah, you can still buy games, by the way. Because yeah. I, I love when people bring up Game Pass and act like you still can't buy the games in the service. If you're somebody that just wants to spend money. That's what gets brought up still all the time. Oh, it's a renter service. You know you could buy the game still, right? You don't have to partake. Anyway, um, <laughs> if you're an individual publisher, you have to really think about how do you get everybody to play my game? I think a lot of the publishers are naturally drawn to making games that are big hit games as big as possible. We want to do that as well, of course, but because we have a platform and we have a subscription service, having people play more and stay engaged on the platform, frankly, regardless of the types of games they're playing, is a viable part of our strategy. I, I I'm not I wasn't posing that to you specifically for him. I just saw I just saw what you were saying, um, and I knew you were speaking generally, which is why I was also speaking very generally. I wasn't. It's just the same way that when Nix does it and he brings up certain points, I'm not pointing it at him. Now, unless I say no, Nix, I disagree with you. This is how I feel. Like as an example, um, I, I'm not pointing it at you. I don't, I don't mind pointing specific people pointing people out like if i if i need to if, if i have a field that i need to attack a point directly um shout out to youtube by the way john wolf uh 
uh, I think a lot of publishers are naturally drawn to making games that are big hits um, and are a big, as big as possible. We want to do that as well, of course, but because we have a platform, we have a subscription service, having more people play uh, and stay engaged on the platform Frankly, regardless of the types of games they're playing is a very viable part of our strategy. I wanted to read that again because that essentially tells you what their moves are moving forward. That essentially tells you that very last sentence there. Because we have a platform, we have a subscription service, having more people play and stay engaged on the platform regardless of the types of games they're playing is a viable part of our strategy. Not doing things the way they have been traditionally done. Not, Oh, we just need to make better games and people will just buy and play better games. No, we need more engagement in our ecosystem. We are already seeing this and we want to expand that out. That is why they've made this whole uh, pivot to, hey, instead of it being about hardware sales and uh, about more so hardware sales than anything, because, again, you can sell all the systems in the world. And to Sony's point right now, if you are not selling the software, then what does it matter? You could have systems sitting somewhere. And if people aren't constantly reinvesting into the ecosystem, that kind of makes money thin in maybe certain areas or maybe not see the profit that you're looking for. Again, it's business at the end of the day. When you look at the things we've done over the past 12 months, if you look at things like Pentiment, Hi-Fi Rush, long-term investment games like Grounded, all of these games have had real success for us in our subscription and on our platform. Shout out to Grounded. The diversity of business models allows us to invest in different kinds of content and still have financial success with that content. The diversity of business models allows us to invest in different kinds of content and still have financial success with that content. Certain points I want to reiterate here because I, I again I feel like they're looked over, taken out of context completely missed or don't want to be or people don't want to include these things and this is coming from the guy who's at the top he's not saying sarah's bond position anymore that he gave her he's at the very top Satsi made made sure he had a special little place for him um when we look at the back catalog of games from bethesda we get really excited we look at the back catalog from activision and blizzard we get really excited about the things we can do it's early days so we need to be talking to the teams that are fully staffed and working on things already it's not like hey there's a spare team that you could just put on something you need to make sure those teams have passion for what they want to go work on i will say that the diversity and business models that we have in microsoft gaming really lets us support different kinds of games, different sizes of games, and not every game we build has to be the kind of game that takes up all of your time. The reason I wanted to pick out this article out of the entire thing that has been said, because uh, this interview is extremely long, uh, shout out to Jazz for doing a very thoughtful um, a very detailed and one of the better interviews, at least for me, uh, with the questions that were asked. And, and I know Paul's going to bring up a, a good point for his side. 
But I wanted to bring this up because if there's any confusion about Xbox's vision, if there's any confusion about um, the misunderstandings of goals or because uh, people were saying, oh, well, Pip Stewart next and Phil are saying conflicting messages and mm-hmm. what do we know is really going to happen? And third party, Xbox just wants to put their games everywhere. Mm-hmm. Of course they do. Because you can't have Phil come out and say, oh, we lost the, we're, we've lost the console, uh, we lost it in the hardware space. Come out flat, say that. And Pong has mentioned before, he doesn't, he doesn't like that talk, and I agree with him on some level. But when you come across that way, it does, really, it does sound like a defeatist mentality. But I give Phil some leeway on that, a lot of leeway actually, because he's been consistent in saying, that's not our strategy anymore. So I, if it's like he, it comes across as I don't care about this hardware conversation that y'all keep wanting to have with me. I keep telling you this is about software and services, and we need to expand our player base that way. And I think everybody should do that. Is everybody going to do it? No, because competition still exists, and Game Pass hasn't proven to everybody to outside of xbox outside of microsoft that it is something viable to the community or else we would still get conversation about oh there's no way that game pass is sustainable oh they're spending all of this money again a billion dollars a year to keep game pass sustained to keep game pass fed and it's well-fed. This year was an extremely well-fed year in Game Pass. I thought 2022 was a good year for Game Pass. Again, I defended it, right? Regardless of first party, Game Pass carried us through that year. You could, 2023 was even better, and we got first party games included. So something's obviously working. I'm not saying that it's perfect. I'm not saying it's the end all to be all. And this is the answer to everything. I can say that if other, of other uh, publishers, of other hardware manufacturers, Sony, Nintendo, what other, other platform that wanted to get involved, Google, Apple, if they made more of their content accessible, and I said this last night on Xbox Ultimate, if Sony had a service that I could invest to and play their games, I would probably invest. Would that make me still, would that I still play God of War Ragnarok? Man, probably not. Would I still play, would I play Horizon Forbidden West? No, because I didn't beat the first game. So why would I play the second game? It just certain things, or I, I didn't enjoy the first game, I should say, because it's not always about me beating it. I didn't enjoy the first game. So why would I play the second one, right? Uh, it, it's just little things like that, but at least I would be invested into the ecosystem with the option to still buy your games if I wanted to. But because the old mythology mythology of how we approach gaming is still in existence, there is still an overall mindset that not only we as gamers have, but the overall community and people who aren't directly involved in gaming still have about the gaming uh, industry. It still hasn't moved forward enough for people to take it serious or see the potential in it or see things that can or see that things can be done differently but it is obvious especially from the uh from the whole nc soft and playstation conversation that we were having also prior to this obviously people are starting to see the way they may not admit it the way that phil is saying it here because again 
whether you want to say it's Xbox tax, whether you want to say it's bias, whatever you want to call it, Xbox was at a point where they were facing a shutdown in 2017. That's the reality of the situation. PlayStation's never been at that level. Nintendo's never been in that level where they had to think about that. Man, they've had some downtimes for sure, but it's never been a question of, oh, what is our strategy now? At least from my perspective. Sure, Nintendo with the handheld to going back to regular console thing and seeing what they're doing with the Switch, it's successful. But you're not a software company that is cre that created hardware, tried to partner up with other people to make hardware. Nobody else wanted to partner with you. So you had to talk get in conversation with Sega to even have some form of a baseline coming into the hardware industry. You also had to prove your point that people should bring games to your console to have a successful 360 generation with one of the biggest issues we've ever seen in gaming. And I love how people kind of like, they'll always talk about the red ring of death, but never talked about how the George Foreman grill PS3 also had the same issues. It wasn't as prevalent to be honest, but there was a lot of people that I had conversation with and that I saw that were also having something very similar with their PlayStation 3 overheating, bricking, doing all the crazy shit too that was happening during that generation. But they had successful, they had success then, carry it over to the Xbox One to then have a change in strategy going into the series generation and then have the consistency that Phil has had at least since 2017 in his involvement to see that, hey, services, creating games on a diverse platform um, and making sure that we meet people where they are has been such a successful strategy to me. Um, and I love to see him kind of continuously reiterate these things um, and just be candid about the idea of where gaming could possibly go. Um, so that's, that's why, I, uh, that's why I picked that, that part out, Paul. So what, what do you feel about this? And then you could get it to, uh, whichever part that you kind of want to pick out there. Yeah, for sure. Um, let me answer the questions in the chat here real quick too. Uh, Lydia yeah, oh, Master yeah. and, and Lydia Master and Dakota were having a little chat about RTS versus 4X strategy. Um, Dakota said, Pong could probably explain it better. I don't know how much better I can explain it, Dakota. Uh, but Lydian, uh, the difference between an RTS and a 4X strategy, right? 4X 4X is an abbreviation um, that started. I, I it started a long time ago. Um, let me see if I can remember. <laughs> 4X um, stands for um, explore, expand, exploit, and exterminate. Okay, that's where 4X comes from. Um, and it was that genre of strategy game was based upon board games, right? So it's turn-based. Yeah. Uh, Dakato, you had it, you had it correctly there. It's turn-based. RTS stands for, for real-time strategy. So um, everything's so real, time, real time. It's, it's happening real time. So an RTS game is a, is is also considered a subgenre because of the live action style, right? Versus the turn-based style, right? So mm -hmm. Um, and then he's then you've got grand strategy games and grand strategy games generally again i would describe these differently 4x strategy versus rts 4x strategy games and real and grand strategy games generally speaking not always 
are to me more complicated because RTS games, generally speaking, are about your armies, right? About your resources and your army and the building out. Okay. 4X and Grand Strategy. Grand Strategy, generally speaking, doesn't have one of the 4Xs involved, but I don't find that to be true in my, but whatever, it doesn't matter. 4X and Grand Strategy, generally speaking, yes, it's still about resources, right? It's still about building out your army, right? But it's turn-based. But usually in 4X and Grand Strategy, you also have like um, a uh, political side to things, a relationship side to things where you can actually, you know, become, um, you know, um, I'm, I'm losing my words right now because I'm thinking about too many different things. Um, you can you can actually become uh, a lie. You can have an alliance with some of the AI. You can partner up with some of the AI. You have that type of decision the making. Real world elements, kind of real thing world it, right? elements. It's a, it's a deeper. It's a deeper version of an RTS. Relationships, right? a, I would say. Right, right, right. You're right. Yep, exactly. Relationships. Um, you you have different levels to a four X or a grand strategy than you do on RTS. And RTS is is uh, much more surface level stuff. I'm going out. I'm looking. I you know I got to send my scouts out. I got to expand. I got to find out where my enemies are. I can you know I got to get the resources to make buildings to move to the next age. I got to be building up my armies. I got to invest in my tech. All of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, all in real time. Whereas four X and, and grand strategy, you generally speaking are making much more nuanced decisions as well um, to help your people to, you know, again, expand relationships with other, um, you know, uh, cultures that are around in those games. Um, and it's all turn-based. So the, the simplest way to say it is real-time strategy versus turn-based strategy is the main difference. But I say it goes deeper than that on Forex and, and Grand, but yeah. Um, so there you go. Um, all right. So let's get into this uh, Phil interview here still. Phil laid it out exactly as he's always laid it out steel about their strategy about what they're doing none of this has been hidden none of this has been lied about they have been bold in their direction they have flat out said it even when people don't want to hear the words or want to twist the words or take out of context as was done with tim stewart's if you go to listen to tim stewart's talk that he was giving all of that language used was used in relationship to specifically the Activision games, which we already knew, Call of Duty, Diablo, they're all going to remain on other platforms. None of that language was used in specifically about Xbox Game Studios, first-party studios. It was all revolving around the Activision Blizzard King deal. Okay, period, point blank. So, yes, of course, in technically speaking, is Xbox a third party publisher? Yes, they are, because they are now publishing games on other platforms. They continue to publish games that have already been on those platforms. So, yes, technically speaking, they're already a third party publisher. That's one part of their business model. But they also have a first party, a strong first party model that revolves around their ecosystem, the console, Game Pass, et cetera, mainly Game Pass, because as Phil has said numerous times, and still to your point that he said they've lost the console war, they've moved beyond the console, all that good stuff that's already been said. Game Pass is their ecosystem, a big portion of it. So wherever Game Pass is, whether it's on PC, 
whether it's on a ROG ally, whether it's on a TV through an app, their first party titles exist there. And if one day Nintendo and PlayStation decide to welcome Game Pass, you're damn skippy. They are going to put Game Pass into those ecosystems. And if you're a, if you're an Xbox super fan and you say, but that devalues what their brand that devalues why own an Xbox console, they'll never do that. Let me remind you yet again. And again, this is this is just flat out being truthful here. This is flat out just the facts. And I've told you about this, about every one of these companies. This is now big business. If you don't understand why Microsoft invested $70 billion, I can't help you. This is big business. Numbers drive this industry, whether we like it or not. It's nice to hear Phil and, and some of these execs, you know, Bowser and these guys talk about what gaming means and how, it, you know, it, it is an art form in some ways. And these are, these are creators, these are creatives, the devs themselves, you know, they're creatives and they, and we want them to make what they want to make. And it's about entertaining our customers and our customers are everything to us. They are our main focus. All of that is really nice to hear and true. But at the end of the day, if money isn't being made, if profits aren't increasing year over year, then these companies are going to do what's necessary to make sure that they are successful at the bottom line first. That's how this works. Again, indie developers, they would be passion project people. They would be people that would tirelessly work out of their basements or their garages with maybe them just themselves or a few close friends or whatever the case may be, people that they bring in. We will always have an indie community that isn't necessarily about the bottom line all the time, that just do it out of the goodness of their heart because they want to create something and give it to the world. That is still very true about this industry. We have a lot of places like that. But overall, when you start getting into the AAA space, when you start getting into the big players in this industry, it is nonstop about the money. It is thrown in your face every single day. The reason why Toys for Bob works on Call of Duty is because Activision had to have a Call of Duty every year because their investors would never sit back and go, you know what, let's give Call of Duty a break. We'll be okay with our stock prices dropping this year if we don't have the return on investment that we thought we would. If we just go ahead and let Call of Duty breathe for a little bit, but we don't get that yearly bump from a new Call of Duty release, we're going to be cool with that. Investors don't give a shit about that. They want to see their bottom line grow every single year. So whether you're an Xbox fan, super fan, whether you're a PlayStation super fan, whether you're a Nintendo super fan, if you don't like the direction of this industry, if you say... I don't care about the money. I don't care about this. I don't care about, I don't want to see my, you know, my favorite um, plastic box makers games, first party games go anywhere else. I'd never want to see that because it would devalue my purchase as an Xbox owner, as a PlayStation owner, as a switch owner. I'm sorry to tell you that's the future. All of these companies whether it's 10 years, 20 years, whatever. I've said two generations. I think we got two generations less of actual hardware. Whatever that time frame is, it doesn't matter. Eventually, all of these places will be technically third-party publishers where you can access your video games through a portal on whatever device you're playing on, TV, PC, doesn't matter where it's at. 
you're going to access that. And when they can, it will be 100% digital and 100% streamable. And if that's not the future you're looking for, I hate to break it to you. Then again, you might want to start thinking about what you're going to do with, you know, your hobbies after video games, because eventually that's where they're all going to go. The more costs that they can cut, they can cut, they will cut. But for right now, for right now, what Phil is talking about in his interview is exactly what he said before. They don't have any plans to put it on Nintendo and PlayStation. Why? Game Pass I'm speaking to. Why? Because Nintendo and Sony don't want it. So it's not going to happen. He talks about the future in this interview, Steel, about innovation and hardware. They just put Sarah Bond over the hardware as you were talking about, Steel. He made that direct correlation. She is now over the hardware sector along with all the other divisions to make sure that they are in alignment going forward when it comes to innovation, when it comes to pressing forward into new areas, that all of their divisions are in alignment. That's vital to them so they're not broken up into pieces. So, you know, the Xbox console is doing one thing, but that necessarily isn't applied elsewhere to the handheld market that they are partnering with all these different places with. Like they want it all to synchronize. That's why you just saw the mobile or the, I should say the handheld version of Windows being deployed to help with that, to unify things. Yep. That's the future that Xbox is looking forward to is unifying all of their spaces, including now mobile, which they're going to go hardcore into. Mm-hmm. They need to have that so that your experience is as seamless as possible. This is something they've been working towards for a very long time. I'm not, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here because you guys have all heard this for a very long time. All of you guys in chat, all of you guys listening to this in the future, if you're checking out our show, you've heard these conversations. You know about the Phil's vision. You know about Xbox's vision. You know about Microsoft's vision with Satya. You know where all this is going. So I'm preaching to the choir, but I'm saying that to all the people that were trying to twist Tim Stewart's words into something completely different, trying to apply their own macroeconomics to everything and read in without the context of what was being said or completely ignoring the context, even when they supposedly went back and listened to it. That's a you problem. I mean, again, that's that your bias showing through. You're just projecting on what you want to hear. Not to say that Steele and I never project. Of course we can. We're human beings. Sometimes we can hear something completely different out of somebody's mouth. But Phil couldn't be any more plain in his speak here. Game Pass isn't going on PlayStation. Game Pass isn't going on Nintendo. They are still focused on their Xbox consumers. Phil said throughout this interview that he wants to make sure that the people who do purchase their hardware know that they are important, that they still feel like they are a vital part of what Xbox is doing. So they're going to continue to put that focus there. What does that mean? That means that their first party titles aren't all of a sudden going to go all third party. That means they're still going to have exclusives because that defines your ecosystem. And Xbox needs a definition of their ecosystem right now. They aren't ready to move to an all digital age because we're not there. The tech isn't there. Again, Steel brings it up all the time. The average, Why do you think you've seen so many videos of the PlayStation portal not working in people's homes? Because a large part of this country still doesn't have acceptable internet. They're not ready for that. The tech isn't ready. So the status quo stays the same. They are moving in other directions. They are moving into mobile. They are trying to expand their PC base. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Of course they are. 
And there's going to be heavy investments in those areas in the future that aren't necessarily always going to benefit us as a pure console gamer, if that's what you are, as a pure console Xbox gamer. But at the same time, you are going to see benefits because if you do choose to pick up your mobile device at some point, that seamless transfer is already there. You pick up right where you left off in your game. Other people can't offer that. Other services can't offer that. That's Xbox's investment. Now we've got GeoForce Now involved in this as well. They're going to start getting Call of Duty. There's already been some hiccups there, but they're going to be able to play games. You're going to be able to go to GeoForce Now if you have that and play the same games. Yeah. These are all the benefits that Phil constantly talks about in this interview. He wrapped it up and made it quite clear because Jez originally said this interview was set up to talk specifically about the conversations that started happening around the Tim Stewart comments. And then Jez got to ask a whole lot more than just that, which was fantastic. Again, shout out to Jez, shout out to Windows Central for putting in the work, Phil giving his time to that crew over there, to Jez specifically. Jez deserves it. And Jez came prepared with these questions. So I think that that's my overall feeling that I got out of this deal. He answered some questions about the family plan. He said that Mm -hmm. there are roadmaps for the, there's roadmaps for the hardware. There's roadmaps for game pass. He even said that there's because Jez had asked him and talked about this previously, that there's potentially a roadmap for Xbox achievements because people have been clamoring for new achievements or a fix of the achievements. And it sounds like Phil's talking about that, right? They've got roadmaps. They aren't going anywhere. They're not getting out of the hardware business. 2027 is not the drop dead date for Xbox. Okay. None of that is happening. They're already prepping for the future. He said innovation continues both in the hardware, software, and services sectors in this interview. They're getting ready. And again, as I brought up last night, Steel, before I move on to one one of the things that I want to talk about about this interview. Yeah. Um. I brought this up last night on Xbox Ultimate. All you have to do is have a basic understanding that Xbox is now a pillar within the Microsoft Corporation, that they have invested nearly $100 billion over the past five, six, seven years into Xbox. They are a pillar of Microsoft. Microsoft Corp themselves are now expanding their playing field into a lot of different areas. Obviously, the biggest one we know about is Azure and the cloud. They are going head-to-head with Amazon. Next up is mobile. We know now their own words. They're going toe-to-toe with Google and Apple and trying to break up that duopoly. That's where another lot of this investment is going into. And recently... One of their biggest new investments they've been making, which you've heard about here from me, because I'm excited. I I have trepidation about it, but I'm also very excited about what it could mean for us as gamers is AI. But Microsoft Corp has a bigger plan for AI. You just saw the whole hubbub. If you've been paying attention with open AI um, and what happened over there, they now have even a bigger role with open AI. They now have a non-voting voice on the board with open AI. Yep. They are making their own AI chip. If you guys know the history here, yes, Game Pass was one of the selling points that Phil sold to Satya. He also sold them that you need a customer facing operation 
And Xbox gives you that. Most people know you as business to business with Windows and Excel and Word and all this stupid stuff that people don't think are exciting. You need a customer-centric line as well. And Xbox gives you that line directly to the consumer. Mm -hmm. But as part of the Game Pass, he also sold the cloud and how you could he could attach Xbox to the cloud, to the Azure servers. And what that would do would give them Microsoft Corp a proof of concept. Sarah Bond had an interview two years ago, three years ago with a business website, if you guys remember this, where she talked about specifically how they do this, that because gaming is such a complex system with so many different data points that have to be run through the cloud, that if they can get games running on the cloud and they can prove that their concepts work there in the gaming division that when their sales team goes out to sell azure to other businesses non-related to gaming that it's an easy sell because they can point those sales reps can point out how much data and different points of information have to run from from gaming that those other industries will be a walk in the park for azure for cloud and how they can benefit from that so they use the gaming division, not only as a consumer facing division, not as, as that, oh, we're kind of in that cool kids club area, right? We got these games, we're part of the entertainment business, the biggest entertainment business in the world, but also they use all the backend stuff to sell their services for Microsoft Corp. Microsoft Corp uses it. So this is the test bed. So guess what's going to happen now that Microsoft has announced they're making their own AI chips. I believe that the next console could in fact include one of those new Microsoft AI chips in the console itself to be used by the develop developer as they see fit. And as AI continues to grow and continues to advance, they will be able to update that chip and developers can find new and interesting, exciting ways to use the AI chip within the console, which nobody else will have. PlayStation doesn't have the investment in AI like Microsoft does. They're not making their own chips. Could they go buy a chip from NVIDIA? Sure they could. Do you know how expensive that will be? That's why Microsoft is investing in their own chip making. But this will be a test bed for that. They will have the advantage in the console market by being maybe potentially, again, in my opinion, this is speculation town, folks, having the first console with an AI dedicated chip in it produced by themselves that could give them massive advantage. The developers could flock to to take advantage of in new and exciting ways. So, Xbox and the gaming division will continue to be just an absolute shining star for Microsoft Corporation will remain a pillar for a very long time as they use it in different ways for the corporation overall, not discounting the success that Xbox is now having, which Phil pointed out, Game Pass is already profitable, even when they spend a billion dollars a year on third-party titles alone to bring into Game Pass. He's saying it's still profitable, despite all the experts out here say it's not. If that's the case, and we know it's the case, we know that's factual, then Microsoft is making money off Xbox as well. What's going to... They're not going to stop doing that. All right. I preach enough there. Um, Real quick, things, um, Bolt, go. Yeah, go Bolt Alpha with the five dollars says, "Pong, only a matter of time, uh, only a matter of when before consumers on these competitor platforms sure. are asking when is Game Pass coming and yep. the change will happen inside out." That's certainly possible. 
that's certainly possible that the demand becomes big enough or there is a reason that those companies do open up Game Pass. Now, I've said all along, that version of Game Pass, if it ever comes to PlayStation or Nintendo, will be a curated version of Game Pass. Oh, extremely curated. So so when people say, well, then there would be no reason to own an Xbox. No, it will be a limited version of Game Pass on those ecosystems. To get the full boat, you still will want to be on Xbox. And there still will be people who do want the full boat experience. So... No, there still will be reasons to own an Xbox even at that point. But again, would it be a, a huge boon or just an absolute massive moneymaker for Xbox to be able to put those on those? Yeah, absolutely. Of course it would. And that's I mean, why they'll but, do it. And if you want to talk about devaluing consoles, I mean, at that point, that would be... Yes. If, if, if Sony and Nintendo allowed that to happen, it would devalue their console. Especially if theirs... Right their services uh, or their software, excuse me, isn't going to be available anywhere else. Correct. Because all it does is give an additional, additional advantage. It's like at that point, you're now moving towards Microsoft becoming more of like the Apple entity in gaming. Whereas they're making uh, money from multiple, from multiple facets instead of just themselves as an example. uh, Anyway. Correct. And Tim, yes, there is an AI chip. They have machine Hmm. learning in the console. What I'm talking about is the full fledged. Right. That is one yeah, portion of AI, AI. but there have I'm talking too. about an open AI chip, right? That has the potential to expand as AI continues to expand to do a bunch of different things. You are absolutely correct. Machine learning is already in these consoles. It's a part of the it's a part of AI. Absolutely. It's a base level AI. What I'm talking about is the full-fledged, the chip that, that Microsoft is making is going to be based on open AI. It is going to be open and accessible where, well, I mean, again, they've already put guardrails on everything, which sucks. But anyways, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I, I again, as scary as it is, I want to see open AI for what it really is, not guardrail. But anyways, that doesn't matter. What they're going to do is have an expanded chip that's going to allow developers to use it in ways that aren't even thought of right now, that open AI hasn't even learned yet. And that's that's what I'm talking about. But yes, you are technically correct. Absolutely, there is already AI because machine learning is a part of it. So I agree, Tim. Uh, but I think they're going to go even bigger on this one. Um, the thing I want to bring up real quick, Steele, is, is the the tweet I made about the interview, um, giving credit to Jez for what he did. Um, and um, the, the quote that I want to pull out is the part where Phil answered the question about the mm-hmm. older IP, right? Because Jez asked him okay. about the older IP at Activision Blizzard, even Microsoft's older IP, and whether or not, you know, we could see new things, whether or not Phil was going to get people to work on these older games. Um, and the direct quote was the last quote of that paragraph, which Phil said um, he had expanded upon that. He said, you know, great question. And obviously, you know, that is a part of everything, but he, he specifically said it right here. This is the part that I pulled out quote, but also I want our fans and customers to know, that I don't bring up games just to tease to no end. If people have watched how we've teased things in the past, there's usually some kind of reconciliation of those hints later on. I'm not the one to try to lead people on. It might not happen on a timeline that people would love, but usually when I tease, there's something there. Yeah, there's something there. Listen. This is all I needed to hear from Phil. This is something that we speculated on for a long time. 
I've always been in the camp that Phil doesn't say names out loud of games just to say them. And he's confirming right here, right now, that 100% that some of the stuff that we've heard out of his mouth since the first ABK announcement, when they announced that they were acquiring ABK, is real, Steel. That there are conversations currently having. Yeah. Right? And I think that that is huge. So I'll read the rest of it here just real quick, too. Yeah. Um, uh, Jess says, towards the end of the interview, I asked for some examples of the types of games we could eventually see revived or even crossed to new platforms. I asked if we could see World of Warcraft, Starcraft, or Heroes of the Storm eventually hit Xbox consoles. I asked how Microsoft would go uh, about meeting fans' desires for the back catalogs while also keeping the teams Activision, Bethesda, or Blizzard working on things that they potentially are presently passionate about. Quote, Phil, uh, Phil says, quote, you did a good job of laying out some of the examples from the past. Think about Age of Empires. We're on the 10th anniversary edition of Killer Instinct, which is another nice example to think about. There has to be passion in the team behind the project. That doesn't mean that the team has to be an original team, the mm-hmm. original team every time. I'm not one, and maybe this is just my approach, I'm not one to come in and take a franchise from a team and remove them from the discussion or development process on how something new gets built. I think the original creators, the culture, frankly, some of the lessons we've learned from the past experiences here are very important. You've seen from our history that we haven't touched every franchise that people would love us to touch. Banjo fans, I hear you. Shout out to Boom. Uh, But it is true that when we find the right team and the right opportunity, I love going back to revisit stories and characters that we've seen previous previously in the case of blizzard games specifically really what i'd want to do is work with blizzard's leadership to see where they have a passion i say all this but i'm not at all suggesting that blizzard doesn't have passion for revising franchises too i know that from my visits to the team they absolutely have the passion in this area. There's a lot of excitement for possibilities that we can do all together. And then he goes on to say what I what I had read originally. This means steel. Phil wore a Hexen shirt up there. We've talked about Hexen before. He's worn a, a Hexen shirt on stage during the showcase. We believe all along the Hexen had to be talked about somewhere. Potentially id taking over after they finish off Doom. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Hexen is definitely one of them. StarCraft 3 Steel is the one, right? StarCraft 3 for me is the one. StarCraft 3 is, um, I forget who brought it up earlier when we were talking about it, would be massive in the East, especially in Korea. It is also massive in the West, but let's be real. They're still having big money tournaments in Korea, and that game hasn't been supported in a long ass time. Okay, for StarCraft 2. StarCraft's revival would be gigantic. Phil mentioned it when he first uh, talked about the uh, ABK acquisition. He brought it up. I think it was said three times be uh, on the Blizzard BlizzCon stage just recently. StarCraft has got to be somewhere already in the early stages of development. He talked about bringing back Guitar Hero Steel. Mm-hmm. That obviously has to be discussions that have had. And what Phil is confirming here for me is that all of that is possibility. I think he's thrown out prototype in his conversations before. This is the dream come true seal. Like he said, it might not be on the time frame that we're hoping for, but he's going to go and he's going to talk to the individual teams. This is stuff we speculated on. He's asked already, yeah, them what they want to do. Right. Yeah. He's already doing it. Mm-hmm. They asked them what they want to do. If there's a potential to 
pull that team to do something that they want to work on in the back catalog, he's open to it. If there's a potential, I'm reading through this, that maybe the 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 original team doesn't want to go back to it, like we've heard Rare doesn't want to go back to their teams, that he's willing to go find another team if that's the case to work on it. I've said all along, there's a possibility, Steele, that he gets in that room with the developers, let's say Toys for Bobs, and asks them, you know, hey, what do you guys want to work on? And they say, hey, we want to work on another Crash game, or we want to work on another Spyro game, or we want to do this, we want to do that. That even if the whole team doesn't raise their hand, that he pulls those that do want to work on it and then goes and finds other people who are excited from other teams and builds out a team or hires more people to come in to build out a team to work on it. The potential for this, as he states here, Blizzard's already excited about the potential things we could do together. That's the part that we've talked about all along, Steele. So when you hear this quote, Steele, when you hear Phil talking about this, really confirming a lot of what we, you know, not only through his own words, but assumed in the background was happening. But he's flat out saying, I don't say things to tease people on, you know, nonstop. I say things because there's usually something there. For you, Steele, does does this excite you that potentially some of this stuff that we've dreamed up could happen? And this expands beyond Activision Blizzard. This goes to Bethesda too, where maybe Obsidian gets another chance at a New Vegas or whatever they, you know, New Chicago or an in between Fallout game. That potentially this stuff is already in the works or is lined up down the road where we could see a return to some of our favorite franchises, including StarCraft, which you said, if StarCraft comes back, you might be back in on RTSs. That's how big StarCraft is. What do you think here, Steel? Uh, the the thought, I think the most impressive thing for me, um, again, I'm, I am going to go back to consistency a little bit, um, but is the fact that if, there's any, if, it, if there was any more information that you needed to know that Phil is a gamer, uh, and that he actually understands what's going on in the industry. If there was any better person to be at the head of a gaming company, I don't know if I would have ever imagined that there would have been somebody like Phil um, for as long as I've been gaming in the, in the last 30 years outside of like somebody like Peter Moore. Um, and I know there's other people that it's, uh, that are in there too, but I'm more so speaking to the to the business side and just to the the way that they look at the industry overall, right? It, it comes across like somebody uh, who had to fight for uh, something that they cared about. And now that they, that they have some power or the power, I should say, they want to make sure that they do it at a level where everybody's kind of considered, right? And now that you have Activision and Blizzard under the belt, Phil has the potential to he has another catalog of games which is something else that they were wanting to get into uh, same thing with like expanding out some of the uh, more family oriented things again you have popular ips like uh like spyro the dragon and crash bandicoot those two by themselves just historically uh have been extremely iconic and our people are, are two ips that you should use for um for marketing tools and i'm not saying and i don't think that those games necessarily have to even be the the greatest games ever made but i do think that you're now at a point to where um unlike activision blizzard trying to do it themselves i don't think they would have ever got to a 
let's say Pixar type level, like we've seen with like a Ratchet and Clank, uh, that Insomniac has done with them, and that Sony Insomniac has done with with that IP. But I do think that now that you could get something similar, and this could be Xbox's um, version of those games, which gets me extremely excited, right? I see the advancement cr- cr- advancement crashes just themselves has made over the years as somebody that's like mo- mo- one of the most memorable games from me back on uh, PlayStation back in the day um, was the first was the first two crash games. Um, and knowing that you now have more money that's uh that's going to be able to be spent or be able to be invested in bringing those games to life and i didn't play the most recent crash game um so i don't know and i've i've heard and seen uh that game looks like it it, it advanced really well but the other possibilities uh that are kind of on the forefront now because you have that catalog again um starcraft is definitely the most excited when they think about when you just hear the discussion of diving back into that bag of games that he has mentioned and saying that he doesn't mention them for no reason uh mainly because again growing up with starcraft i saw the impact that that it made um it did a lot for me as far as um my love for or how my love for RTSs goes, uh, just because of the different factions and whatnot, um, and just being me being younger at the time. But on a financial level and on a expansive level, if there was an IP that you had to pick to uh, make those moves in the East that you're looking to make and trying to fill in the discussion points that you that you've talked about over the years, um, that's going to be the one to do it. And I do think that with with that, if you go down that path and say that, oh, well, StarCraft is something that we really want to bring it back, and I'm not saying it for no reason, then I I, I think that kind of gives me credence a bit that they understand that they have to move further into the East, and knowing that StarCraft is along the, uh, is one of the more most popular games especially in korea as an example and that's something that we speak to all the time how how dope would it be if uh, at the tgas we got a starcraft 2 remaster or re it wouldn't even need to be a remake like it should but it would just be called you can just call it a remaster because you're bringing it to console right um and how much attention that that would probably get and that and again you're talking about bringing older things back um now the catalog doesn't dive too deeply for me i mentioned this last time on xbox ultimate uh i don't want them to necessarily bring in the older call call of duty games because again call of duty has been about multiplayer mostly uh over the years their campaigns have been very hit or miss um and since they kind of moved away from that i i'm not necessarily worried about those and i don't necessarily have anything to um like any relation to hexen uh he's mentioned that pretty plenty plenty of times also so it's like there's certain ips that i can't really draw a reference to but just the idea of um as i mentioned when i started having somebody at the head that understands how that is a gamer and understand and understands the gaming industry and what the hardcore uh gaming base wants and how to kind of diversify that out to a wider audience and make it more accessible um that's what i mainly took took out of that and doesn't i think it doesn't do anything but reinforce um 
the strategies that they've kind of spoken on up to this point. So, um, Tim, member for four months for the splitters. He says, Hey, fantastic show guys in choo choo chat. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, no, uh, I think there's a lot there steel. And I think we're going to see a lot. And there's, there's tons of stuff that we don't even know about yet. And Phil's yeah, seen it. Absolutely. He's seen the roadmap. So when he talks about this stuff too, you can hear when he's talking about that, the, the teams have to be passionate behind it. Yeah. That's the thing that I think yeah, he's speaks proven to time. He's... Yeah. Pr- time and time again, with all the acquisition steel, that's what he's, that's what these teams all talk about. The, the Xbox lets us go do what we want to do. Right. They let us go make the games we want to make. And that's not going to change with Activision Blizzard King. You know, and I, I, I saw Dakato say that, you know, obviously the, his his most one that he's looking forward to is that rumored uh, Infinity Ward game, which I'm assuming is the uh, first person RPG uh, with the ex Bioware devs, supposedly a sci fi game. There's stuff like that seal that we have no idea about. Right. We've heard a little bit of smoke. Yeah, Potentially rumors, but there's stuff that's in that roadmap from Activision Blizzard King that we have no clues to what we're going to see until they finally announce it. And I think Phil's got to be excited about that. He was excited about it when he talked about the Bethesda roadmap that he saw, the Zenimax roadmap that he saw. Mm -hmm. And there's still stuff from that acquisition that has been being worked on for four or five years that we still haven't heard about still that we're going to get surprised by. Right. So all of that comes into play, too. But if Phil can find a way, like you said, with his hopes and dreams, as somebody who is a gamer, as somebody who does understand gamers and the mentality that we do have and wants to continue to diversify, keep the diversified lineup that Xbox has been cultivating for a very long time now. And he wants to continue to expand that by allowing these teams, not forcing these teams into making certain games, but allowing these teams to make the games that they're passionate about. We're going to see some absolutely freaking incredible things come out of this. And again, Things like StarCraft are going to be massive. If we do get the Oblivion remake, it's going to be massive. Like there is so much stuff in the works right now that I think it's going to be an interesting run uh, for Xbox over the next five to 10 years going into the next gen Um, and what they're going to be able to accomplish with this IP that they have, with the catalog that they have. Again, Phil said, not on the time frame that everybody would like. So, you know, again, we're not going to get everything in the next three to five years. But going forward in the future, we're going to get some surprises that we never thought of. And he just reconfirmed that, uh, you know, he's willing to look at that. or He's he's actively looking at that, should I say. Now he's willing. He's actively looking into that case where he can open up that back catalog of IP, not just Activision Blizzard's IP, but he said, hey, somebody wants to work on some of our old IP. Great. Let's do it. Right. So, you know, I think that this is going to be an awesome, awesome, awesome time. Yes. Yes. Dakato says Bioware. Yes. You know, upon. Yeah. And he, and again, I, I, there's so much potential still so much potential. When you look at what they could do here, they really can make any type of game that they need to. They really have the ability. They actually own the IP to make Mm -hmm. any type of game that they want to. And that's outside of third-party partnerships. That's outside of licensed IP. Just internally, they now own a full catalog. Like like crazy. They own like three catalogs right now. But it's going to be such a fun ride right here, right now. So I agree. I agree a thousand percent. Um, breaking news. I know we're not a movie mm. place, but uh, I thought I am legend was a good movie. Um, Will Smith confirms he will star in I am legend two with Michael B. Jordan. And they're going with the version, um, uh, the DVD version where his character lives. So shout out to I am legend. 
I thought it was okay. a good movie. I like. I, 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 I like the dog. Was cool. I, enjoy, that, I enjoyed the movie. Me, gave me, gave me some, uh, gave me some feels. So. Oh yeah, for sure, one thousand percent. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, I just thought that was interesting. First thing yeah. I see when I when I check in on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> um, so all right, well, ladies and gentlemen, we're getting almost close to that four hour mark and we gotta got some things i gotta do today so uh we'll go ahead and start winding things down um what we'll do first is get into our upcoming games uh and then we'll get into this day in gaming and then we'll go from there appreciate you guys rocking with us though thus far thank you for everybody who's uh helped support today um and in the future and if you supported in the past nothing but love and appreciation to you guys again as we say uh never expected but always and forever appreciated um, but Pong, I mean, are you ready to see what is upcoming in the world of gaming? I am, sir. We've got the good old Game Informer here. What's this week looking like? Let's take a look here. Let's see what we got going on. All right. Hold here we on. go. Let me get, get that the, pulled up there. Are you ready, sir? You got everything pulled up? I, I think so, my good sir. You think so? Okay. I think, I think I'm good to go. I think we're starting off with... Highland song. Let's take a look here real quick. Let me get this marked down here real quick. Hold on. Upcoming week of games. All right. Let's go. So, yes, we are starting on. Well, this will be what? October the 4th or October. Jesus. October. I wish. Whoa. December. December the 4th, right? The week of December the 4th. And we're starting with a Highland song coming to Switch, coming to PC. Uh, this is an adventure game developed and published by Inkle. Inkle. Nice little indie developed game here. Uh, so, go check out Highlands, a Highland song. And then, well, we know that this was, what is, it? oh, is this actually going, is this the full release deal? I don't know, D- to be honest, D- Disney Dreamlight Valley, uh, we know it was in early be, release yeah. uh, on Xbox, right? So it looks like this must be the actual launch uh, of Disney Dreamlight Valley, which supposedly another game that found some success. There were people playing it. Um, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, PC, and Mac. December the 5th, live out your Disney dreams in Disney Dreamlight Valley with lots of microtransactions, but you're making money. So, hey, let's go. Uh, And then also on December 5th, Skater XL is coming to the Switch. That already launched back in 2020 on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC, but it is finally coming to the Switch in 2023. Uh, Skater XL, all you skater dudes out there, there you go. You can play on the go on your Switch. Uh, then we have a new uh, Sonic game. Sonic Dream Team Steel coming to iOS. Not Android, just iOS from Sega. Interesting. <laughs> I still don't get why these decisions are made sometimes. So, yes, iOS, Apple gets it first. Sega, of course. It's Sonic Dream Team. It is action. It is platformer. Let's go. Um, and then the Anacrucius is coming to Xbox series, Xbox one and PC. Again, this must be the full launch because this already came out before too. Uh, this is by stray Bombay. Very cool aesthetic. I haven't played it since it launched. The performance was God awful. Okay. The performance was God awful. But I got to imagine, is this the full launch? It's got to be. I haven't played it since, so I don't know if the patches, uh, they had 
they had patch notes update 35. So they've definitely been doing a lot of work. It's a PVP. Um, PVP is coming uh, with the versus mode finally. Um, so retro future shooter is how they uh, describe it. I'm sure if you guys look at it, you'll probably remember that this did launch at one point uh, in early access. So uh, this must be the full launch. Um, and then we've got the Lord of the Rings return to Moria. PlayStation 5 steel. Um, it is coming to Xbox series consoles next year. Uh, this one came out on PC on October 24th. It is now headed to PlayStation 5, and the next year will be Xbox Series. Saw the reviews for the PC. It was exactly underwhelming like I thought it was going to be after we saw this. Uh, I'd love to see Lord of the Rings get some really good games, but uh, recently, between this one and Gollum, not so much. Not so much. But anyways, if you guys are interested in Lord of the Rings Return to Moria, go check that out on PlayStation 5 this week. All right, what's next here? We've got Vampire, the Masquerade Swang Song, another game that's been out for quite a while, uh, is coming to Switch. That dropped originally on uh, May of 2022 on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC, now coming to the Switch. So Vampire, the Masquerade Swang Song. Um, let's see here, Steel. Also, we've got, this is the big one of the week. This is, uh, again, it never grabbed me. I, I'm interested because of what it is. I'll wait uh, until I get Ubisoft Plus, but Avatar Frontiers of Pandora does release this week, Steel. PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, and PC. Again, there are moments when I see the gameplay, Steel, where I'm like, okay, we'll this see. damn cool. I like Avatar. This looks cool. And then there's other points where I'm like, hmm, just not feeling it, man. So I'm going to wait until I get Ubisoft Plus some point next year uh, when I try out a bunch of their games, uh, and then I'll play this one. But what do you think, Steel? I'm interested to see what people are going to say. Yeah. Uh, how they're going to feel about this. Is this really just going to be a uh, Far Cry and a Avatar format? I mean, I don't know. That's kind of what the expectation is so far. I've never played Far Cry, so I don't know. Oh, well, um, you know but they removed all the icons, so it's going to be more of a, hey, go explore and find what you find. So they're not going to have cool. icons like a normal Ubisoft map. So that is cool. That's kind of cool. The only thing yeah. I don't like about it is first person. Um, I wish yeah. I could switch into third person. I think third person yeah. avatar would be really dope. Um, but again, I mean, Ubisoft Plus is sounding like a, sounding to be a really good deal uh, going into the beginning of the year. Uh, being able to get some of these games, try them out. I got other games in my library right now, and I don't. And with Skyrim being such a uh, at the top of my library, mm -hmm. I don't. I don't know if I want to throw in another open world big game in there, right? So, right. No, I get it. Uh, anybody in the chat picking up Avatar? Let I us think know. It'll be better later. Let us know what you guys think. Bring your thoughts next week, um, and let us know what Please. you think of Avatar. I, again, I am curious. I'm obviously going to look at the reviews and stuff, but I always like to hear from real people too what they're feeling Absolutely. about it. Um, again, as an Avatar fan, I have a natural interest in this game. It, again, just what they've showed me hasn't been enough. Where I like, oh, I gotta get this day one. No, no, I'll wait. No, on this one. yeah, definitely I'll wait, I'll not. Wait on this one. Looks interesting. Yeah. I like the art yeah. style. Again, fan of Avatar, but. Yeah, I'm going to be interested in what people are saying. I, I, I think this, again, I, I think it's going to be better later. Yep. Especially Actually, on PC with mods and stuff. If people are really, one of those. really are feeling it. Yep. Absolutely. Um, another old game uh, coming to a new platform. Lego Brick Tales, Steel. 
Uh, released back in October 22nd of 2022 for PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Released mm-hmm. on mobile April 27th, 2023, iOS and Android. It is coming to the Quest Steel. So you're going to do Legos oh, interesting. in VR uh, December 7th uh, on the Quest. Again, if I was a kid and my family had a quest, I definitely would probably be down to try this for sure. Um, but yeah, Lego Bricktails, uh, December 7th VR. Uh, then also on December 7th, we got Outer Wilds, not to be confused with Outer Worlds. So nobody confused those two, right? Uh, Outer Wilds, which is a cool little game. I did play probably a few hours at least in Outer Wilds. Interesting game okay. from Mobius Digital, published by Annapurna. Again, Annapurna very rarely ever it's misses. Switch. Uh, it's coming to the Switch finally. Yeah, this has been out. I mean, this was originally launched on PC back in 2019 uh, and Xbox One in 2019. Um, came to PlayStation 4, eventually came to PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series with the patch. And now it's finally coming to Switch December 7th, 2023. So four years mm-hmm. later, Outer Wilds is coming to Switch. Um a lot of fans out there of the Outer Wilds. It is a game to check out. It is pretty damn cool. Um, and then, Steel, we've got Terminator, Dark Fate Defiance. A brand. I've got my eyes on this one. This is a new strategy oh, really? game. Strategy, oh, strategy game. Okay, gotcha. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Strategy game uh, developed by Cats Who Play, published by Slytherin. Uh, LTD slit oh no slitrine slitrine I can't Slytherin that one Hogwarts yeah it looked like Slytherin yeah it looked like Slytherin it looked like their own take on Slytherin but it's not it's slitrine 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 LTD um, Slytherin. it is a strategy game yeah yeah I know pause um but this one listen you're gonna give me a strategy game in the Terminator universe of course I'm eventually going to get it just like I, I still have to pick up uh, Aliens 2 um, the Aliens uh, strategy game that came out the t- turn based tactical game I'm going to get both of those on PC this looks dope okay this looks dope this is an RTS in the Terminator world I'm about this so I am definitely got my eyes on this one go check out Terminator Dark Fate Defiance looks so damn cool bro I, I can't wait. An RTS with Terminators? Are you kidding me right now? Ah, God, life is good. This is the golden age. I got too much to play. Um, Steel, here we go. You ready? Oh, I'm ready. Day before, Steel. I'm, 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 I'm probably going to try it. It's supposedly for the, what, eighth time now? going to launch uh, on pc i think it's fourth i think it's the fourth time but i don't know if you go back further i don't know maybe it's oh, fourth if, if it's four if it's right. december 7th 2023 the day before if you guys don't remember this is that game that looks like the division meets fact. world war z meets survival right pick your survival game this is the zombie game from a little known developer, a mobile developer called Fantastic, uh, published by Mytona, that people said were was too good to be true. They thought it was bullshit, right? They thought they were giving us nothing. Uh, there's been accusations that they are stealing assets from other games to make this game. Uh, this game has been delayed, like Steel said, probably like around four times. I probably... Uh, oh, and, and, and by the yeah. way, 
Yeah. Um, their early access page on Steam says yeah. they plan to be in early access for another six to eight months, by the way. Right, right. And they were going to have a console release that has now been pushed off. But this, December 7th is supposedly the early access release. The early videos of this game look phenomenal. I was hyped for this game. The more you learn about the studio, the more you hear from people. If this ever eventually just turned into vaporware, I would not be, have been surprised at the end of the day. Like Steele said, it's still got enough division to it to me. I think it's better where you are too, because they're talking about yeah. um, that you'll be able to fight each other in. Yeah, uh, you'll be able to fight each other over resources and stuff like that. You got to gather resources. You got to. The, the, yeah. So the day before is finally, supposedly, again, unless we get another delay here, coming to early access on PC December the 7th. Uh, so keep your eyes on that one. Maybe they'll surprise us. If they've been stealing assets, they've been stealing assets. We'll find the out. game for this studio looks well beyond their capabilities from where they came from. But who knows? Maybe they're actually going to pull this off. I'm all about a division meets zombies. So I'm, I'm all about it. So, yeah, I'm definitely still interested in trying it. But my God, what a, Depends on what how much a they weird twisting access. road. This, Yeah, what a weird twisting road this has been for that studio and that game. Like, it's crazy. Um all right, Steel, we got the Plumbers Don't Wear Ties Definitive Edition. Oh, wow. What a good game. Uh, limited run games um, coming to PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. No idea what that is. Um, let me see what this is. Somebody else said, yes, this is really... Is this a live action game? What the hell is this? Yes, it is. Plumbers Don't Wear Ties, one of the strangest full motion video FMV games. Mm. This is old school. I've said I want full motion video to come back in some ways. I think it's cool for shit. Of the 90s is getting remastered for modern consoles, courtesy of limited run games. So this is one of those old school, cheesy ass B-movie FMV games from the 90s coming back current day. Get ready. Get ready, Steel. Day one? Are you buying it, Steel? No. Yeah. Um, by the way, the day before is going to be $39.99 in early access. Okay. 40 bucks. All right. I, I, I'll, I'll let you hey be guys, the guinea pig if you're going to jump I, in. I, I'll tell you, I'll, tell you, I'll, put it, I'll put it to you guys like this. I'll stream it. How about that? I'll I'll, I'll get early access. Oh. Um, I said, when is it released? The 7th? 7th. Uh, so the Thursday... I'll get it, stream it, see how we feel about it. We can all find out if it's uh if it's a real game or not day one. And if it's not, I'm I'm I I have no problem. I'll refund it live on stream. I have no problem doing that. Um but yeah, that'll so be we'll fun. find out. Yeah, absolutely. We'll Jason B, you remember the videos. Yeah, the, the Jeep driving through the woods woods was nice. Yeah, those vehicle driving sections were yeah. incredible when it was like the mud deformate uh, uh deform uh deformation can't speak to good. deformation. The mud deformation and stuff with the tire, bro, that all looked fantastic, like ridiculously good. If they actually have nailed this in any way, shape, again, it doesn't even have to be like completely polished for me. This is one of those games that just because it reminds me of like the, the day division, before, right? Yeah, the day before. Yeah. Just because it reminds me of so many different styles of games and it looks fun. The shooting looks good. Like if they do an okay job here. I'll be kind of excited. I can't wait to say, I'll, like I said, I'll let Steel guinea pig it and see what yeah, it's like. I'm... Yeah, because I trust his opinion for sure. 
So, but I'll, it's yeah, third I'll person. jump in. I'll jump in. Deal, so, I'll, um, what I'll do, yeah, it is third person. Shopping but, mall, I mean, that's the, the that's the reason. Freaking amazing too. That's yeah. the reason I'm willing to to jump in there because it does have a lot of those elements. Uh, again, um, with it being on a Thursday, uh, what we got going on this week? Plan. Get the kiddos. I put it to you guys like this, and I, I can I can kind of. Just foreshadow a bit, so just to give you guys some more information. Next day, next next show, next Saturday. Steel, by the way, I haven't told you this, so live oh, on well, the air. Actually, next oh, Saturday, we, next Saturday, we got a hard uh, shut off because I had I got my dad's Christmas party on Saturday, so I got a hard hard cut off at three hours next week. So that's cool. That's good. That's cool. Yep. Yep. yep um, yep. that shouldn't be a problem at all. We'll we'll probably shoot for being done right right at eleven, eleven okay. fifteen ish. Cool. Cool. So at the we'll latest. Um, yeah, that, so should, you, that shouldn't be a problem at all. Okay, cool. Um, I mean, of course it's not a problem. Um, yeah. Thursday <laughs> is actually, problem, yeah, no, no. Thursday is actually, is actually the game award day. So that's kind of weird that they're doing that. Um, on the game early awards release. day. Yeah, sure. Yes. Why not? Yeah. So with that said, I don't, I don't know how long we're going to end up going. I'll, I'll plan for this. So let's do that. Right after the game awards. I'll uh, I'll stay up a little bit later for y'all because I usually like to go to bed earlier throughout the week. Yeah. Um. After the game awards, um, I'll jump into the day before and we'll get some honest impressions. We'll play for a few hours, get some honest impressions. By that time, that should at least give me a an example of whether it's a game worth keeping or not. And again, I don't mind refunding games. I'll do it live or stream. I do not care. Um. We'll find out right then whether it's uh, that night, whether it's worth keeping or not. And especially off the hype of the Game Awards, oh, I'll, I'll probably have a whole other, like, this game has to meet a certain standard or I'm, I'm, we're going to have a problem. Um, so I know y'all usually go live about six. Game Awards is happening around that time. So maybe nine, maybe yeah. a little bit later in the evening, 10 at the latest. Cool. Cool. Um so yeah, just to give you guys a little bit something. Uh, that would be fun. There, that would be fun if it doesn't um, get delayed again. Yeah, if it doesn't. Yeah, if it doesn't. The get day before, again. as Dakado yeah. said, <laughs> yeah, that was a good one, Dakado. I, I see what you did there. I, I like that. I like that. Um, I, yep, and uh, that looks like that is it. Is it for what we got coming up? Yes, sir. Yep. Uh, the next one is uh, December twelfth, and the next big game we got is uh, SpongeBob. So there you go. You guys ready for that? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, not much else releasing uh in december uh you got resident evil 4 coming out to mac but we'll discuss those as they come in yep. uh i will get into our this day in gaming segment so let's jump into there PM bold alpha pm so the game awards yep, are, yep, is yep. in the pm yep yep not am that's not keely's style man he's got to have prime time so yeah he's, he's going to be in the pm um if anything if I don't do it that evening, it'll probably be in the morning, uh, the next day when I have that block of free time. Uh, mm-hmm. So just just be on the be on be on the lookout. Uh, I, I'm I'm gonna try to do a shoot. I'm try to shoot it for that night because I just think that would be the best to get people's. Uh, oh God, I just bit my tongue. Oh, and I might wow. do it. I might Perfect. do it. Er, it might do it earlier. Just throughout the day, I'll update Twitter X, whatever the case. Um, I'll even update the YouTube. Uh, since I know. I, I keep forgetting that I can make actual posts there. Um, yeah. So I'm going to start using that too to start communicating a little bit better with you guys. Uh, so just be on the lookout those those two places, uh, YouTube and uh, Twitter and uh, for Living Split Screen. And I'll update you guys there whether or I, what time I end up doing it. 
afternoon because I can probably do it that morning also um, since the game is probably going to be out earlier in the day. So just uh, I'll, I'll update it. I'll update you guys and let you know. So the, the game awards are scheduled just so everybody knows at 6.30 p.m. Central time. So 7.30 Eastern p.m. Mm. Central time okay. uh, or 4.30 p.m. Pacific Standard time. And they've got it scheduled till 10 o'clock. So three and a half hours. Oh, yeah. So I'm definitely not going to do it then. Uh, yeah. I'm probably going to do it the day before <laughs> in the morning. For sure. I got to get up early uh, during yeah, the week. So, yeah, yeah. no go. Um, so, yeah. Uh, that way I can have a consensus about it that morning. Maybe I'll play it in the afternoon. And then by the time we get on the show, I'll be able to give you guys a maybe a 10-minute a impression before we go live with the Game Awards. So. All right. And that will be on PM and the PM, by the way, uh, for the game. Yes, over uh, on Fun Speculation Network. Speculation. Join us. We're going to have a fun time. Oh, all right, ladies and gentlemen. So this day in gaming, uh, the section where we go 30 years back in gaming history, sometimes more, sometimes a little less, mainly because gaming is art and should be treated as such. So, um, and there's also a way to kind of go back into some of the games we used to play back in the day and see how games have kind of evolved. Um, Baldur's Gate is actually going to get a shout out this week. Uh, so shout out to that. But let's get into it. This week, we're starting in 1989. Um, and uh, we're, we're rocking with the Genesis with The Revenge of Shinobi. Shout out to the Genesis Shinobi. and Shinobi. Shout out to Shinobi. Then shout out to Lord 90- Cognito. <laughs> yeah, definitely shout out to Lord Cog. Uh, then in 93 on the Genesis, you had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Tournament fighters i don't remember this i don't remember I it don't. either but shout out to tmnt anytime turtles come up i'm, I'm all about that it's like my childhood um 94 in japan on the super nintendo you had breath of fire 2 that is correct classic rpgs breath of fire is beloved beloved series um <laughs> the cow says when will the trailers be on youtube probably that that same night an hour later yep. or the morning yep yep um then in 1994 on the neo geo you had samurai showdown 2 shout out to samurai uh, showdown shout out to neo geo man like given that arcade experience in the home for the first time ever oh god back well you had to be back then because nowadays whatever but that was the first they were the actual arcade carts still Damn, there were nice. the actual arcade boards in cart form, so they were absolutely one hundred percent replicas of the arcade versions. I've heard, I've heard about that. Never it's had a chance to play on the Neo Geo, but I've definitely, I've definitely bro. heard about it. Came it, in bro. cases like this big, bro. That's oh, fucking ridiculous. God, it, was, it was awesome. It was like having books up on the shelf. That's I didn't cool. own it, but we had it at Funko Land, so that's where yeah, I got that's to cool. play it. Yep. Uh, then in '94 in Japan on the Super Nintendo, you had Street Racer. Okay. Razor. Let's go. Uh, then in 99 on the PC, I played a lot of this game. Quake mm-hmm. 3 Arena. Let's go. Bro, if I was playing if I was playing Quake 3 at fucking in in 99, like, come on, guy. Like that kind of gives you an example of what like the era of like when I look at multiplayer, why I swung that way so hard. It's it's easy mm-hmm. to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was just the time that like, especially on PC. Uh, but anyway, then in 99, it's kind of why I'm tired of playing mouse and keyboard. I just, I don't, I do not want to play mouse and keyboard. <laughs> Fucking tired of that shit. 
I, li I like the controller. Uh, anyway, then in 99, The Legend of, uh, well, excuse me, PlayStation released The Legend of Dragoon. Yes, sir. Oh, shout out to beloved, another beloved RPG. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, then in 99 on the PlayStation, you had Wu-Tang Shaolin Style. We should be hearing about the new Wu-Tang game here pretty soon from uh, Brass Lion. Uh, supposedly yep. Xbox uh, funded game as well. So we should be uh, hearing about that at some point because that's been in production. We heard about that, what, four years ago when Grub, three years ago when Grub yep. talked about it? Yeah. It's been so. about that long. Yep. Um. Then in 2001 on the PlayStation 2, you had Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance. There we go. Baldur's Amazing. Gate, man. Nothing else need to be said. Baldur's Gate is classic, man. One of the best. Uh, yeah. Then in 2001, the GameCube released Pikmin. Shout out to Pikmin. Shout out to Pikmin. Never could get into just, it, but I did for a while. It was fun with the kid, with the kiddo. Again, didn't didn't own didn't own the GameCube, but the Wii and stuff. So I got it. Pikmin. Pikmin was pretty yeah. fun, man. Pikmin was pretty fun. Uh, then in 2002, GameCube released Evolution Worlds. Never mm -hmm. played that. <laughs> Dicato says, still was sitting in his high chair and pulling up, <laughs> doming adults in Quake. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't in a high chair then, but uh, it was Pretty definitely close. six years old in 98, 99. Yeah. I would have been seven. Yeah, I was, way too, I was way too young to be playing that game. I tell you that. But I was really good at it. I was really good at it. Really loved it. Really enjoyed it. Um, then in 2003, PC and Xbox released Deus Ex Invisible War. So. Never played Deus Ex either. Oh, Deus Ex is one that eventually you should probably go try. I don't know what it's like on PC, but maybe you could beef it up a little is bit. Is it first person? DS. Yes. Hmm. I know. I know. I know. I know. Interesting. I know. I'm just, just saying. It's just, it's. That world is so damn good, bro. It's not even okay. funny. But anyways, okay. yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at that. Uh, then in 2004, yeah. PlayStation 2 released Ultraman Fighting Evolution 3. Let's Shout out Ultra. to Ultraman. That's still like somehow making it out. Yep. It's interesting. Um, I, I never got into Ultraman. Like, I, I don't know. People like it, though. Um, yep. I watched it back I heard in the day when it come make a comeback. I want to Giver. see a Giver, Giver game. Giver I need a Giver. I need a modern Giver game. As as cool. as over the top as that fucking show in the anime was mm -hmm. back, fucking back in the day, bro. Seeing a yep. fucking that, it's super mature. They play off a lot of different elements. Like, oh, I would I would love to see a modern day Giver. Anyway, 2004, the DS released WarioWare Touched. I bet they touched something, all right. Not the WarioWare. Let's go. Um, then in 2006, the Wii released WarioWare Smooth Moves. <laughs> Another popular day for WarioWare content. Yeah, WarioWare like, uh, was popping in December, of it, yeah, apparently. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, then in 2006, in Japan, the Wii released Wii Play. Shout out to Wii Play. Shout out to Wii Play. Um, then in 2008, PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 released Prince of Persia. Good version. I liked it. I don't know if I that played was, that. That was the ink style. The that was the ink time. style one, wasn't it? That was the ink style where they went to that. Um, 
Was it? It looks. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the one where they got uh, kind of like the the uh, Street Fighter effect, you know, with like the ink on the screen. I, I really? Sure. Yeah, I'm pretty. I sure. thought because I, I thought it was in the same style that that first one was in. Hold on. And it was just the second game. I could be wrong. I I pretty... I fell off heavily on Prince of Persia, and I loved the first game. Yes, it is. It is the it is the okay. comic cartoon style of prince of Persia. it's pretty damn cool if you haven't played it still it's pretty damn yeah cool. i've never i've never I've, yeah. i don't think i've ever played it i played the yeah. first one i know for sure i remember that one vividly um i don't remember playing the second one mm-hmm. and i heard it was really and i heard it was good um but anyway shout to prince of persia we need a modern day prince of persia too especially after seeing what was possible in mirage yeah this uh, what they did with mirage. Bold, bold alpha yeah yeah exactly yep it was so. cool yeah you should go um, check it out it's pretty damn cool. Then in 2010, the PSP and we released Amen Rider Climax Heroes. Oh, oh, oh. Pause. Climax ooh, Heroes. Or, ooh. 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 Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. Rider is another one that I never got into. I heard it was like, it's kind of like Power Rangers, but more mature. Hmm. Okay. I mean, I don't know, but that's what I've heard. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what that means. Mature Power Rangers, I, I don't know. Um, but I've never watched it. So then in 2010 in Japan uh, on the Wii, you got Naruto Shippuden Geketo Ninja Taisen Special. Shout out to Naruto. There you go. <laughs> Shout out to Naruto. Still even added extra little special flavor for you guys. A little spice to that one. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> there was a little bit, a little bit of yeah, sauce. Yeah, there was. That. There was. <laughs> Oh my God, Bab! He said, "Put speculation says you are my climax hero, Steel." Oh my God! It's too early, Mav. It's not close uh, to midnight, Mav. Don't you gotta start be around midnight. Gotta go, go a little crazy. <laughs> Nobody's now. getting naked yet. Let's go. Oh, God. oh shit! In 2014, <laughs> um, Mac, PC, and PlayStation 4 released Game of Thrones, a Telltale game series. Yep. Uh, speaking of Game of Thrones, they just released the uh, new trailer for House of Dragons season two today or i believe that was today um or yesterday also that looking really good and i enjoyed all that shit so everybody's Game flipping out about dope. the fallout trailer too today still did you see that i did see that um they looks, i did see that i, I don't have much I don't i'll eventually watch it i again i don't watch shows like that so I, I, even though i like fallout i just whatever but the way they're handling it it looks like they're leaning into the craziness which i'm good with like they should yeah, like what is the about? creatures and shit and that look freaking crazy. They got dog meat, the dog, it looks like it. Like they're in. So that's what you got to do. Uh, people are going nuts over this trailer. So I, this could probably be a big show for them, which is awesome. I hope so. I mean, yeah. Fallout has one of the biggest potentials, um, biggest yeah. ceilings, I think, as far as uh, TV series goes, for sure. Because so, you can literally do whatever. Um, I think if know. they were able to bring New Vegas. Yep. To if they bring a lot of new Vegas to TV format, I think that would be really dope to see. Uh, but again, Fallout has a lot, they have a lot of things to pull from because it's not all the same place, right? No, no, you they, they're going they're going elsewhere too. Time frame wise, they're going elsewhere. Like they're doing their oh, own wow. thing with so, this, yeah, which is so, which yeah, is which is great. I mean, again, with Fallout, you can you can go a lot of places. Like it doesn't have to be so. But they're leaning into the iconic 
stuff of fallout as well which is awesome again they're going to if they pull this off this is going to be massive and then all we need is them to announce that obsidian is working on an in-between game so i mean that's that's all they really need to do if fallout takes off as a series and this is going to be an ongoing show just announce the games coming from obsidian in the next few years and you will fucking be oh you'll be golden it's a perfect opportunity yeah people will be people will jump all over it it's going to be that last of of us effect right um except you don't have the fucking yes. original game to go to you do have games that you can go play now and i saw yeah. people already already mentioning that it was like damn i wasn't even into fallout before but <laughs> watching this trailer is kind of making me like maybe i should go maybe i should go play oh. it and the and our speculation is because we were supposed to have that update to fallout 4 right the current gen mm-hmm. patch update that they're saving it and that they're going to launch it alongside this show that'll be, di- that'll that'll be, be ideal 4k yep, completely yep. revamp it remake yep. it uh, yep. I would I would say go in and remake it. Well, not yeah, remake do that. it, but they're going to patch four. So four four still lives up to date. If you look at it now, because it runs at sixty frames, it actually still holds up. So if they, as long as they bring up, they the need to upscale some. They yeah, they need yeah. To, they need to upscale it. Yeah. Textures. I'm, that's yeah. what I'm. That's what I'm more so. Mean. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe um, they're doing more work do on that. it, but it's going to be perfect timing if they launch it alongside this. It. Wow, I've got I've got the complete. I bought the complete. Um, the complete. Uh, game when it was on sale for like 10 bucks uh so i got all the dlc because i'm going to run back through it as soon as that patch launches i'll be back playing fallout 4 for sure i would probably do i would probably if there was going to be a fallout that i would try it'd be 76 <laughs> but mainly because it's multiplayer yeah um no, i get it and not only that i like i, I could play with y'all or whatever um but also uh they have uh they have a dlc that's called steel rain what why, why wouldn't i try to enjoy that yeah so, why not Splen differs with the two dollar bomb. Let's go, Splen. He says, "Is his Spanish as good as his Japanese pong?" No, 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 it's not. And I actually took Spanish, so there's that. I never took a Japanese (laughs) class. Um, He just watches a lot of tentacle porn. No, no, no. I like even being honest. No, I never got into that. You know, liar. I just uh, not my thing. He's lying, chat, but that's fine. We won't embarrass. I, I don't. I don't. I don't get people's obsession with tentacles. I just. I don't. And it's like the thought of it being slimy and like, like an octopus. Like I just. That just sound. That makes Nat- me cringe. Natural move. What are you talking about? It's natural uh, move. Mm, 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 mm. Doesn't make it any better. It's making me cringe. It's making me mm, weird feelings. I think I. Mm, uh, mm, nasty. Ugh. Let's Fucking go. Fucking disgusting. Let's go. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> Nam Omar says Steel should do voiceover for Japanese commercials. Oh I don't, I don't know if I should. I, I don't think I would say any. I think I would be disrespectful because I feel like I don't say any of the stuff right. I could see Steel eventually becoming famous, like Lost in Translation, like Bill Murray over in Japan and finishing out his life in Japan and being that guy on all the commercials, the American pushing product. Be fucking hilarious. That would be hilarious. I would sit back and do that. I would sit back. I would, I would just chill. Um, yeah, uh, uh, then it's as a 14 PlayStation 3 release Kingdom Hearts HD 2.5 remix. I like Kingdom Hearts. I would like to see the whole series on Xbox and I'd, I'd probably pick it up if it was complete. You see, Fun Speculation says Steel Watch is a different type of Squid Games. Mm. <laughs> no, no, no. I wish, uh, you know, uh, all the people who enjoy those types of things, I wish you the best. <laughs> um, in 2015, 3DS released Pokemon Pie Cross. I don't know what the hell that is, but all right. 
Shot the no, Pike. I remember Pike Cross, but I don't obviously never I played don't, it. I don't, I, don't remember it. I don't know what it is. Then in 2020 in Japan, excuse me. Ooh. PlayStation 5 released Altair Riza 2 Lost Legends in the Secret Fairy. Yep. Another under the radar RPG series. Good. Shout out to Altair. Played one or two. Played one or two. Shout out to Psycho. Shout out to Psycho, Fun says. Yes. Shout out to Psycho. Yeah, shout out, shout out to him. I don't want to see his um, web browsing history. And hopefully I am saying that name right. So there's there. Yes. Yes. Um, then in 2022, PC, PlayStation 5, and Xbox Series X released Marvel's Midnight Suns. Oh, freaking. Cog's already done his best. He's sold more copies of this game than they might have themselves. Cog has done a great job. Mav and I, think I started. Part of that too. Yeah. We, we, well, we, early on, we promoted it heavily. Again, I understand everybody's backlog's big. I understand that you may not be into the card system, but let me tell you, somebody who was against the card system, if you are a Marvel fan, go pick up this game. The story is campy, but fun. Some of the acting, hit or miss, but still fun. Go pick up Midnight Suns. Throw it in your back catalog. The Ultimate Edition is constantly on sale now for like 20 bucks or 30 bucks. Well worth it. Again, if you have interest in Marvel, if you like the superheroes, like the powers, the gameplay, yes, it's turn-based. So if you absolutely hate turn-based, then don't go get this game. But the in-between, the exploration, right, of the mansion and the outer parts of it, the relationship building that you do, the dating sim style aspect to this game, this game is just fucking phenomenal. Like you should. And again, just go pick this up and put it in your back catalog. Marvel Midnight Suns deserved more success. I'm so sad that it didn't. Anyways. Um, well, and if you get it on PC, you know, PC gamers are gonna do what they do. Yeah. There you go. You if can, you're into um, that too. You know, you can just be naked all the time if that's what you're if that's what you're into. If that's what it takes for you to get through these games. You could uh, do that right now. It's the most downloaded mod that's out there. We got a good little list of mods here, man. Um, really? Yeah. Can, can I good, put Jean Grey in? Um, I don't know if they... Let me see. They don't have Jean Grey. They don't have Jean Grey. They don't? Um, no, they do have different forms of Storm, though. Uh, of okay. course they do. That's cool as hell. I love Storm. I love Storm too. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, I mean, I got some other skins too. Most of them are definitely nude mods um, for most female <laughs> characters. Um, that's what most of them are. Uh, there's some fast travel locations that have been added in and things like that. So yeah, I mean, on 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 PC, it definitely seems like they've added quite a bit. Oh. The same thing with the trainings and whatnot, um, making it easier for you to train and. It, Expand if, your cards if somebody up. had modded in Jean Grey in place of Captain Marvel, I might buy it on PC. Like that's like the easiest transition between the two, right? Yeah, well, yeah, that would actually work. Phoenix, that would I mean, actually they make be their, pretty good. Yeah, yeah it would, it would actually be, it would actually work pretty well if they did that. It'd be pretty fucking dope if they did that. I mean, technically, she wouldn't have her telekinesis abilities I mean, and her psychic I mean, abilities, there's some things but you she would. Make would a, you make yeah, but Phoenix more, but. used you know similar blast powers to Captain Marvel. It would fit if they threw right. her in there. Like <sighs> missed opportunity, modders. 
I guess I mean Gene Gary's not getting that getting, getting that kind of love. I guess, man. No, I mean, I guess not, I'm pretty sure bad. somebody would would definitely create it if yeah. you asked them to. Yeah. Sure. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to pay money for that. Yeah. Uh, no. Sounds no, cool. Okay. I mean, yeah. If I had it to throw away, and then maybe, but uh, even I'm then, gonna get, I'm gonna get back to that game at some point too. God damn that game. How so do good. I know about these mods, Splin? Because when you go to Nexus Mods, which is the best mod site to go to, um, and you look at the most downloaded, it's the first thing on the page. Of course. I mean, it's, it's literally the most downloaded no. every time. You would be very surprised at what kind of mods Horizon Zero Dawn has. Out of all the mods that they could have possibly put in that game to be the most downloaded, gameplay, reversal, cosmetics, they made sure to make Alloy naked. That's, Correct. Of if course. there's anything that you could do, first thing. And Skyrim is uh, actually the worst. Skyrim's an entire sex segment. If you really want it to be, um, that's kind of the level that they've taken it to. I don't have that installed. I, I don't. Again, I mean, to each their own. I just, it doesn't add anything for me. Although I don't necessarily, I don't mind it, but it just doesn't do anything for me. Um, I don't. Yeah. Anyway, no. uh, Bold Alpha, no, Psylocke is not there unless she is uh, a modded version. But no, she's I, I didn't not see. One I didn't see. She's not one of the major. But they do have magic, and she is freaking dope as fuck. So, uh, after watching the New Mutants movie and then playing Magic, uh, in uh, Midnight Suns, she's a dope ass fucking character. I mean, so. again, uh, like, um, cause Jason B says horny will always take over. Yeah. I think that worked a lot with Baldur's Gate. Like, I don't want to like downplay it, um, and make it seem like, yeah, you know, there was other well, things that did. helped entice people to buy it. Well, but the bear sex pushed them to another level, which is it's blatantly, fuck, but whatever. It made it <laughs> obvious that you could do things in this game that yeah. other games don't allow you to do, and yeah. they. The studio made sure to let you know that you can romanticize certain aspects of this game and uh, enjoy it that way if you like. Yep. Um, Tim the Sorcerer says, Young Yay being replaced by Steel. Love that. <laughs> maybe, maybe I would. Hey, I'm going I'm to do. <laughs> do I'm going to go through all the cutscenes yeah. for Kiryu. Do, you, the, do um, the work. And I'm going to do them and see what happens yeah. and see how it yeah, sounds. Exactly. Why not? Uh, I just want to see how it sounds, see how people feel about it. Maybe. maybe uh. That would be a little bit better. Give it, give it a little bit of a feel for it. Whoa. What are you doing here? Anyway, <laughs> um, 2022, uh, PC, PlayStation 4, PS5, Xbox One, and the Series X released the Callisto Protocol. Is that the Callisto? Yep. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of our uh living split screen episode for today i want to greatly appreciate everybody coming through and enjoying us we went five hours today ladies and gentlemen um again on a, on a weaker week i wasn't even expected for this to happen again we didn't even talk it, about it grand theft auto six getting the we sure trailer steal we no, sure did one of the biggest news stories of the fucking week we didn't even mention it yeah next week get ready grand theft auto takes over the internet next week so yep that trailer yeah, I mean, is going to be broken be down, split apart, second by second breakdowns yep. of the entire trailer. Uh, everybody's waiting to see what song they use, of course, to go along with it. Uh, Grand Theft Auto 6 is about to break the fucking internet next week. So that's what will be next week's conversation, I'm sure. Whatever we see in that trailer, plus the Game Awards. So, yep. 
Absolutely. It's going to be it's going to be an exciting week. A lot of information to get into. Again, it's truly gamers Christmas coming up. Um, yeah. And depending on how the different publishers want to kind of pitch in and sell their wares and show us what we should be excited for, because I do think that Xbox at least um, and PlayStation would be dumb not to do it. But you got to give you got to give the people something to really uh, ramp that marketing up for Christmas. Get people excited. Halo Firefight. Looks like an exciting time to jump back into Halo. That was another thing that happened this week. Yep. Um, Halo's constant um, improvements and that they've made. So, man, exciting show that we've had today. Lots of content to be broken down here. Um, I think I'm going to start breaking down our content like an hour a day kind of thing. I think that would be kind of cool to do uh, for people to kind of enjoy. I might spin off another YouTube channel and do like split screen clips or LSS clips or something like that. I've seen people do that. Uh, <laughs> fun speculation says steel you have too much loot in that stash bro uh, I a, there's a lot of loot uh, mine's it's all predicated by weight if i'm a, if, if i'm over mass I, I have like 400 inventory right now space um stamina was me being so used to souls games stamina was like the first thing once i noticed my stamina goes down really quick depending on movements and whatnot uh it was like one of the first things i, I put a lot of points in the stamina uh early on but anyway ladies and gentlemen thank you for coming out and joining us right here on living split screen a non-console centric platform covering everything going on within the gaming industry where we take that rts approach that's real-time strategy pulling ourselves out of the world looking at the darker crevices of the map uh pulling our resources together so that we can not only build up our own foundation but it's also the foundation to reach those three billion gamers that phil spencer always talks about uh also the home at the ecp educated consumer perspective uh because again we're not directly working in the industry we're bringing our uh own personal professional experience and our experience within the gaming uh sphere itself because we are gamers first and uh just bringing that information to you guys in the best way possible with that said you can find me steel rain uh the t is a seven everywhere um the easiest place is probably going to be google um twitter or the xbox ecosystem because they just were all they all work so well in tandem with each other and with that uh send a message through let me know how you're feeling if you want to chop it up let's get some gaming in uh, again, I don't dodge anybody. Um, if I'm online, just you see me online, send a message through. I'm typically always appearing online uh, because Xbox, the way that the game bar is set up, if I have my PC on, I'm online. So, um, but yeah, if you see me on, uh, just send a message through. I'm always good about, I try to be good about messaging people back. Uh, so there's that. Before we end, it looks like Dakota wanted to come through with another fiver. With Yo, another five Dakota, that's right. The bombing run continues. What a hell of a way we started today. Bro. And Dakota's got to finish it off. Dakota, much love. Uh, appreciate it, Bold Alpha Wolf. Everybody, again, all of you for joining us. Never expected. Always appreciated. No matter what you're doing here, whether you're lurking, talking, hitting the like button, sharing it out dropping you know subscription bombs getting the sub train going dropping us you know super chat it doesn't matter however you are a part of this show we appreciate every single one of you thank you so much it's freaking fantastic absolutely and last thing i'll say before i pass it off to my brother from another the uncanny gentleman himself series s giveaway is happening probably going to happen on a very crazy weekend which i think is going to be perfect Right after the game awards, that Saturday, we're probably this is probably when we're gonna end up doing the giveaway. So anybody that wants to get involved, tell a friend to tell a friend. 
You have to be subscribed to Living Split Screen. You have to be following both me and Paul on Twitter. Well, because I know that everybody has X, everybody has Twitter. So let's do this. You have to be subbed and you have to be live. Yep. We'll do that. If you're subbed in live, that will give you a chance to win this Series S live on stream next Saturday morning. So be prepared for that. I will be sending it to you out. And I I think I'm going to simplify it. Um, unfortunately, it's not going to be international uh, kind of thing happening. I just want to be as realistic as possible. And I want people to get it before Christmas. Um, so keep that in mind. I'm going to keep it to the Americas only. I may do UK depending. Um, I wouldn't mind doing that. Um, paying, paying for that. Cause I know we do have people in the UK who do tune in, um, mostly. So anybody else that's excluded, I apologize. Um, but again, since it's going to be, I, I'm not going to know where you guys, it's not like your names tell me where you live at. <laughs> if you are somebody that wins and you do end up being international, um, I will work with you. I'll, I'll figure out what, what I can do, get something working behind the scenes to get it shipped to you. Again, I don't want to limit it, but the reason I want to keep it um, stateside is just to make sure that you actually get it on time. No matter what, I'm going to get uh, a parcel cold or whatever, but I would hate you to do a giveaway and then you have to wait until tax time to get it because it got caught up in customs or whichever else the case may be and i'm only coming from experience as somebody that uh sometimes sends stuff to germany or has have family has family that tries to send stuff to us and it just takes so much time to get over to us especially when it comes to bigger packages so um again the rules you have to be live with living split screen saturday morning and you have to be subscribed those are the two things um, that you got to do. Other than that, greatly appreciate everybody who's been tuning us into us on a weekly basis. So much love there. Pong, yes, get sir. the beautiful people out of here. Let them know where they can find you. And hopefully, brother, uh, we gave you some energy to get you rejuvenated for your day and uh, get you get you swinging on through, man. So, Yeah, it's all therapy for me. What a great Saturday morning again to be here with y'all uh, to share uh, the passion for this industry to talk about some of the good news that's happening this week. Uh, lots more coming again, the holidays are upon us. Things get busy for everybody. So uh, don't forget to reach out to the loved ones and make sure you're telling them that you're there and that you love them and, you know, reach out to everybody because there's some people who are alone for the holidays, which is always tough for people. So uh, make sure you're reaching out. But again, I appreciate all of you here uh, for what you guys give me on a Saturday, including my brother from another core steel rain who behind the scenes, obviously we're, we talk, um, a lot even when we're busy uh we still generally check in with each other at some point during the week but uh it means a lot to me to be able to be here and obviously um excited to be able to give away that series s next weekend uh it's gonna be a fun saturday again shorter show next saturday be here i Absolutely. do have a hard stop but we're gonna have a good time while we are live we will have a lot to talk about grand theft auto trailer the tgas are going to bring us some news so i'm sure there will be plenty uh to cover but uh be there next saturday for that otherwise again thank you all nothing but love and respect you guys make this what it is at the end of the day, whether it's live or whether you guys reach out and uh, find us later on um, on replay. It doesn't matter. Uh, just again, appreciate every single one of you. So um, otherwise tonight it is going to be the shop podcast, PTK Blam's channel, of course, PTK Blam Fuzzy and myself. It looks like we might 
be just the trio tonight, which is rare, uh, but we got a lot to cover. PTK wants to get into some of this stuff this week, obviously the, the Phil interview and that kind of stuff. So it's the best way to end your Saturday night. Be there 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 o'clock Central Time for the Shop Podcast, PTK Blam's channel. Be there or be square. And then, of course, tomorrow, Sunday, you get a little extra dose of me. I normally don't do this, but, you know, Fonz, Fonz likes to put up his post like right before he goes live. So I'll start advertising it early. So, yes, I will be on Games Talk live tomorrow, Sunday. Uh, I believe it is uh, 5 5 p.m. Central Standard Time, 6 p.m. Eastern over on Fonz's channel, GameStock Live. I'll join him for a short bit. He's been having a couple guests on at a time. I don't know if he's going to have anybody else, but I will be there for sure. It's been too long. I haven't sat down with Fonz in a while, so we're, we're going to have a good time tomorrow night. And then next week, it starts all over again. Of course, Tuesdays, All Good Things Green, Xbox Factor Podcast, Double Barrel Gaming is the channel. Mr. Boomstick is the man. 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 o'clock Central Time. Be there for that. And then, of course, Thursday nights, we didn't have one this week because I was busy. We didn't have one the week prior because of Thanksgiving, right? So it's been a few weeks. We will be back, but this it's going to be an irregular show because, as Steele mentioned earlier, the Game Awards are on. So me and Mav are going to have whoever in the family wants to drop on by, and we're going to co-stream the Game Awards for this week's PM and the PM. So be there for that. We may start earlier than normal. Mav might go live at about 5.30 Central Time, 6.30 Eastern. Um, depends on how schedules work out. But be on the lookout for that. We'll have an announcement. But this Thursday, PM and the PM, be there for the Game Awards. Fun speculation family showcase co-stream. We're going to do it. We're going to have a blast. Uh, we always laugh. We always get along and just really talk about the stuff we're seeing. So join us there Thursday night. And, of course, Friday night is Xbox Ultimate, where the fam gets together. We laugh. We don't usually cry, but I guess that could eventually happen. But we have a good time on Xbox Ultimate. We talk gaming, so be there for that next week, 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 o'clock Central Time on the Fun Speculation Network, Xbox Ultimate. And, of course, Saturday, Steel and I, as I said before, we'll be back for another episode right here on the Living Split Screen. Thank you to everybody, all the new splitters that got memberships. Thanks to Dakato. Thanks to Bold Alpha Wolfpack. Thanks to everybody who is dropping all love but uh welcome to the splitters all of you again you guys are all family here too you guys show up each and every week to support me and steel so you're all family no matter what uh get out there it's the golden age of gaming folks play what you love love what you play and i'll talk to you all real soon have a great weekend oh and you guys know follow me pong soul xbox and x formerly known as twitter you guys know how to find me have a good one steel get us out of here brother uh, y'all are going crazy with this whole signing thing. I don't, I don't know how this is going to happen because me and Pong aren't going to be. We don't live close by to sign yeah. it. Uh, to sign it real quick. Um, I was thinking of some creative things, but even getting a sticker made is going to take much longer. Um, than me getting the console sent out to you. Uh, I might look at some local people. Um, Pong, I, maybe we get like a sign it on the phone, send me a screenshot, yeah. and I get a sticker <laughs> right. printed out <laughs> right. locally, and then I. I'll, I, I'll put the stickers, the oh, signature stickers in the box, you know, and it, so you guys can have that because one thing, one thing for me personally, I don't want to open the box, period. Right. I don't, if, unless I was doing something completely custom, um, I yeah. don't want to open the box just so that whoever gets it knows that, hey, brand new console, this has not been tampered with because I know how that is. 
We're you're we're people over the internet. You you don't know if it's real or not. I'm I'm telling you it's real. You're going to get this in your in your driveway mailbox door, however. Um, and I'm going to have um a tracking number, uh, <laughs> for that too. So we're gonna try to figure out something like that. But regardless, series S wrapped then sign that. I'm not, you guys are going crazy. I don't. I'm, I'm not opening this box. Okay. I might write something some something sappy on the front or something like that, but um, either way, nonetheless, I really appreciate you guys. Uh, I, I would probably do something like that, uh, but it would be on the box, uh, on the box itself, not like on the console per se. So um, anyway, enough of that. Ladies and gentlemen, greatly appreciate you guys for being here. Uh, we will see you next week again. Uh, there will be a hard stop next week, so we only expect for about a three-hour show. Uh, but episode 129 that's gonna be the next time you see us episode 128 is in the books much love stay safe and we'll see y'all next time on living split screen peace